ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their Kung Fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly Kung Fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of Kung Fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
是会喜欢我的Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走。后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋阿成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你嘅玉手啊，即刻转翻转头。啊
的童年，训练人心，看那昨日的忧愁，带走我们的笑容。唱出你的热情，献出你双手，让我流放真的梦。This is a high tech and sound. When there is no hope, no chance. No possibility of escape. Delta Force gets the word. It's a go. Take them down. They're not after adventure or glory. They're fighting to save American lives. No! You take one of us, you gotta take us all. Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin. The Delta Force, rated R. Starts Friday, February 14th at theaters everywhere. Chuck Norris returns in Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. American MIAs in prison and tortured. He's a soldier they couldn't hold. None of you have ever escaped, and none of you will. We're going in. He's breaking out, leading his men, and fighting back. An American hero story continues. Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. Opens Friday, March 1st at a theater near you. First, they took the streets. Then, they took it all. But their next target may be their last victim. Charles Bronson, where there is no justice. There can only be vengeance. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Now playing. Consult your listings. 
Christopher Walken in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Wow. Oh, thank God. Domino, we did ours. Now playing. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Proudly presents the explosive bullet-ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun-Fat, Leslie Chung, and T-Mon. A Better Tomorrow 2.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him, though. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety, yo. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooks. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal protectors, they wanna speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say, bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me, when will it end?
All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and before we get started, the uh, homosexual holocaust has escalated. I don't know what comes, what's worse than a holocaust. I don't know, but whatever it is, <clears throat> YouTube has delivered it to the soft gentleman, nuking the entire channel now. So at first they nuked the monetization, uh, and then there was the message about uh, you, you lose enhanced features, and then, boom, the entire channel gone. So uh, YouTube has nuked the soft gentleman's channel completely. It is no more. Uh, I've not heard from him. I th I, he might be dead. I have no idea. But he is beside himself. And uh, again, the significance of this is that it was about 25% generally of our uh, income, depending on the month. So we're trying to rebuild it on the bottom left of the screen. Uh, we're at 12 out of 50, so thank you for all the people that have signed up so far. You can help us with that by going to Subscribestar or the uh, Rumble option. Uh, I believe Rumble does not take anything from memberships, so it's the red subscribe button. As people sign up, I will manually update the goal on the bottom left of the screen. Also, there is a bot in the YouTube chat because I can't post. And I also, I guess I, I should point this out, I also got one of those... Um, um, enhanced features uh, are being stripped emails. So maybe, does that mean uh, the hard bastard on YouTube is next to go out? It's possible. It's possible. So if you watch on YouTube, uh, definitely check out any of the alternatives. I will add the link tree to the uh, bot so the, uh, it'll post all the different options. But for now, I think you can look at all the options on Rumble in the description, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network. And uh, yeah, so it's election season and uh, fuckery is afoot. And so it is what it is. Now, let's talk about, uh, I believe tonight is the uh, uh, New Hampshire uh, primary and... Uh, it's going to tell us whether or not, well, I don't know. I, I think Nikki Haley, even if she gets destroyed, she might still stay in for the gay op. Um, but, uh, you know, it's possible that this gay op can't even get a foothold if Trump just absolutely destroys her and then, and then they concede. And now I'd have to see them concede. You know, I'll believe that when I see it. But it is possible, so we'll see what happens with that. So uh, latest polls coming out of New Hampshire... Trump lead, Trump's lead grows because DeSantis dropped out. That's not good for Nikki Haley. Big teeth Nikki. Doesn't look good for her. Former President Donald Trump received a boost in New Hampshire uh, after Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race on Sunday. And again, I, this narrative. Did you see Will Chamberlain today? And the thing about Will Chamberlain, right, he was one of the more reasonable ones uh, as far as being a DeSantis show. Now, he wasn't as reasonable as... Um, as uh, uh, Clay Travis, because uh, Will Chamberlain did a couple times engage in uh, corporate media propaganda. Uh, I forget what, what were they, it was something, it was related to, they were doing the dementia thing with Trump, something, I forget what it was, but I remember uh, uh, seeing him do that. So, you know, he wasn't at, I, I've never seen Clay Travis do that. Uh, I'm just, I've never seen him engage in that, but uh, Chamberlain did. But other than that, he does come off as a reasonable person. Well, he puts out one of these, first of all, it's like nine paragraphs long. I did read it, although I have the, the question, like, who the fuck is going to read that? I read it, but, like, I wouldn't expect most people to read it. It was like a fucking essay. And what was the essay about? Oh, 
we, we, our candidate lost because they backed DeSantis. And, oh, we're going to need you. This is my words. This is my assessment. You want my assessment of what Will Chamberlain said? said, much like Tommy Lauren, oh, we're going to need you guys to suck our dicks, uh, and then we'll vote for Trump. Since when has what people, some people, it's not all of Trump supporters, because some Trump supporters, they're very welcoming, and some Trump supporters are not, okay? It's like any group of people. There's going to be people that are nice, and then there's going to be people that are not nice, Okay. Since when has your decision to vote for a politician hinged on whether or not some people on the internet are being nice to you? This is gay. This is really unseemly. Okay, look, you made a mistake. You backed the wrong guy. There's going to be people that make fun of you. There's nothing you can do about that. But the idea that, oh, Trump's going to need every vote. Now, that's true. But that doesn't hinge on whether or not people are nice to the former DeSantis shells. Okay? So anyway, the whole thing is so just, oh, it's homosexual. Anyway, that's, that's a whole nother thing. So just stop it. Could you just be normal? You know, some people are being normal. Steve Deese, I'm not really like a big fan of Steve Deese, but he seems to be going back to normal. Okay, good. Go back to normal. Just be a normal. Stop with all this fucking bullshit, please. Oh my God. Anyway, so Donald Trump received a boost in New Hampshire primary polls after Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race on Sunday. All three polls that have been released uh, factoring in DeSantis's departure from the race put Trump at around 60% and more than 20 points ahead from Big Teeth Nikki. For most of the polls taken this month, Haley remained around 15 points behind Trump, even coming within seven points. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that at all. CNN poll. As of Tuesday morning, just hours before voters go to the polls in New Hampshire, Trump stands at 55.8 to Big Teeth Nikki's 36.5. The most recent poll released Monday by Boston Globe Suffolk showed Trump leading Haley 60 to 38. That poll shows a three-point increase for Trump from a Boston Globe Suffolk poll released just the day before. Meanwhile, an insider advantage poll conducted Sunday after DeSantis dropped out and endorsed Trump showed Trump at 62 and Haley at 35. A poll released by Trafalgar on Sunday had Trump at 58% and Haley at 36. Former president cruised to victory in Iowa last week, winning 98 of the state's 99 counties and taking more than 50% of the vote in the state caucuses. It set an all-time turnout record that I believe was held by, uh, who was it? Um, was it the guy that held the pen? What was that motherfucker's name? The old guy? I don't know, whatever. The, I think it was him. Anyway, I don't remember who held the record. I think it was the guy that held the pen. Um, <clears throat> the hell was that guy's name? I don't know. It's, it's a long time ago. Anyway, so what's hilarious, the, ring I, the reason I bring that up is um, all of these people are like, oh, it's real bad for Trump. That's real bad for Trump. It's bad for Trump that he set the record. What are you talking about? He landslided and he set a record. That's bad. It's just really, it's just hilarious. It's all hilarious. Anyway, um, Big Teeth Nikki um, questioned her former boss's mental fitness for office during a campaign event in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, he confused her with Nancy Pelosi. It's over. Game over. Um, and she's also, see, here's, I'm a little conflicted, right? Because if Nikki stays in, there's the uh, race card narrative that she's going to play, which is hilarious. 
Uh, and I'm not the only one. I, I, all yesterday, you know, as I'm watching people talk about the primary, almost everyone I'm watching is saying the same thing. That's a white woman. You're a white woman, okay? And so I want to make a, uh, a, a Nikki Haley, uh, you know, black, black outreach commercial. Um, because if Nikki Haley is a brown person or a person of color, then I'm a black man, okay? Um, but if, she's, if she concedes, then it's not going to work. If she stays in, then I have till South Carolina, and, uh, and then we can do it. So, uh, so anyway, I was, I was going to film it when I filmed the whiteboard video. So we're going to have a whiteboard video. Oh, I'll, I'll probably, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll close the poll. So you can still vote in the poll. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post the, the link again when the videos play for the poll uh, as far as people choosing what the name of the audience uh, should be. And then after that, I'll put up another poll, because I think I said I would do this, for the next uh, um, whiteboard video, I'll list a bunch of different tactics, and then the audience can pick which tactic I cover. When I record that, if Nikki's in the race, then we'll do the uh, Nikki Haley Black Outreach uh, commercial. So I kind of hope she stays in, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway... She says, they're saying he got confused, that he was talking about something else, that he was talking about Nancy Pelosi. Is that what they're saying? Is that what they're saying? Okay. Well, they're saying it as long as they're saying it. He mentioned me multiple times in the scenario. The concern I have is I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of the presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. We can't. So she's doing the David Pakman thing. David Pakman's using the same narrative against Trump, which is funny because Joe Biden, now I've always been pointing out, and I'm not the only one. There's plenty of people all over Twitter, plenty of commentators that have pointed out the deterioration of Joe Biden. Okay. What we're seeing now is rapid deterioration. There is a, uh, a, a video that came out today. He's at this rally, right? He says total gibberish. And the crowd's like, yeah! It, it's just, it's, it's out of a movie. This is something out of a movie. And, uh, but no, Trump's the one that's mentally ill. Oh, by the way, Trump had an all-timer. Why don't we just do it? This is top five all-time. This happened the other day. This happened when I got off, at least I saw it when I got done the stream the other night. To me, this is, this is one of my favorite Trump lines ever. And uh, you probably, I'm sure some of you know what it's going to be. Let's just do it. This is, uh, let's go right now. This is phenomenal. The most dishonest people on earth, other than guys like Adam Schiff and, you know, Shifty Pencil Neck. Pencil Neck! He's a marvel. No, he's a structural marvel. He has a neck and his head is like a watermelon and his neck. And how that neck can hold up that big, oversized, ugly head is hard to believe. No, it's true. It's true. Big head. It's like your finger on a basketball. Some of these guys, they spin it. No, no, he's a terrible guy. Right. Think of it. Because they are the most... So, structural marvel from now on. Uh, it, so, if you see, like, some big fat hog... Or it's just a person that looks ridiculous. They're a marvel, a structural, structural marvel. Hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Structural marvel is an all-timer, in my opinion. You know, people can decide what they like, or if you even like him at all. He makes me laugh. I think he's fucking hilarious. 
But um, yeah, structural Marvel that 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 dropped the other night. That is fucking classic, absolutely classic. Okay, let's get into this now. The the immigration problem, and then we'll get into the Supreme Court and how Amy Coney Barrett is is a, an obvious uh, traitor, and it's possible the Supreme Court. You know, it's it's funny depending on what happens now. I will say this isn't the be-all, end-all for this case. It's temporary, right? It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign, but it isn't the end of the, the story, okay? This Supreme Court ruling, but it, it's not a good sign. And, you know, when you have uh, people on the Supreme Court ruling that the government can basically sabotage and harm the citizens by allowing illegals into the country unfettered, you know, you're dealing with, you're starting to cross thresholds that should never be crossed, that, that in the past, people that do cross these types of thresholds, when their regime is finished, they get put in prison. They have tribunals. We're, we're, we're hitting this type of area in a lot of different ways. And now that doesn't mean these people will ever be held accountable. But, you know, this is really something extraordinary. Now, the good news is, and we'll get into this, Texas so far is not cucking. It's very important that Texas not cuck. Um, but anyway, let's get into this first. U.S. voters say immigration, not inflation, is top priority. Imagine this. Inflation, huge problem. Grocery store prices at the top of the list. But now, because the immigration crisis is so fucked that people are putting it over the economy. That's crazy. That's some crazy shit right there. Because now more people are feeling it, and it's not just the border states uh, or, uh, or border counties that have to handle any of this. It's, it's a lot of people now. More voters are pointing to immigration as their top issue instead of inflation as the country goes into the 2024 election year. In a Harvard Cavs Harris poll of almost 2,500 registered voters that was released Monday, the survey found that 35% of respondents had immigration as their top concern and 32% named the topic of inflation. Immigration has jumped seven points from last month. Wait till the terrorist attacks start happening. It's going to be crazy. The issue has been brought under higher public scrutiny in the last year as the pedophile-in-chief's Department of Homeland Security has failed to control the border crisis, and it's on purpose. It's deliberate sabotage. They should be put in prison for this. In December alone, there are over 300,000 illegal immigrant encounters at the border, not counting those that went undetected. That set a record for the number of encounters in one month, followed by immigration and inflation. The economy and jobs were listed as a top concern by 25% of those surveyed. In fourth came crime and drugs tied with health care at 16%. Those with January 6th as their top issue amounted to 5% of respondents. <laughs> and that's the, um, that's, the, uh, that's, the, the, that's the whole election for Joe Biden. They're running on January 6th. And the only people that care about January 6th are the people inside the Beltway. And then, like, the scattered random lunatics that actually watch MSNBC for real. That's not a lot of people. That's not a lot of people at all. Approval rating for Joe Biden on the top-line issues of the poll was 35% on immigration, 61% of the poll respondents disapproving 
of Biden's performance on the issue with regard to inflation. 60% disapprove of Biden, while only 36% of the voters surveyed approved of what he's done to keep down rising costs. This is despite the president's economic advisors saying that employment is up, wages are up earlier in the month. Oh, yeah. Keep gaslighting people, Horace. Keep doing it. In a head-to-head matchup between Biden and Trump, if the election was held today, according to the poll, Trump would have 48% of the vote over Biden's 41%. Now, here is, uh, people were pointing this out the other day. This guy, oh, by the way, I think this guy, hold on a second. Is this, there's a follow-up here. This guy, I think, is a terrorist, actually. I don't, oh, where did I see this? Shit, I don't think that was in this article. I thought that was in this article. We'll, we'll, we'll go over it. And then uh, and we'll follow up. I think this guy is on some kind of a terrorist watch list. Maybe they have it here. Uh, you might have saw this the other day. A migrant threatens an, uh, America after crossing the border. Soon you're going to know who I am. A migrant crossing the border in Arizona made an ominous threat saying, soon you're going to know who I am, according to an independent journalist. First Responder Media posted a video to Twitter showing an interview with a group of migrants who illegally crossed the border. 12 miles east of Sasabi, Arizona, over the weekend. By the way, speaking of Arizona, I don't have it here. I just saw it before I went live. Just, it's, it's, I almost, it almost puts Carrie Lake in the number one spot again for, for VP. So I don't, know, I don't know who recorded it. I don't know if she recorded it. So you might recall a while ago, she was talking at CPAC, and she said that some motherfucker tried to bribe her to not run, Right. And, and I believe my position at the time was, all right, you know, it's not unbelievable. Certainly it's believable. I'm going to, I need to hear it. I want to hear it, okay? I'm not, I'm not calling her a liar, okay? She's not, as far as I've seen, she hasn't lied in the past. Now, you know, she is a politician, so it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world, but whatever. But I'm like, you know, I, uh, that's the type of person I am. I, I need to hear it. Well, apparently it's been released. And uh, it's this Republican motherfucker that tried to bribe her. And she was like, no, there's no amount of money. It's about the country. And I'm like, holy shit, very good. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. So, yeah, I think I have her over Tucker now. Now, I don't think it's going to be her or Tucker. I, I just don't get that impression. But, uh, yeah, I, I think. And, and look, I hear the arguments, and they're not unreasonable when they're like, look, if you pick Carrie Lake, you're, you're, you're only going to just boost your base that's already going to vote for you. And you're not going to maybe get independence or others. I hear you. I'm not. I'm not refuting that. I'm not refuting that. I'm just saying who I want to see. That's all. That's all. Uh, the people that say that are not wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, um, Vivek would not be bad either. Vivek, actually, Vivek. Another th- a thing happened here. And again, I don't trust any of these people. I got to see them deliver. But I like the dynamic with Trump. And it doesn't happen all the time, and I wish it would happen more frequently. So anything that would cause it to happen more frequently, I'm on board with. And people act like this is a bad thing. I would argue it's not a bad thing. If you talk to Trump, the right, you know, if you somehow get Trump's ear, he might do what you want him to do. That's that's a big that's a big deal. You know, a lot of these politicians, they're they're set already in what they're going to do. They're handlers. They're donors. They're, they're, it doesn't matter what you say to them, right? Well, apparently, and, and Trump even, he, he said, I think at the last, um, I think there was a second rally where Vivek was there. He gave Vivek credit for talking to him about um, digital currency. And, and he didn't know about it. And then Vivek told him about it. And now he, he's against it. You know, look, 
Is it optimal? Should he know about all the things? Of course he should. That would be great. But if you can get his ear and you say good things and then he does the good things, well, that's pretty optimal. So maybe Vivek, now again, Vivek, I don't trust Vivek, but he says great stuff. So even, I've said this before, it doesn't even matter if you're in this for the right reasons or blah, blah, blah. None of that matters. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be like the based, well, maybe not based, the somewhat based chat GPT, and you're in Trump's ear nonstop as VP, well, that's probably good too. That would probably be good. Anyway, so we'll see, we'll see. Let's get back to this here. So um, this uh, terrorist says, uh, if you're smart enough, you will know who I am, but you are really not smart enough to know who I am, but soon you're gonna know who I am. The migrant then walked away. Spokesman for first responder told Breitbart, border patrol agents picked up the man and transported him to a processing center. What happened to them, him after that is not known. Yeah, I, I gotta find, let me, I'll look for it during the video portion. But I believe he has ties to, uh, it's unsurprising, Islamic terrorism. But don't, we'll put that in the pending for now. I'm not confirmed on that. Okay. Um, John Nolte from Breitbart has this. Despair settles into the Never Trump world. I'm all for raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, but my favorite thing in the world is watching the smug fascists in the Never Trump movement deal with failure and despair. On Jonah fraud, fraudulent Roy Goldberg's uh, having a bad day. Uh, in the Nolte household, that piece of news ranks up there with cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels. Never Trumpers are close to giving up hope, reads the Hill headline. Oh, I like that. I like that headline. Knowing Never Trumpers are giving up hope means you can keep your bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. I think this is from a movie. <clears throat> it's... Uh, yeah, I, I have uh, horrible memories. Uh, people sing in the movie, right? What is that? Is this, this, these are lyrics from a song from a movie, like a musical. What is it, Sound of Music? I don't know, Mary Poppins? These are movies. And by the way, look, I realize I'm the one with the problem because these are very popular and beloved movies. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just not going to watch them. That's all. Feel free. You can have a festival of these types of movies if you want to. No problem. I'm just not going to be there. It's, it's fine. But anyway, as a kid... Oh, I had to sit through these, and they're like three hours long. Oh, my God. And all I wanted to do is, I just want to watch, you know, Star Wars, Kung Fu movies, Transformers. I was simple. Just give me some good action as a kid. I don't need the, I don't, I don't care about this. I don't care if the hills, what was it, the hills are alive with the sound of music. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I don't care. That's, that's fine. Oh, my God. See, that's the beauty. Of, I'm telling you, being an adult is fantastic because you don't have to do any of that shit. You just don't have to do... Or you can negotiate. You know, you maybe you're dating someone who has shit taste in movies. No offense to anyone personally. And uh, they're like, oh, I want to watch Yentl. <laughs> no problem. You'll watch three of my movies and, uh, and then we'll watch Yentl. That was that movie, right, with Barbara Streisand? Oh my God! I remember, I was—I remember, I was like five. We didn't have cable, so my mom takes me to my grandma's house. They're on vacation. She wanted to watch Yentl on HBO. And, oh my God in heaven! Anyway, I don't even remember. I just remember it's like a boyish-looking woman, and there's something, and I'm like, oh my God! 
I will say this. After that, she let me watch The Elephant Man. And um, that movie f- fucked me up. But it was at least entertaining. That Like, oh my God, is this real? Look at this guy. You know, and that was, uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of that movie, but it was better than Yentl. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, back to this. Former President Trump is on the cusp of becoming the GOP's presumptive nominee for the third time, said The Hill. It's a scenario that leaves the band of conservatives opposed to him appalled and deeply pessimistic about the future of the party. That's fantastic. In uh, Joel Walsh, the absolute turncoat traitor, says uh, it's his party, plain and simple. I'm not a fan of his, but it's a MAGA party now, and he's the leader of that. This party cannot be reformed, cannot be fixed. It's on track. It's on the track it's on. I don't see see in my lifetime it getting off this track. Loser says what? The party needs to burn to the ground and rebuild itself, said never-Trumper Susan Del Percio. It's not going to happen in two years. To be fair, there's one thing I do love about never-Trumpers, and that is their total lack of dignity. Imagine all the entertainment we would lose if these entitled crybully warmongers, and let's be honest, Democrats, had even a shred of self-respect. No more Twitter tantrums. No more meltdown. Uh, meltdowns on cable news, no more harumph editorials full of man-baby rage, impotency, pouting, and, well, I never door slamming. Do you think things don't get to me? Do you think I don't get angry and frustrated? Of course I do. I'm human, but you'd never know that because I try not to bear my ass in public. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Don't bear your ass in public. There's no need, especially on the internet, because all you got to do is, like, I have a laptop. You just close the laptop. That's all you got to do. You just close it, go for a walk, okay? It's such a deliberate action to type, you know what I mean? Or, Or make a video. It's a very deliberate action. And the easiest, it's so easy. You just close the thing and go for a walk, and that's it. Anyway, I don't know. Do what you want. You know, some people, it's part of their brand to, to like, bring all of their personal shit into it. And it, 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 it works for some people. And that's fine. You can do it the way you want. I'm just not that type of person. I'm just uh, just not going to do it. It's, you know, I, I will say, I rarely get angry. It doesn't happen that much. Um, but also, I, I'm completely, uh, what would you call it? I'm just not jammed up almost at all. I'm almost not jammed up at all. So that's uh, with like relationships and all this. You know, you get jammed. You're, you know, it's funny. In your 20s, you make all these decisions that jam you up, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to unjam. And not everybody makes it. Some people, they can't unjam themselves. It's just, uh, I wish they would tell you that while you're heading into your late teens and early 20s. Like These are the areas where you're going to make lots of fucking mistakes, kid. So here's what to look out for. No one tells you. It's just you're going in, you're getting jammed up, and then, and it can be, it doesn't have to be financial. It could be anything. It could be anything. Anyway. Oh, there was a thing on Twitter. They were like, would you rather get $10 million now or go back in time uh, uh, to like when you're six, but with all the knowledge you have now? That's interesting. I think that depends on whether you want things to play out the way they did. Um, And you also run the risk of maybe you think it would be better, but it wouldn't. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Anyway, that's just, that's never going to happen, so why even really spend too much time on it? There's no genies. There's no genies. They don't exist. Anyway, um, 
John continues here, the Never Trump movement is all about ass-bearing, and it's glorious. That's true. That's true. Best of all, the Never Trump movement is a big nothing now. These cultural supremacists with their unearned arrogance and self-importance are nothing more than a cheap, greedy grift living in a velvet-lined ghetto with no impact whatsoever on the national conversation. These guys are so craven and desperate that they do business with and shield pigs like this guy. Who? He's got a link here. Who's the pig? Who's the pig? John? John Weaver, Link. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, yeah the predator, the pedophile. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, the Lincoln Project. It's just a, a den of pedophiles. They all defend each other. It's disgusting. When these liars and leftist appeasers aren't trying to impress one another because no one else is paying attention, they're debasing themselves, pimping themselves out for three life-justifying minutes on CNN or MSNBC. Oh, we don't disagree with Trump's policies. It's his character we find intolerable. And that is why they side with big teeth Nikki, establishment Nikki, over MAGA DeSantis. Um, I don't know how MAGA DeSantis is. Um, I don't know. I hope he figures, I hope he recovers. Uh, it, but I, I don't know. Watching Trump drive these striking neurotic bigots and backstabbers into depression, despair, and the Democratic Party is my justice porn. By this time on Wednesday, according to the polls, Trump will have handily wrapped up the 2024 Republican presidential nomination, and knowing that never-Trumpers will be left feeling rejected and wretched should put joy in the hearts of all decent people. Now, I agree with that, but I will have to put it in the I'll believe it when I see it, because I don't know if there's a gay op afoot, I don't know if they're going to give up that easy. I don't know if they're going to give up that easy. And I suspect that Gayop is afoot, that they would like to replace Trump at the convention, even if he gets uh, the votes. Um, but I could be wrong. Or, or it's just such an overwhelming victory that they just can't do that. That does happen sometimes. That does happen. That's really the only way to beat the cheating is to just have overwhelm. And even sometimes that doesn't work. You know, it didn't work in 2020. You tell me, what did he get? How many more votes did he get than in 2016? If you would have told me before the election that was going to happen, I was going to go, oh, well, I guess he wins. Well, no, not when you can uh, uh, put out as many ballots as you need. Anyway, that was good to see Ken Paxton talking about that. Um, okay, this is interesting. It's possible. This is possible. This is a gateway pundit. This is a report. Michelle Obama, Michael, you know, Michael. Michael's secret plan to replace Joe Biden for president emerges. So we'll see. We will see if, uh, if it happens. Kristen Taylor of the Gateway Pundit and other people. There's been other people, too. I forget. Was it who was calling? Who was saying that uh, it's going to be Michelle Obama? There's a couple other people that, that have said, hey, credit to them if they call it. The Gateway Pundit's Kristen Taylor shared an explosive story last week that Barack and Michael Obama are angling to replace decrepit, unpopular Joe Biden with the younger and more popular Michael as the Democrat presidential nominee. Michael has reportedly already surveyed major Democrat donors about, her, about his potential candidacy. I'm not playing any of these fucking her games. Again, I, I put the call out. Take the Ellen video, freeze frame it. You'll know the frame as soon as you see it. You'll know what I'm talking about. 
and answer this one question. What is that other than a penis? I'm all ears. I'm all ears. So I'm going with he. It's a clear he. I will say this. I don't think it's Big Dick Mike. If you watch that video and you watch that screen, I don't think it's a big one. It doesn't seem like a big one. Um, but generally, trannies don't have big ones because they're taking all sorts of shit that shrink their cocks. Okay, Now, it's a great meme. The big black dick is like a hilarious meme. It's one of the all-timers. But it's not. It seems to be a kind of a small, mushroom-headed tranny cock. Anyway, whatever. But that question is, you know, that's my question. What is that other than a penis? Anyway, back to this. Uh, yeah, it looks like it, it might be Trump versus tranny in 2024. It makes me wonder... Do they just go full tranny and they say, yeah, yeah, Michelle's a tranny. And now we're going to have the first tranny president. And if you don't vote for her, you're a bigot. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. If there's any time to fully embrace being a tranny, it's now. They get worshipped. That's going to be their big narrative. But I almost am rooting for it if Michelle runs. I'd rather not see Michelle Michael run. Because uh, I think Michael would do better than Biden. I don't. Th I. I still. I think it's too late. They had to run him in like 2016. Now, you're. You. This is the problem. Obama's gonna have the D. <laughs> Obama's gonna have the D next to their name. Well, the D is responsible for the economy, so it's gonna be very difficult. It. It gives Michelle a better chance to beat Trump than Joe Biden has. I'd rather not see it, but I, I don't think this is a lock by any means. I think, uh, you know, and again, the cheating, you have to put, keep that in mind. The memes, oh my God, the memes. i tell you this, if Michael Obama runs for president, they're going to lock people up for making fun of uh, the fact that he has a dick. They are going to lock someone up. There's, there, right now is Ricky Vaughn 2.0. Someone out there, a meme maker, is going to come up with one of the greatest tranny memes about Michael Obama, and the DOJ is going to arrest that person, maybe even before the election. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm saying I think it might. Anyway, now the New York Post Cindy Adams reveals that a secret plan has emerged to throw old Joe under the bus. She claims it comes from credible sources few have access to and usually not meant for the noses of the media. Bathhouse Barack Obama has reportedly polled donors and put together a plan for Michael, for his Michael, my Michael, <laughs> which is still being tweaked, according to Adams. Per Adams, here's how the plot would work. Around May, Biden announces he's not running. The so-called plot is, is that come the August convention, Michael gets the nomination. Next step, Hunter's father, the temp, drops out just before that convention. For now, he's still in play. He acts like a real candidate. One may wonder why Biden does not drop out and let Michael get a head start. Adams argues that he must pretend he's running because our dodo-in-chief would have to stop quacking and become a lame duck. As the Gateway Pundit reported earlier this month, Michael set off a firestorm with his comments regarding the potential of another Trump presidency. This only fueled speculation that he was gearing up for a run to save the Democrats. Here's what he said to Jay Shetty on his podcast on purpose. Quote, Things that keep me up because you, you don't have control over them and you wonder where are people that, you gotta do the tranny voice correctly. We have to be accurate. It's, it's on the internet. It's very serious business. 
You know, where are our hearts? What's gonna happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that I sometimes think people take for granted. Make no mistake, a Michael Obama campaign would set a new low for media bias in America. He would be hailed as the conquering hero throughout and the only hope to save America from Donald Trump. This truism and his media sensationalism charisma makes him the most dangerous candidate the Democrats could nominate. God help America if he were to succeed. You know what I think would work against Michael Obama? That people are turning on trannies. Even if Michael doesn't admit to being a tranny, it's obviously a tranny, okay? Well, people are not happy with trannies. And uh, I, I don't know if this, I, I just think it's too late. It's like eight years too late. You should have ran him in 2016. But instead, you ran Hillary Clinton and you lost. That might have fucked you for good. Who knows? We'll see who wins. Anyway, that's interesting. All right, so let's talk about some traitors on the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett being one of them. Roberts wasn't a surprise, but not that you know, she's a surprise, but this is just, uh, we're, we're reaching thresholds that are just, that should not be crossed, that you're going to deliberately let criminals into the country to hurt the citizens. It's just sick. Supreme Court authorizes the Biden administration to tear down Texas razor wire that was securing the border. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 on Monday that the Biden regime may cut through razor and let the Zerg in to destroy America. The order noted that Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh all would have denied the Biden administration's request. Good for Kavanaugh. Abbott has roughly 30 miles of razor wire installed along the border. So what is the uh, uh, answer or what is the response from Abbott? Well, so far, so good. He says this is not over. Abbott vows to defend Texas authority to secure the border after SCOTUS sides with Biden. Governor Greg Abbott vowed to continue to fight for his state's right to secure the southern border after the Supreme Court sided with the Biden regime on Monday, ruling that federal officials may cut through razor wire that Texas installed to repel the Zerg. After Texas installed around 30 miles of razor wire along the southern border, U.S. Border Patrol repeatedly cut through the wire to allow illegal immigrants to enter the country. So everyone involved in that should be arrested. That's insane. That's completely insane. Everyone involved in that operation from top to bottom should be buried under a jail. That's insane. That's completely insane. Texas filed a lawsuit against the Biden regime saying the federal government damaged state property and was trespassing. And the, uh, the Supreme Court ruled against them 5-4. Um, he said it's not over. Texas razor wire is an effective deterrent to the illegal crossings that Biden encourages. I will continue to defend Texas's constitutional authority to secure the border and prevent the Biden regime from destroying our property. Good. Abbott also reposted a statement from Texas Department of Public Safety spokesman Chris Olivares, who said state authorities will continue to use reinforced uh, con uh, concertis, uh, anyway, razor wire and anti-climb barriers to help stop the flow of illegals. Um, he said the state of Texas under Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star will maintain its current posture in deterring illegal border crossings by utilizing effective border security measures, reinforced uh, wire, and anti-climb barriers along the Rio Grande. 
The logical concern should be why the federal government continues to hinder Texas's ability to protect its borders, and while allowing for the exploitation, dangerous and inhumane methods of permitting illegal immigrants, including children, to illegally cross a dangerous river where many have lost their lives. Well, the answer to that is it's an illegitimate criminal regime that was cheated into office who is now destroying the country from within. That's what's going on. It's unfortunate. That's why they're doing it. It's deliberate. They all belong in prison. Texas is the only state using every strategy and resource to protect its sovereignty, combat criminal activity, and discourage illegal immigration. Texas will continue to hold the line. Good. Hold the fucking line. Hold the line. So good so far. That's good to see. I've said it before. The AIDS commies have provided the blueprint to use to marginalize them. So just do what they did, just in a less AIDSy way. This is interesting. Judge's ruling in divorce case could spell bad news for Ass Willis. Oh, man. A judge ruled Monday that the divorce case of Nathan Wade, who is the special prosecutor in Fulton County District Attorney Ass Willis's racketeering and election interference case against former President Trump, be made public. The ruling from Judge Henry Thompson could spell bad news for S, who is already under scrutiny for being uh, romantic, romantically linked to Wade. Judge Thompson, who is overseeing the divorce case of Wade and his wife Jocelyn Wade, uh, ruled during an emergency hearing in Cobb County that the case be unsealed for public access, the New York Post reported. A court filing from a Jocelyn Wade says Wade paid for ass to accompany him on at least two trips, one in uh, 2022 to Miami and one last year to San Francisco. The filing includes uh, credit card statements from a Visa signature business account that purports to show Wade booking round trip flights for himself and S. Amazing. The credit card statements are significant since it's seemingly the first hard evidence backing up allegations first made by Trump co-defendant Michael Roman. In Roman's filing, which seeks to boot S and her entire office from the Trump case, he claims that S improperly hired her romantic partner, Wade, as a Special prosecutor in the case and then financially benefited from the arrangement. Wade has been paid more than $650,000 to work on the case and allegedly used some of that taxpayer money to fund lavish vacations for the pair. Judge Thompson decided Monday to pause Ass's deposition in the divorce case. The DA was subpoenaed to testify in the case earlier this month. The judge, however, did not rule out Ass having to testify, saying he would wait to hear Wade's testimony before deciding if Ass's testimony is needed. Ass has neither directly confirmed nor denied having a romantic relationship with Wade, and her office has previously said the DA will address the allegations in a formal court response. Ass did, though, allude to the allegations when speaking at a church in Georgia last Sunday. The DA, who was black, suggested she was dealing with allegations because of racism. The judge overseeing the Trump election interference case has set a hearing date of February 15th regarding the alleged misconduct and directed the DA's office to respond to the motion by February 2nd. Thus far, rumors 
of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation looking into ass are unfounded. The Bureau confirmed to Newsweek it's not investigating ass for alleged impropriety. Well, they're all in on this deal. It's a very corrupt government down there in Georgia. Um, now, even though our Supreme Court is fucking up, it looks like uh, Canada's got a little bit of a, a white pill here. Court finds Justin Trudeau's use of counterterrorism law against Freedom Convoy unconstitutional. A Canadian federal court judge found AIDS faggot Justin Trudeau's use of a counter... Now, some of you might say, what, what, what did you say? Well, I'm not an expert on Canada, and I've never uh, claimed to be, and so there are some people that maybe know a little more about Canada than I do that are of the opinion that it's not AIDS faggot. The official title is Prime Minister. And uh, that might be true. I'm not sure about that. And to me, AIDS faggot just feels right. So we're going to go with AIDS faggot here. Anyway, you got to get it right. It's very important. Anyway, a Canadian federal court judge found that AIDS faggot Justin Trudeau used use of a counterterrorism law to shut down the Freedom Convoy truckers' protests against vaccine mandates and other lockdown measures in 2020 was unconstitutional. Federal court judge Richard Mosley ruled... Ooh, is that the... What was that? That sounded like when you make a move in Dragon's Lair. Did you hear that? What the hell was that? Is that the battery? Oh. Okay. What happened? Is the battery unplugged? Hold on a second. I want to make sure. Are we back? Okay. I think we're back. All right. That was weird. Yeah, it sounds like when you make a move in Dragon's Lair. <clears throat> when you make a correct move. Anyway. Um... Okay, federal court justice Richard Mosley ruled that the use of the Emergencies Act by the liberal government of Justin Trudeau to shut down a series of trucker-led protests in February of 2022 was unreasonable. The ruling came in response to a legal case brought forward by the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, the Canadian Constitution Foundation, and other individuals who argued that the protests did not meet the legal threshold for the government to use the powers granted under the Act which had never been used and was originally intended as a means of combating terrorists. The protests, which began in January of 2022, were almost entirely peaceful and featured truckers using their vehicles to block roads in Ottawa and along the U.S. border in opposition to vaccine mandates and other lockdown diktats for which they were falsely branded as racist by the Trudeau government. The triggering of the Emergencies Act by Trudeau, reportedly at the urging of the Biden regime, allowed the government to arrest the leaders of the Freedom Convoy, freeze bank accounts of protesters, and seize donations intended for the protest. They also shut down the bank accounts of people who simply donated to it. Absolute terrorists, they are. Sick. The act states that for the government to declare a public emergency, there must be threats to the security of Canada that are so serious as to be a national emergency. The law defers to the definition of a threat from the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, which lists espionage, serious violence, foreign interference, or intent to overthrow the government as examples that would meet the threshold. In the ruling, Judge Mosley said, I have concluded that the decision to issue the proclamation does not bear the hallmarks of reasonableness, justification, transparency, and intelligibility, and was not justified in relation to the relevant factual and legal constraints that were required to be taken into consideration. The potential for serious violence, or being unable to say that there was no potential for serious violence, was of course a valid reason for concern, but in my view it did not satisfy the test required to invoke the act. 
The judge went on to say that the actions from the government also infringed upon the rights guaranteed to citizens under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The ruling of the judge contradicts findings from an inquiry led by mostly Trudeau aides commie government officials that found that the government had met the threshold. According to public broadcaster State Propaganda, CBC, Deputy AIDS faggot Christia Freeland said during a cabinet meeting in Montreal that the government intends to appeal the ruling from Judge Mosley. In response to the ruling, Rebel News founder and ardent supporter of the Freedom Convoy, Ezra Levant, said, For two years, the Trudeau and the regime media called the truckers illegal. Today, the federal court ruled that Trudeau's violent response was illegal. Shame on every Justin Journo who parroted his line. Today's ruling was a judgment of them, too. Yeah, hopefully they put all of these people in prison. Unlikely, but I'd like to see it. It would be great. Um, yeah, here we go. This is, uh, by the way, it, I, it's not here, but if you saw it earlier today, Stephen Crowder is, it looks like he's trying to go after, at least potentially go after some more high-level fucking pedophiles, like he, it's going to be every, first of all, I think the lawyer's response tells you everything you need to know about it, but if there is a harsh media response to this, which there very likely will be, it's going to tell you everything you need to know about it. So he released a video today. He's, he's now a, a part of his operation. He has undercover journalists, right? Kind of like a Project Veritas, but for the Stephen Crowder show. So anyway, they uncovered that there was a BlackRock executive, this absolutely golem-looking whore, okay? Just looked like an evil creature. Um, was part of like a, a, like a child porn website. And the evidence that they have is pretty solid. And so they called up the woman. She immediately has her lawyer call. And the lawyer, just the response is just, you know, they look guilty. It doesn't mean they're guilty, but they do look guilty. Now we're going to see what the uh, media response is. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. Because they should be able to, like, obviously, what should happen here? Well, they should get to the bottom of who the person is. And, uh, and if it's not this woman that, that, you know, the DOJ, they have to, the DOJ has already investigated and, and arrested people involved in this. This was already given to the DOJ about this BlackRock executive. Big surprise. They don't follow any of the leads because it, it seems like this might be one of the untouchables. Who knows? But we'll see. Anyway, that's something to keep an eye out on. Uh, this story reminded me of that. Unredacted complaint reveals horrifying level of pedophiles sexually targeting children on Instagram and Facebook. A New Mexico complaint against Mark Zuckerberg's meta has been unredacted to reveal horrifying claims of sexual harassment against children on Facebook and Instagram. One internal presentation estimated that 100,000 children a day are targets by pedophiles on Zuckerberg's platforms, including receiving pictures of adult genitalia. Digital Content Next CEO Jonathan Kint pointed out in a Twitter thread that most redactions just now removed in the New Mexico Attorney General's complaint versus Instagram and Facebook show. It's even more shocking, infuriating, and stomach-turning than what people may have realized. The mostly unredacted complaint is available here. In one highlighted section, the complaint claims that 100,000 children per day received online sexual harassment, such as pictures of adult 
genitalia. The complaint goes on to state, One internal document shows Meta scrambling in 2020 to address an Apple executive whose 12-year-old was solicited on the platform. Noting this is the kind of thing that pisses Apple off to the extent of threatening to remove us from the App Store. Asking whether there was a timeline for when we'll stop adults from messaging minors on IG Direct, and noting that if they do not address other accounts with Sugar Daddy, they will reply with 100 more accounts if we're not able to take them down. A May 2018 presentation to Meta's Audit Committee confirms this fact, while user-provided data indicates a decline in usage among young users, this age data is unavailable because a disproportionate number of our young users register with an inaccurate age. Two years later, a January 2020 presentation entitled Succeeding in U.S. Messaging demonstrated both the depths of Meta's knowledge regarding usage of Messenger by children and its ambitions to leverage that usage to further entice younger generations to use its products. The complaint goes on to say Meta is aware that its platforms are popular with children as young as six. One of Meta's endgame goals was to become the primary kid messaging app in the U.S. by 2022. The document confirmed that in the U.S., Messenger is popular with kids. Meta's knowledge that its platforms were used by and popular with children as young as six makes its failures to protect minors against CSAM and solicitation all the more egregious. Elsewhere in the thread, Kint points out an internal conversation highlighted in the complaint in which one Meta employee states that nothing is being done to counter child grooming on the company's social media platforms, adding, I'd argue we're making it worse. Yes, because your company, much like Patreon, is run by pedophiles. Okay, remember the whole thing with Patreon? Yeah. What specifically are we doing for child grooming? An employee asks, to which a second employee replies, somewhere between zero and negligible. It was, yeah, Patreon, they refused to do anything with uh, uh, pedophiles. Uh, and uh, this is why, because they're, they're, they are pedophiles. They're run by pedophiles. Pedophiles are operating out in the open right now. Child safety is an explicit non-goal this half. I'd argue we're making it worse with uh, Interop, inter, inter, Interop, Interop, but that's a can of worms, they say. Moreover, Meta's People You May Know feature allegedly contributed to 75% of all inappropriate adult minor contact and had a direct link to trafficking, prompting employees to ask, how on earth have we not just turned off PYMK between adults and children? The complaint added, well, again, sir, it's because your company is run by pedophiles. Another apparent internal conversation showed an employee saying, teenage self-harm and suicide are so difficult to explain publicly that our current response looks convoluted and evasive. The fact that we have age limits which are unenforceable and that there are, as I understand it, important differences in the stringency of our policies on IG versus Facebook makes it difficult to claim we're doing all we can. After that, someone else chimed in asking whether Meta could improve its policies or whether it was a question of enforcement. We can definitely say that we need to improve our enforcement or our policies, they said. Another chart highlighted in the complaint appears to show that Instagram's own research found that 13 to 15-year-old users were more likely than average to be exposed to adult nudity and sexual activity. Well, there you go. So um, a lot of this is not surprising at all. We've um, 
I remember now, I don't believe it is the case anymore, but under the previous regime, uh, Twitter would refuse to take down child porn, even when victims of it uh, uh, sued them. So, um, yeah, it's fucking crazy. All right, next one here. So we're going to see a lot more of this. You're already seeing this from regime propagandists like Destiny. Leftists call for killing of right-wing voters at an, what they're calling an anti-extremism protest in Germany. Left-wing protesters in Germany called for supporters of the populist Alternative for Germany party to be killed during a rally which was supposed to be against political extremism. I, you're going to see this, I think, a lot more in America. Uh, amid nationwide protests over the weekend in which organizers claimed over a million people rallied against the right-wing AFD party, it was I ironically the left which seemingly exposed itself as harboring extremists. A report from the left liberal newspaper on Sunday hailed the local demonstration against the AFD, which claimed saw around 10,000 people attend. A celebratory article featured a lead image of the report showed protesters holding a banner that uh, said, kill AFD supporter. The image also showed mass protesters dressed in the familiar black bloc uniform waving the flag of the radical leftist Antifa group. The article was quietly amended, however, after observers noted the potentially criminal calls to violence by left-wing protesters, with the image being changed to a less extreme picture, which also did not feature any Antifa-style radicals. Nevertheless, questions remain, particularly given the original message showed police officers nearby the banner calling for the killing of AFD supporters, yet no arrests were made during the protest. Yeah, no, they're in on it. They're in on it. They're part of the problem. Gunnar Lindman, who serves as a member of the Berlin House of Representatives for the AFD, said on social media that he's filed a criminal complaint with the Cologne police over the banner. They're going to probably arrest you. They're probably going to arrest or kill you. A police spokesman uh, said the image would be sent to the prosecutor's office for a decision. The spokesman said it's unclear why no action was taken. Well, because you're all in on it. You're all pedophiles and you all belong in jail. The incident came amid demands to ban the AFD in a weekend of protests from leftists throughout Germany following the report sponsored by the government and leftist activist organizations such as the Soros Open Society Foundations, which claimed that several low-level members of AFD uh, attended a conference in November in which calls were allegedly made to deport German citizens with migration backgrounds. Yeah, you're going to have to do that because what you have in this situation is you have uh, lunatic muzzies coming in, becoming citizens, and then mocking uh, Germany for letting them in on TikTok. Now, you have to make examples of people like that. And the only thing that you can really do, just you have to deport them and say, this is what happens when you come into our country and shit all over our country. We're going to just deport you. Um, but instead, if you don't do anything, then it's clear that your country can be mocked and ridiculed and shit all over and you're not going to do anything about it. So, yeah, um, they're making it so it's going to be almost impossible to not have to do that. But it is what it is. Now, if anyone gets into power and has the political will to do that, that's a whole different story. The report's been disputed by multiple people who attended the meeting, including members of the centrist Christian Democratic Union. Despite the denials, the government of Olaf Scholz and legacy media have seized on the apparently manufactured scandal as a welcome distraction from the faltering German economy and a farmer uprising against the neoliberal globalist agenda from Berlin and the EU. 
Schultz openly backed the protest, declaring in a video on Friday that the German people must take a stand as right-wing extremists are attacking our democracy. That's totally made up. Schultz also has so far not commented on left-wing extremism that we're calling for AFD supporters to be killed. I really do expect to see this in America. I've seen it a little bit, but I think there's going to be more explicit calls to kill Trump supporters. Um, I would not even be surprised to see if Antifa did kill some Trump supporters and mysteriously they're not able to find them. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Hope that doesn't happen, but it almost seems inevitable. All right, so we got an update on this guy, uh, C.J. Stroud, tripling down, continuing to talk about Jesus. That's good. Texans C.J. Stroud, after his strong rookie season, Nothing I can do to repay what the Lord has done in my life. If you recall the last time we talked about C.J. Stroud, NBC Sports edited a video where uh, he was being interviewed and he said he'd like to thank his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's completely insane that they did that. So hopefully this guy and other athletes continue to talk about Jesus. The cross is abject rebellion in our society right now. I say that as a non-Christian, it is an observation. It is, I think, a, I think it's an obvious observation right now. Christianity is one of the key ways that you can rebel against this regime. They don't like Christians or, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. Be conservative, be white, be a non-obedient black person. <laughs> there's a whole, there's a long list of things you can do, and I've said it before. Just find what works for you, okay? I like saying things. I like saying things, and I like viciously insulting these people. But other people, you might have a different way. Just whatever you do in your life, just look for one way every day that you can rebel against this regime legally, peacefully, and all those things. Houston Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud reflected on a strong rookie season during a press conference on Monday in which he credited God for his accomplishments. By the way, um, I don't watch sports anymore, but I do sometimes pay attention to things that could be happening. For example, when Aaron Rodgers was speaking uh, truthfully about the vaccine, uh, not the recent one, but uh, uh, like a year or two ago, the, uh, the AIDS commies and the media were deliberately rooting against him. And he, his team at the time, the Packers, had made the playoffs, and I was hoping he would win the Super Bowl. He didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, it is what it is. Now, the Super Bowl is coming up, and you have a potential narrative here where uh, the Baltimore Ravens are coached by uh, one of the Harbaugh brothers. They're apparently very Christian because the brother, let's see, Jim is the coach of Michigan. What was the name of the uh, the Ravens coach? Oh, man, I remember him. He was, he was an assistant coach with the Eagles back in the day. It's uh, it's Jim Harbaugh and John. John, I think. It's Jim and John. Okay, the reason I bring this up. Jim Harbaugh just won a title with Michigan. And what does he do? He goes to the March for Life and gives a speech. I've always said this. We need people who achieve in the mainstream notoriety to say things that go against the regime. Speaking out against abortion is like a huge... These, these lunatics worship abortion. It's like one of their key sacraments. So for the guy that just won a title with Michigan to speak at this rally, that's a big deal. Well, now his brother is coaching in the AFC championship game against the full-blown AIDS Kansas City Chiefs. 
So you got the Kansas City Chiefs. You have, um, you have uh, what did uh, Aaron Rodgers call him? Dr. Pfizer or Mr. Pfizer. You got Mr. Pfizer. You got that fucking whore. What the hell is her name? The, the, uh, the gay op whore that they're putting there for the Democrats. Taylor Swift. And then you got a, a, a rather dainty, I will admit skilled, Patrick Mahomes is skilled, but he's kind of dainty. He's a little, he's a little gay, but uh, he is good, I will say. But anyway, you have like the AIDS team. And by the way, if you like the Chiefs, I'm sorry that the regime has decided to infect your team with their AIDS. I'm sorry that happened. That sucks. That's what they're doing. Obviously, root for who you want. And if you are still able to put all this away and watch sports and keep it out, good. Good for you. I, I don't fault you. I have no problem with that. Just because I don't watch doesn't mean, you know. I was the same way when people were uh, not watching football over Kaepernick. I said, hey, I respect your decision. It didn't meet my threshold yet because a lot of the, the national anthem stuff was not, they didn't really play it on like NFL Red Zone. They were just, you know, there was like the pre-shows and you'd watch that and then it'll be right into the game. You didn't even see any of that. Now my threshold has been clearly met with the uh, politics, uh, uh, COVID, and also just the, uh, the, the level of play now is just not what it used to be. It's just not that good. I, I don't think it's that good. But anyway, um, so hopefully the Ravens win and hopefully John Harbaugh starts talking about Jesus anytime he's interviewed. So there you go. There, there's an angle. That could be an angle. Now, I believe the Texans are out, right? Because there's only two teams left in the AFC. The Texans are in the AFC, at least last I checked. Sometimes they change things. I think in baseball, it's all I don't even know. I don't even recognize uh, the divisions anymore. Anyway, whatever. So, um, so Stroud first recalled that many players who came up to him during and after games to thank him publicly for speaking about Jesus and God. Yeah, there's a lot of Christians in the NFL. You know, there's a lot of, in football, in general, there's a lot of prayer circles. And uh, yeah, I have no problem with prayer circles. Now, sometimes people do prayer circles because they believe, and sometimes it's a unity thing. I think I'm pro prayer, prayer circles because they're, they're trying to take them away. I was I used to be prayer circle neutral. You know, there would be the circle and I'd be like, whatever, I don't care if you pray. Look, I was a Jehovah's Witness. There's a lot of praying in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, I'm used to seeing people pray. It's not a big deal. I don't care. Do what you want. Okay. Um, but now, you know, you remember that guy, he went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was a college coach. Was it high school or college? I forget. It was either a high school or a college coach. They tried to fire him for praying, which has been done a million times in football at all levels. And he won in the Supreme Court. And then I said this. I wish I wasn't right about this. I said, I'm glad he won in the Supreme Court, but they're going to fuck with him anyway. And, and he's going to end up leaving. And he did because they made life miserable for him. That sucks. So, yeah, there's a decent amount of Christians in the NFL. So they're, they're telling this kid, thank you for speaking about Jesus and God. And then he says, it's not me, it's him. There's nothing I can do to ever repay what the Lord has done in my life. I don't want to. I just want to act in what he's called me to do. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes every day. But at the same time, I know that God, the God I serve is a forgiving and graceful God. Stroud added, there's lots of us out here, too, that love the Lord. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Good. Hopefully more athletes start talking like this. Stroud's comments come shortly after he opened up about his faith following his team's playoff loss to the Baltimore Ravens over the weekend. Oh, that's how the Ravens got to the AFC Championship. 
Can't believe, yeah, it's amazing. During a post-game press conference, Stroud said he leans on God through thick and thin. It's what I lean on through thick and thin. I know I'm upset right now, but I'm really just blessed looking back on this year, this opportunity we had today to play in front of millions of people. I'm just really grateful to God on all the opportunities he's blessed me with. I'm just going to lean on him. I know this isn't the end for me. It's a lot more football for me to play, and I'm just excited for that. And I'm super blessed with the guys who I lined up with every week this year, and I'm just really thankful to God on how much he's brought me from I can go all the way when I was a kid to college to week one now. I've grown as a person, as a man of God in a lot of different ways. I'm just really blessed for that. Stroud's been open about his faith in God since last year, excuse me, when his name was floated as MVP. He says, for me, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of knowing that God wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle. I don't deserve his grace and his mercy, uh, but he still gives it to me, and I love him for that. It's not about me. It's about him and his glory. So I think that's where it comes from. I think God made me like that. I've been through a lot, not only in football, but things that made me kind of chill when everything's going crazy, and I thank God for putting that in me. Because that's something that you need playing in this position as lead. The defense over there, they didn't blink, even though they were giving up big plays. They knew it wouldn't come down to the wire, or that it would come down to the wire. We knew that too. Stroud also previously told Fox News in February last year that God gave him a foundation through his ups and downs. He says it's what kept me grounded even through my season. Football has a lot of ups and downs. It has a lot of twists and turns. But at the end of the day, it's all about your foundation. And something that set my foundation is my faith. All right, good. So there you go. Texans, quarterback, Stroud. Very, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's crazy. This is considered unacceptable now, even though this was the norm. I mean, Kurt Warner, when the Rams were really good, or I think they made the Super Bowl. He made the Super Bowl with the Cardinals one year. They lost. But same thing, any interview, he's always talking about Jesus. And it was fine, you know. But now it's that they're trying to censor it wild, completely wild. So there you go. Hopefully he does well. And here is the, again, this is a consistent pattern where they're allowing the Zerg to kill us. Um, Prosecutors on Tuesday allowed a schizophrenic migrant who admitted to killing three people and ramming a car through a crowd to avoid a murder trial by pleading guilty to manslaughter. Unbelievable. Valdo Cacacane, who goes by the name Adam Mendez, admitted in court to stabbing three victims to death and attempting to kill three other people in the British city of Nottingham on June 13, 2023. Crown prosecutors accepted Cacacane's manslaughter plea on the grounds that his mental illness reduced his culpability for the crime. Amazing. Cockacane attacked 19-year-old Nottingham University student Grace O'Malley Kumar and Barnaby Weber, said King Counsel Karif Khalil, according to the outlet. O'Malley Kumar shoved the suspect into the road after he stabbed Weber with a dagger, only to be stabbed multiple times herself after a physical altercation. Grace, demonstrating incredible bravery, sought to protect her friend and fight off the killer, pushing him away and into the road. Video footage played in court. Shame they're not allowed to have guns over there. She could unload a clip into this fucking animal. Video footage played in court shows Cockalane prowling city streets before the stabbings. The video of the violent incident itself was not shown in court. The outlet reported. Witnesses said they heard an awful blood-curdling scream after the attacks. Cockalane later stabbed Ian Coates, a school caretaker, to death after he drove past 
and he stole Coates' vehicle, which he used to ram several pedestrians, according to the outlet. I, th I fear we're going to see, this is UK, I fear we're going to see a lot more of this kind of shit, because right now we're kind of still in the, it's like the calm before the storm phase. The Zerg are kind of just going to the different locations. They're still traveling to their locations. They are in some locations, but they're still, they're, they're building up. I don't think we've seen the uh, extent of the violence that is going to occur. I hope I'm wrong about that. And I wouldn't be surprised that if you defend yourself against one of these animals, that they're going to arrest you. But I hope I'm wrong about that. Khalil said prosecutors consulted the families of all three victims before accepting Kakakane's manslaughter plea. Oh, of course. They guilt these families into going along, and they uh, 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 very uh, skillfully low-key threaten them that, you know, if you don't go along with this, well, you will be labeled a racist. You don't want to be labeled a racist, do you, bigot? Well, let us let this animal off with a light sentence then. Several serious injuries resulted from the animal's reckless driving. One man crossing the road suffered a skull fracture, causing serious brain bleeding after he was flipped into the air when struck by the vehicle. Other victims walking to work were extremely fortunate to survive the impact. The animal has been receiving mental health treatment since 2020, the court heard. Khalil also said the animal was previously treated with antipsychotic medication, which he refused to take on his own while he actively concealed symptoms of his psychosis. So there we go. More examples of the Western countries allowing the Zerg to harm their citizens. Amazing. This is a hell of a thing. World Health Organization named a former prostitute a gender-fucking theorist to their tranny health expert board. The WHO established an expert. <clears throat> These are experts. An expert advisory group to, on tranny health seeking guidance from a tranny prostitute who called the line of work empowering and an academic attempting to popularize gender fucking as a critical legal theory these people are going to they're going to be experts and and i'm telling you they are going to argue that you should allow these predators to fuck your children and they're going to say well experts are saying it's going to go down just like it did on the bald joy reed show when you saw tiffany justice from moms for liberty go on there and simply point out that it's insane to allow dildo books and homosexual sodomy books to be given to small children and joy reed her position is experts say that they should be allowed to read them so this is going to be the same fucking thing we're very close to it they're going to say well experts say children can benefit from sexual intercourse with adults by the way some of these motherfuckers have already said this shit publicly there are multiple professors who have been on Zoom calls saying this shit. This shit's coming. Make no mistake. It sounds crazy. I understand, but it's coming. By the way, if you think it sounds crazy, I'm reading to you the WHO is putting a tranny prostitute on its board. I mean, this is, it's just, it's total chaos. And, uh, and hopefully it can be resolved someday. The WHO's guidelines developed development group on the health of trannies and gender diverse people 
that's like the snuffleupaguses of the world, totally made up, was established to facilitate the creation of guidelines aimed at increasing access and utilization of quality and respectful health services by trannies and gender diverse people and establishing health policies that support gender-inclusive care and legal recognition of self-determined gender identity. Among the experts named by the WHO is Erica Castellanos, who the WHO says is a trans woman living with, you'll never believe, HIV, AIDS. Oh, AIDS-infested tranny prostitutes. We're going to put them on boards and we're going to call them experts. The uh, AIDS-infested tranny prostitute is from Belize, and uh, he uh, resides in the Netherlands. The AIDS-infested tranny prostitute is a member of the International AIDS Society, where he focuses on youth engagement in HIV activism. It also includes... Florence Ashley, an assistant professor at the University of Alberta and former clerk at the Supreme Court of Canada, who the WHO describes as a trans-feminine jurist and bioethicist whose work focuses on tranny issues in the legal and healthcare systems. His most recent work is on how to use gender-fucking as a strategy to resist gender governance. The WHO's decision to staff the board with radical tranny activists, AIDS-infested homosexual prostitutes, uh, calls into question the organization's ability to objectively assess the medical consequences of interventions that attempt to modify one sex. It told the Daily Wire its recommendations are always based on balancing of available evidence, human rights principles, consideration of harms and benefits, and inputs of end users and beneficiaries. The experts, however, are clearly out of the mainstream community and have no health expertise. The AIDS-infested, excuse me, the AIDS-infested tranny prostitute said that he became an expert in the field by being a prostitute. Quote, Surviving migration, sex work, and homelessness, all while being HIV positive and transgender, have made me strong and resilient in the work I do. I have had the opportunity to share my insights with young trans and HIV activists, unquote. So you got to get the tone of the tranny's voice correct. This is a serious show. It's on the internet. The internet's serious business. Rather than just surviving prostitution, however... The AIDS-infested tranny prostitute says, Sex work was the most empowering thing that has ever happened to me. Explaining that he started working in the streets, offering my sexual services. Who the fuck wants to pay for, or even for free, who wants sexual services from an AIDS-infested tranny prostitute? Now, if you say to me, Hey, See that $1,500 an hour high-end escort? And you think uh, people would like her uh, services? I do. I think they would. Okay? I would even say if you said, hey, driving down in Center City or wherever the fuck. I don't know where. I don't, I, I don't know where the prostitutes are now. I don't go into Philly anymore. 
But let's say you have like a newly on the street crack whore whose looks aren't 100% gone. Maybe she's running at about 25% of her looks. Maybe she was attractive and you have all of the drugs and various things that are fucking up her appearance. But maybe, you know, she's still got about 25% of them there. And you ask me, hey, do you think anybody's going to want her services? I'd say probably. But I'm racking my brain to understand who the fuck wants the services from an AIDS-infested tranny prostitute. Can someone explain this to me? Who's fucking the AIDS-infested tranny prostitutes? It's a hell of a thing. Anyway, I don't know. It's just a hell of a thing right there. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, he, he was... Offering the AIDS-infested tranny prostitute was offering his sex services in Mexico after fleeing home, eventually using drugs and ending up in prison. Well, yeah, it, were you? did you have to flee? Because, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about Mexicans. But I would think that a lot of Mexican men that would like to fuck a prostitute, um, if you didn't tell them you had a cock, it probably upset them. Okay, and maybe, you know, maybe you, that's why you were on the run. You were trying to hide your cock. Uh, you know, that's rape. You don't tell someone you have a cock. That's right. Ra you're raping them. Anyway. The AIDS-infested tranny prostitute is now engaged in various fields of activism, previously serving as a delegate, a delegate to the Joint United Nations Program on AIDS on behalf of TransUnited Europe, a sex worker umbrella NGO for trans black people of color. Oh, oh, so this is the, uh, this is the Rob Smith NGO. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, the, the, this is the uh, NGO for Rob Smith's. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, man. And migrants from the global south. He also is listed as the executive director of Global Action for Trans Equality, an organization that calls itself an international advocacy and expert organization focused on gender identity, gender expression, and sex characteristics. The organization's site explains that Erica's background is in sex work issues and HIV activism. That's, a, that's a, another uh, uh, way to describe a AIDS-infested prostitute. Florence Ashley, another tranny activist who has been appointed to the WHO Guidelines Development Group, describes himself as metaphorically a biorg, B-I-O-R-G, witch with flowers in their hair, and is the author of an article set to be published in the McGill University Law Journal titled Gender Fucking as a critical legal methodology where he discusses ways to resist gender governance. Quote, gender fucking is defined by its focus on the needs and experiences of those who fuck with gender, resisting attempts at gender governance through laws, policies, and practices. An abstract from the article reads before going on to claim that the approach offers a rich and fertile approach for analyzing a social, political, and legal world indelibly marked by regimes of gender and in doing so, steps on the path toward gender liberation. The 34-page article expounds on the approach through stylistic means, namely sexually charged humor. The present article, as well as Several of the past writings I mentioned include puns and jokes, many of them sexual, 
More than incidental, I would suggest these stylistic elements are an extension of gender-fucking substance into the realm of form and style. The paper reads before explaining that the theory can also be used to challenge academic standards. For just as gender-fucking rejects the politician's idea that gender must be policed, so does it reject the academian's idea that writing must be policed. The name gender-fucking itself offers a challenge to dominant mores around sex and profanity. Ashley goes on to ask, are sex jokes not a celebration of scholarly fucking? Is there not something peculiarly trans about sex jokes? You have a mentally ill person writing something on the level of death sentences. It's just not as uh, entertaining. And they're taking it serious. The article also addresses a tranny identification among youth, claiming, Regardless of whether youth know their gender well, nobody is better placed to navigate the world of gender in their name. Only they can catch glimpses or gaze upon the shape of their gender mosaic. Ashley goes on to apply his specific approach, writing under a gender-fucking lens. Gender self-determination seems the only way to properly account for the needs of all trans youth, including those who defy attempts at disciplining gender. He also explains that the concept of gender-fucking is intended for those whose gender is an eldritch horror adorning a seven-dimensional tentacle cock. People who gender oscillates so fast that it undergoes spontaneous fission. You can't handle the truth of their gender, the mentally ill, AIDS-infested prostitute wrote. Incredible. They take this serious. They take this serious. Ashley produced an extensive list of largely nonsensical terms that he's used to refer to his gender, which includes the words, words and phrases alien, alien by, transgender, gender malcontent, deception, and unfathomable swirling void. Ashley, whose placement on the WHO advisory board sparked criticism online, has informed the WHO that he's unable to attend due to a conflict in schedules. Oh, I'm sure that's devastating. Oh, you the oh man, the homosexual AIDS infested prostitute is not going to be able to make it. Oh. Dr. Stanley Goldfarb, the director of Do No Harm, a nonprofit organization dedicated to fighting the politicization of medicine, warned that the WHO's Guide Development Group will likely ignore the increasing body of literature that challenges the basis of support for medical interventions intended to modify a person's sex. The WHO defended its decision to establish the guidelines and development group Telling the Daily Wire its recommendations are always based on evidence, human rights principles, and blah, 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 blah. but the AIDS-infested uh, transsexual prostitute and Ashley are just two of the left-wing tranny activists who the WHO placed on the guidelines development group. There are also four individuals associated with WPATH, the organization that removed minimum age requirements for medical interventions, including puberty blockers, cross-sex hormone therapy, and sex change operations from its medical guidelines. Two former presidents of WPATH, Walter Bauman and Gail Knudsen, are included in the WHO's guideline development group. Critics of gender ideology have blasted the WHO over its guideline development group, launching a petition called Who Decides that objects to the bias panel tasked with creating, 
new tranny health guidelines. Well, I imagine the WHO is going to ignore that. So there we go. Oh, man, that is, uh, that's a hell of a thing right there. Incredible. That's the World Health Organization. All right. Now, let's get into um, an arc. What did he call him? Hold on a second. Let me go back to uh, what, what kind of marvel? Structural. Let's talk about this structural marvel. Adam Schiff, you got this uh, former baseball player, Steve Garvey, talking shit to the structural marvel, Adam Schiff. He said, you lied to 300 million people. In a debate among four California senatorial candidates, three of whom are Democrats, Republican senatorial candidate and the former MLB All-Star Steve Garvey hammered the structural marvel Adam Schiff, accusing him of lying to all Americans. The debate included Garvey, the structural marvel, and California reps fat slob Katie Porter and uh, 70 IQ Barbara Lee. Garvey says, I think you've been censured for lying. After an interlude, the structural marvel replied by attacking Donald Trump. <laughs> Garvey says, sir, you lied to 300 million people. You can't take that back. Uh, yeah, and then they talk about how he was censured. They don't care. I, mean, I don't know. He, they're probably going to rig it for Chef. He's probably going to win. So we'll have to see. But uh, good for Steve Garvey. I remember Steve Garvey. I used to have some of his cards. Um, Dana White was confronted by an AIDS faggot over um, Sean Strickland's uh, based press conference. And uh, Dana White has doubled down. UFC President Dana White shut down a reporter over the weekend who questioned White about allowing his fighters, in this case Sean Strickland, to speak their minds on hot-button topics such as LGBT issues. The AIDS commie, AIDS faggot reporter says, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about what they can say when they're up there when on the UFC microphone and you're getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. And then White interrupted him. He says, I don't give anyone a leash. A leash? Free speech? To control what people say, to tell people what to believe? I don't tell any other fucking human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. Fantastic answer. White asked the AIDS faggot, what is your question? The AIDS faggot timidly says, I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. And then White says, yeah, it's probably a good idea. That's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech, brother. People can say whatever they want, and they can believe whatever they want. That's fantastic. Good. Very good. Because Strickland said some shit. He called this fucking AIDS faggot commie journalist, he called him an infection. An infection. Which, I mean, accurate, but that's... You know, I don't expect athletes to have the level of understanding. That, like you, you, I guess you really, you get this? Yeah, you get this? And he says they're, they're basically evil and the enemy of the people. And I'm like, yes, yes, very good, very good. Okay, you're going to see a lot more of this. Hopefully this woman is successful in her lawsuit. Mother whose daughter was killed by a MS-13 sues the Biden regime for $100 million. A mother whose daughter was allegedly raped and murdered by a member of MS-13 is suing the Biden administration over her daughter's death. Tammy Nobles, the mother of 20-year-old Kayla Hamilton, accused the Biden administration of playing Russian roulette with our lives in her lawsuit. The $100 million suit accuses the Department of Homeland Security and, D and Department of Health and Human Services for failing to stop 
the MS-13 animal from entering the country. Nobody at the border did their job and checked his background. Hamilton, who had autism, was strangled with a phone cord. Uh, this, the uh, animal uh, suspect ran away from a holding facility and ended up as Hamilton's roommate in the trailer home. He ends up in this trailer home as a roommate with Kayla that was leased out by another uh, illegal, uh, the family's attorney said. The suit accuses uh, HHS of failing by allowing the suspect to be in the holding facility in the first place, failing to verify the suspect's identity. Well, this is what they want. They're unleashing the Zerg on the citizens. This is what they want. I would love to see more lawsuits, but, um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's sick. This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. All right. Um, this is this is good. This is good to see. Uh, uh, you know, Dave Portnoy. He, sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's embarrassing. Uh, hopefully, he he uh, improves as far as sometimes he says really stupid blue pilled normie political shit, and then sometimes he says halfway decent shit. But anyway, um, Dave Portnoy receives equity stake in Rumble. So Rumble is growing. That's good. Um, Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy has now a part ownership stake in Rumble as part of a deal to bring Barstool Sports to the platform. The announcement was made on the Patrick Bet David podcast by Rumble CEO Chris Powalski under the leadership of Portnoy, the sports lifestyle and entertainment powerhouse brand. Barstool Sports set Monday as the date to announce the move of its online video content to Rumble. The decision has provided Rumble with a significant boost, notably causing its stock to rise sharply. Good. This is good to see. It's important that Rumble bring as much normie content on as possible. Um, and so they do that with like Power Slap and all this stuff. Bring Because what makes YouTube so powerful is there's so many fucking people on there. And uh, so you gotta, you got to appeal to a large group of people so then... Uh, especially political commentators can have a very large pool of people to potentially get viewers from. Rumble's doing that, and uh, so far, so good. So we'll see what happens. Um, so we have this global homo conference that's been going on, and you got this fucking uh, disgusting whore who was lamenting the fact that they used to be, used to be the gatekeepers, and now they're not anymore, which is fantastic. In a year marked by dwindling public trust in key institutions and heralded by the theme Rebuilding Trust at the Global Homo Conference, um, Emma Tucker, the Wall Street Journal editor-in-chief, has called for a reevaluation of how tradition, traditional media operates. Too late, bitch. Recalling a point when the mainstream press was the chief adjudicator of information and facts she, she highlighted its demise that came with the rise of alternative media platforms. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Tucker, during a Davos panel supposedly dedicated to the preservation of truth, offered a lament for the era when the press held exclusive dominance over news and facts. The eggless whore said, and I quote, If you go back not that long ago, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers, and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, then it was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, 
and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. That's right. You have lost. You have lost. You have lost control. Fuck you, bitch. Not only do her comments reveal a lot about how mainstream media figures see their role in society, her comment painted a clear picture of the power shift that has marked the recent history of the media landscape. So uh, this evil fucker says it's no longer good enough for us to say that this was what happened or this is the news. We almost have to explain our working. So readers expect to understand how we source stories. They want to know how we go about getting stories. We have to sort of lift the bonnet as if it were in a way that newspapers aren't used to, used to doing and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news. Uh, let me let, let you in on a little secret, whore. It's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter how transparent you are. Uh, it's over. It's over. And uh, now we're just seeing, like, how many people are you guys going to hurt? And this applies to the regime. How many people are you going to hurt on your way out? That's what this is really going to come down to. So this is no good from Twitter. Um, it's not surprising. Uh, Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino says free speech ends at hate speech. Well, that makes no sense because hate speech isn't real. Twitter continues to sit on two chairs and send mixed signals regarding the company's stance on free speech. A new blog penned this week by Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarina goes into this at once claiming that society must empower people to express its thoughts, but also that the line must be drawn at hate and hate speech. Well, that's ridiculous. That's not even a real thing. Considering the platform's long and difficult history with suppressing free speech, well documented in the Twitter files, and the fact that terms like hate speech, not to mention misinformation, are so often used simply to cover up straight-up censorship. Yaccarino's intent here can be seen as confusing, uh, all the more since the blog post is entitled Safeguarding Information Independence and Combating Hate Speech, only to be followed by the subtitle Building an in Indispensable Global Town Square. This is particularly interesting since it's an admission of sorts that Twitter is indeed a digital town square. The argument that this is the case with all major social sites has been used for a long time to prove that speech there should be protected under the Constitution's First Amendment, regardless of the companies being privately owned. The term uh, modern public square as it pertains to social networks is found in the 2017 U.S. Supreme Court opinion, Packingham v. North Carolina. Another thing that the Supreme Court has determined is that there's no hate speech exception to the First Amendment. So what is Yaccarino doing here, ev evoking both free speech, the global town square, and combating hate speech, trying to eat the cake and have it too, or pacify many powerful detractors of Twitter in these sensitive campaign times? First, she praises the need for in information independence, the free exchange of ideas, information, and knowledge through freedom of speech as a precondition to society's progress. It goes on, heavy content filtering practices of some platforms and media entities have altered people's understanding of the truth. Uh, we're seeing things we've held as true being openly challenged. She says, control censorship and information centralization holds us back. Well, greater access to information propels us forward and fuels positive change. For all the good, there's also a point when information independence crosses a line too. And that's hate speech. So that's made up. Hate speech is not real. It's totally made up. And so you're, you might as well say when it crosses the Snuffleupagus line. Well, Snuffleupagus is also totally made up, not a real thing. 
It seems to be fairly narrowly motivated, the context being Elon Musk's address at the European Jewish Association Symposium with the latest major flare-up of hostilities in the Middle East. Then Yakarino switches into full big tech legacy mode. It's our duty to combat hate speech in our communities and on every platform because freedom of speech and safety can and must coexist. No, it can't. You're a fucking retard. And the future of democracy and the global economy depends on it. Now, we don't need you to do anything. Uh, we're going to win. Uh, you can't stop the free flow of information. And you can't stop people from saying nigger and faggot or criticizing the Jews. Okay? That's how it goes. People are going to do whatever the fuck they want. By the way, there's a new Wrong Think documentary. I forget the name of it. And the only reason that this was put on my radar is because uh, the EU has deemed it illegal. Uh, yes, it's about Jews, of course. And... Um, it, uh, what the hell is it called? It's it's something about Europe. And uh, anyway, um, if you are uh, a person that subscribes to Gab, you've probably seen it in the newsletter that Torba sends out. Um, the EU contacted Gab and demanded that they remove the documentary. And Torba told them, well, he didn't tell them to go fuck themselves because that's not his style. His style is to say Christ is king. That's his version of go fuck yourself. <clears throat> At least that's how I view it. I don't. I know he doesn't view it like that. But basically, he's like, no, we're not doing that. Christ is king. That's it. So he's not going to remove it. Um, I checked Twitter. It's available on Twitter. I I'm interested to see what Twitter does. But apparently, this documentary is really pissing off the EU. And the EU has deemed it illegal. So if you like to watch what they tell you not to watch, look into this documentary. Um it's called, uh, what the hell is it called? Your, I forget, I'll have to find out the name. But it's, all you do is just give it the Streisand effect. Anyway, EU votes on a resolution to list hate speech as a crime. Oh my God. As part of the growing support for censorship within the EU, the EU parliament has cast their votes for a resolution regarding making so-called hate speech a crime throughout the union. The decision which critics have likened to Orwell's Big Brother is set to redefine the landscape of freedom of speech within the EU. The move has garnered substantial attention due to its potential impact on individual liberties. Critics argue this could lead to overreach and support of free speech, yeah, or suppression of free speech, of course. Yet the par EU Parliament remains firm in its stance, asserting that this radical change is a crucial step in combating hate and is plowing ahead. Before the resolution, uh, Spain... Uh, the Spain faggot said, uh, the current EU legal framework only covers hate speech and hate crimes on some bases, but there's no common comprehensive legal definition at union level. With new social dynamics, the normalization of hate evolves very quickly, and we must protect ourselves as a society and protect people who are attacked, persecuted, and harassed. <laughs> Radical networks and extreme polarization are a favorable environment for increasing these behaviors that violate fundamental rights. Within this report, we ask the council to give the green light to legislate against hate crime and hate speeches in European terms, always in accordance with the principle of proportionality and guaranteeing freedom of expression for its citizens. Fuck you, bitch. So there we go. That's going to be crazy if they are able to uh, get away with that. Fucking ridiculous. All right, let's get to some videos here. I'm going to start with uh, TYT demonizing uh, Trump supporters. Now, this woman used to like Obama, but now she's a Trump person. 
let's have a look to see what's going on here. I have not always been a Republican. I was a huge Obama fan in 2008. I actually didn't vote in 2012 because I didn't know who to, I just, I didn't really like either candidate, so I didn't vote in 2012. But yes, I, I caucused for Obama back in 2008, wow. right out of grad school. So I was a huge, huge Democrat right out of college. Where did they lose you? Honestly, um, when I went out in the real world and I had to pay my own taxes, I saw how the real world worked. I had a master's degree and I had to pay into my taxes. And the first time I thought, this is crazy. I could literally live off of food stamps right now, but I'm going to be paying into taxes. And I didn't know where that money was going to come from. I thought there was something wrong with that. So that caused me to look deeper into that. Could the Democrats win you back? Um, you know, probably not at this point. Probably not at this point. Is there anything President Trump could do to lose your support? At this point, no. I'm pretty set. I think most Trump supporters at this point are pretty set. It, but I'm saying, you know, let's say these indictments turn into convictions, which they haven't. He's an innocent man. But let's say they do. Does that impact you at all? Uh, I just, I, I guess it's like a hypothetical question that won't come true. I just don't think that he's guilty of anything. See, this is the thing. They're pretending. Oh, hey, look, brick suit. There's brick suit guy. Um, they're pretending that uh, if he's convicted, that that's going to get him out of this. And uh, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, they have no legitimacy. And the people that support Trump understand that key point, that these people have no legitimacy. So a guilty verdict from an illegitimate regime, an illegitimate system, means nothing. It's a badge of honor. If Donald Trump loses in November, what does that mean for the country? I really feel like if Donald Trump loses, we're going to be run by more globalists that don't have America's best interests at heart. And I think that's what a lot of Trump supporters are scared of. And that's why a lot of people came out tonight and supported him. So that's what I, that's what I think most Americans, not just me, but most Americans are scared of. Make America great again. It's his, been his mantra since he's run in 2015. What does that mean? What is again? When was America great? Well, that question right there says everything that I need to know about about you, that you don't really think America was ever great at any time. I think America was great. The spirit, the whole purpose for America was about the American spirit, coming here and making something for yourself and having the opportunity to do that for yourself, to work hard. And that's what America is all about. So the people that hate America will always say, well, when was it ever great? It's just not a very good attitude to have, in my opinion. I and mean, when was that lost, in, in your estimation? Um, I think a lot of it was lost when the Federal Reserve took over oh. the money system. She can stay the weekend. Uh, we need to go back to a gold and silver-backed system Here where currency is, is, it counts. If you could talk to President Biden for a minute, and he was standing right here, what would you tell President Biden? I would ask him, I would ask him a lot of questions. I think, I think a lot of Americans have a lot of questions for him. I got nothing to say to that motherfucker. He can't even say, he can't even comprehend what you're saying. The guy's gone. I got nothing to say to him. Where to start. Um, What's the first you're one? You're just staring at me so much. Well, I'm just waiting for you to give just one, one question of the, of the lot. All right, now we have, will Ass Willis's alleged relationship blow up the Trump case? Uh-oh. 
the law of disqualification in Georgia does not require either of them to step aside. It's not a disqualifying event for two prosecutors to have a relationship. Allegations of corrupt- Oh, look at this, Norm Eisen. Hold on a second, that's Norm Eisen. What did Norm Eisen say? Hold on. Vacation in Georgia does not require uh, either of them to step aside. It's not a disqualifying event oh, for- Oh, it's okay. Norm Eisen says it's okay. Isn't that amazing? Two prosecutors to have a relationship. Allegations of corruption and conflicts of interest are swirling around about Fonnie Willis and her prosecutorial team as the Georgia election interference case against Donald Trump and his co-conspirators heats up. Now there are rumors that Willis had an improper relationship with Nathan Wade, the chief prosecutor of the case, and that she accompanied him on two out of state trips. In fact, some of these trips included out of country, tropical vacation trips. So what exactly are the allegations and how would they impact the overall Georgia election case against Donald Trump? Well, Mike Roman, a Trump co-defendant alleged in a court filing nearly two weeks ago that Willis and Chief Prosecutor Nathan Wade have been in an improper clandestine personal relationship and that Willis may have broken the law by hiring Wade as a special prosecutor and then allowing him to pay for vacations across the world with her unrelated to the work on the case. Now Roman unsurprisingly called for the prosecutors to be disqualified and for the charges against him to be dropped. That is unlikely going to happen, I mean the charges being dropped. But there will be a hearing to decide what the fate of Fonnie Willis will be as a result of some of this information that's been coming out. Lawyers for Wade's estranged wife filed a motion in their divorce case that included credit card statements that appeared to show Wade had purchased airline tickets for himself and Willis to Aruba and San Francisco. It's unknown whether Willis paid him back. And Willis alleged in a motion to basically squash a subpoena seeking to dispose, uh, depose her in Wade's you know, divorce case that Wade's estranged wife, her name is Jocelyn Mayfield Wade, was colluding with those who are seeking to basically disrupt this case against Donald Trump and the co-conspirators. On Friday, Georgia GOP Chairman Josh McCoon circulated a 2020 video of Willis saying that she would fire any employee who sleeps with a coworker and promising not to date people that work oh, under me. Of course, but see, that's it's all okay still. And there are other issues too, including Wade's lack of prosecutorial experience in the type of case that he's the lead prosecutor of, you know, namely the Georgia election interference case. And then there's also some issues in regard to how much Wade has basically billed for his services compared to other prosecutors in that case. And here's some more details on that. Now, Mr. Wade, as you said, his primary area of practice was personal injury law. Not, in my view, qualified to handle a major complicated racketeering case. Nonetheless, he's been hired along with two other lawyers from the outside to come in and help the DA. Nothing wrong with that. But if you look at the amount of money they've been paid and they've billed, Mr. Wade has billed $650,000 plus dollars. The others have billed $70,000 and $90,000. So there's a question of, is he working nine times as much as the other Folks, the other big problem though is there's clearly a relationship of some nature, we don't know exactly, between the DA 
and Mr. Wade, and some of that money is being used on travel that the DA is accompanying him on. So some of the money that the DA's office is paying out to Mr. Wade is now being used for personal purposes for the DA. So there's a real potential conflict of interest there. Really important to keep in mind, we have a hearing in that case set for February 15th. So we'll get more information then, but at a minimum, it looks terrible and it raises legitimate questions about the DA. So in summary, the argument, Jenk, is that she is having an improper relationship with Nathan Wade. She then hires him to be the lead prosecutor on this case. He proceeds to bill $650,000 as he works on this case, which is far more than the other prosecutors working on it. And then the allegation is that some of that money was then used to go on trips with Fonnie Willis. That is what they're alleging. Obviously, more information needs to come out and an investigation needs to happen. But what are your thoughts on all of this, especially if they end up being true? Yeah, so first of all, improper relationship in the office. Look, that's not my business. It's a guys. Uh, it's no none of our business. It's totally fine, and it's totally fine that they're giving them all this money, and that they're taking trips with it. It's fine. Donald Trump is the orange bad man. Normally, a local issue, a small issue, etc., depends on a million different pieces of context. But in this case, uh, there is something that I am concerned about, which is. Okay, it's one thing if you have a relationship with someone at the office. It's another thing if you're having a relationship with someone outside the office and then you hire them mm -hmm. and you send $695,000 of state taxpayer money to them, then we've got a significant issue. Okay, really significant issue. Now, having said that, this is really important, guys, because the lack of logic drives me nuts. So they're like, oh, Fonnie Willis might be doing something inappropriate. That's why Trump is innocent. Yeah. What? No, it doesn't have anything to do with Trump's case. Whether Trump is innocent or guilty has nothing to do with whether she's using taxpayer money to take vacations to Aruba, right? That's a different problem. And if you say, hey, we should look into that and hold her accountable, I totally agree. Hey, by the way, Maga, you see how that's how it works if you're not a oh, hypocrite. Yeah. Oh, you say, oh, she's that's on my how it works, baboon. I see. My side, but I want to hold her accountable. Yeah. He's not on my side. Mm -hmm. I want to hold him accountable. Mm -hmm. That's called being consistent. You might want to you look are into not consistent ever. You're a nonstop baboon liar. Do it. But Jake, like the thing that I'm even more bothered by. Okay, what you just mentioned is something we should be concerned with 100%. But the thing that I'm most bothered by is that it appears that she hired him as the lead prosecutor, knowing that he has expertise as a personal injury attorney, but doesn't have expertise in prosecuting the type of case that they're trying Donald Trump on. Yeah, look, and that's guys, like so unbelievably irresponsible. So I, I wasn't trying to judge that too much because you, sometimes you never know the details. Maybe he had some background. Oh, yeah. But now that the, all the details have come out, no, you don't hire a personal injury lawyer to prosecute the former president of the United States on one of the most important cases in the country. And it's, it's an historic case, a personal injury lawyer. Look, guys, I'm not dissing personal injury lawyers. It just it's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. So it's like hiring a sports agent or something. What, you know, he's technically he's a lawyer. Yeah, technically, but why are you hiring him instead of a prosecutor with expertise on in this? 
So no, it doesn't make any sense. And so, remember, the, the Georgia yeah. case is incredibly important because should Donald Trump get elected, which there's a good chance that he will get elected, he would be able to pardon himself in the federal cases, but he would not be able to do so when it comes to a state case, meaning the Georgia election interference case. No, I'm now, the more we talk about it, Anna, the more angry I get at her. Like, what are you doing endangering potentially the most important case in the country because of a personal relationship? Are you nuts? And did you not think that it was gonna get revealed? Look, she hasn't said anything about it. She hasn't even denied it yet. That means she definitely did it. This Let's is, keep yes. it real. And these rumors started okay. swirling weeks ago and she has not denied it. She hasn't even directly addressed it. She indirectly addressed it. And I wanted to give you some information about that because those close to her, her allies uh, by are- By the way, Trump unsurprisingly won, won the New Hampshire primary. Pretty irritated with the way she's handled this. So Haley congratulated him, but I don't believe she's conceded yet. Several Willis allies have I mean, said private- like bowed out of the whole primary. Lee, they were disappointed with her remarks last out. weekend at a historically black church in Atlanta, in which she described herself as flawed and imperfect, but did not directly address the allegations. She defended her decision to hire Wade, calling him a superstar with impeccable credentials. Some have also criticized Willis's claim during that speech that race is the motivating factor behind the attacks against her or the no, allegations no, against her. No, so no. they were disappointed with that response as well. But again, like, it does, oh sure, it brings up some ethical concerns, especially when it comes to the amount of money that was billed. But I just wanna reiterate that the most concerning part is that you have someone who's not experienced in RICO cases, trying Donald Trump in one of the most historic and important election interference cases, certainly in American history. And so this does serve, and the other concern, Jenk, is that this is gonna serve as a distraction, right? Of course uh, conservative, it is. Conservative media is covering this wall to wall coverage. And so a longtime ally of Fonnie Willis says that, you know, maybe there needs to be some recusals here. So let's take a look at what he has to say about this. The challenge with Mr. Wade remaining on this case is that it's become a distraction from what is one of the most serious alleged conspiracies. By the way, he's one of the people behind this. Norm Eisen is behind a lot of these gay ops and then they bring him on and they act like he's an independent voice. In American history. He's probably the number one gay operator. The number one, he's probably the number one. Poppy, we all heard that January mm -hmm. 2nd, 2021 tape when Donald Trump said to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, just find 11,780 votes. Not what he said, you fucking rat. That didn't exist. That's where the focus needs to be. We need to get the case on track, moving quickly. Well, if Eisen says uh, that he should uh, recuse himself, then he's gone. A trial. She's going to still be there, I bet. Well, it has been requested for 2024 uh, and not discussing yeah. this relationship. Not mandatory, but he should do well, the right thing. So okay. he's, well, he's going to do that. If Norm Eisen tells you to recuse, you're going to recuse, I bet. We'll see. I could be wrong.
calling for Wade to step down from the case. Notably, he... They think if Wade steps down, that that's going to quiet all this. I doubt that'll work, but we'll see. He did not call for the same thing for Fonnie Willis. Exactly. Uh, but I do think that's the right thing to do. I mean, in the very least, I think Wade should step down from this Yeah, case. I don't know that she can even step down from it because I, I right. have to look into that because she has an elected position. Uh, but for him, it's a no-brainer. Look, there's two things that are no-brainers. One is... Wade should recuse himself instantly. What are you doing? What are you mucking up the case for? Yeah, I know it's irrational to say, hey, uh, we got an issue of uh, potentially corruption here. Uh, but is it, it doesn't have anything to do with, by the way, not only does it not have anything to do with Trump's case, it also doesn't have anything to do with any other case. Like if Fonnie Willis was using him on a murder case, should we just let the guy go, even though he's a murderer? Because they were having an affair, it doesn't make any sense, right? But is it confusing people and, and endangering the case regardless? Yes. Should he recuse, recuse himself? Of course. And second of all, when you use charges of racism when they don't apply, mm -hmm. it, you do great damage. Oh, really? Uh, really? Oh, isn't that interesting? To the cause of fighting real racism. Oh, no way. Tell me more, Cantano. And you're incredibly selfish about it. Mm. So I have no sympathy. One of the biggest race grifters in YouTube history is now talking about the importance of not accusing people of racism willy nilly. <laughs> For you, okay? So going out there like, oh yeah, just because I'm sleeping with this guy and funnels $700,000 of taxpayer money to him. Oh, now it's because I'm black. Get out of here, man. That's nonsense. Total nonsense. So we've been trying to fight racism here for all these years. And anytime these selfish people come by that are almost always powerful people, mm -hmm. when they're called out on their wrongdoing, oh, what can I hide behind? No, I have no tolerance for it. Oh, you have a lot of tolerance for it, you fucking hypocrite. All right, here is them covering uh, Meatball Ron dropping out. Following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on I'll the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will remain just that, a governor. He announced that he is in fact dropping out of the Republican presidential primary. And he did so by posting the message on social media, X to be specific. So let's take a look at that post where he quotes Winston Churchill, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. The only problem is that wasn't actually a quote from Winston Churchill. A little bit of a side note here, a little bit of a tangent, Cenk. Um, yeah. It was from a Budweiser ad from 1938. <laughs> okay, so I hope it wasn't from a Bud Light ad. That would be really problematic. And second, I don't think that's the only problem though. There's a second problem. Uh, the, the courage to continue that counts as he's ending his campaign. Right. This is like Trump's never surrender shirt where he had the mugshot of him surrendering to authorities. Also, Ron DeSantis's pack was called Never Back Down. Okay, but look, I think he did the right thing. I, I, I didn't see a path forward for Ron DeSantis in this primary. He was flailing, his campaign wasn't doing so well. Nikki Haley is experiencing a surge, which is precisely the reason why Donald Trump has directed his ire toward her now. And we've got a lot to talk about in that regard later on in the show. But he did what he needed to do, just yeah. don't 
you know, include your dropout message with you know courage to continue that counts because you're not continuing. You're dropping you're, out of the race. That's the right thing to the, do. You're literally doing the exact opposite. Yeah. You're dropping out and saying, I am no longer continuing. Words have no meaning anymore. But I agree with Anna. He was going to get humiliated in New Hampshire, so that's why he started canceling interviews and panicking, etc. You don't want to come in at four percent or something. That's um, so. That's why he got the hell out. He's trying to preserve his chances for a later run or a cabinet position, etc. Exactly. So, um, just to give you some of the digging that Midas Touch did in order to figure out where that quote was actually from, it wasn't from Winston, Winston Churchill. It was actually from a Budweiser ad in 1938. Let's take a look at the ad that they found. So, the copy of the 1938 ad reads as follows Men with the spirit of youth pioneered our America, men with the vision and sturdy confidence. They found found contentment in the thrill of action, knowing that success was never final and failure never fatal. It was courage that counted. Isn't opportunity in America today greater than it was in the days of our grateful forefathers? Anyway, whatever, let's get back to DeSantis. I don't know why he decided to use that quote, but nonetheless. It's it's not a bad quote, it just doesn't make any sense in this context and Churchill didn't say it, right, that's all. Exactly. So. Um, he did make an endorsement in his announcement video. So let's take a quick look at that and then we'll discuss the reactions to it. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear. And Trump thanked him the only way Donald Trump knows how. Okay. He just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> now Trump did mildly dunk on DeSantis one more time following DeSantis's announcement. Let's take a look at that. But I was disappointed when they asked him whether or not he'd run, and he said, I have no comment. Because to me, when you say no comment, that means you're running. Mm -hmm. And we took it, I think I took it quite seriously. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter now because he got out. Is there a possible of the joining of forces? Well, it's probably unlikely, but you know, I have to be honest, everything's a possibility, but I think it's highly unlikely. I have a lot of great people, and I have great people that have been with me right from the beginning. Highly unlikely. I would be shocked if Donald Trump chose Ron DeSantis for a cabinet position. I could be wrong. I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But harder dunking actually came from the Miami Herald. Their editorial board obviously decided to comment on DeSantis's decision to step down from this race. And they write, it's not just that he was steamrolled by Donald Trump. DeSantis never appeared to want to save the GOP. He was more interested in making it a more uh, ravenous, angrier, and intolerant party. That worked for Trump, but didn't work for the governor with all the charisma of burned toast. The newspaper also said that DeSantis could have made a play for, you know, like a more reasonable uh, Republican, a moderate Republican. Instead, he banked on exploiting divisions in our country. As he bows out, DeSantis leaves the Republican Party exactly as he found it under Trump's dominance. And so I, I really do think that. His supporters are going to rally behind Donald Trump because just think about how DeSantis ran his campaign. He really positioned himself, much like Ramaswamy, as like Trump light. 
And why would anyone vote for Trump light when they can just vote for Trump? So those who bought into the DeSantis message, those who rallied behind him, are, in my opinion, are likely gonna consolidate their support behind Donald Trump. Yeah, so first, a little bit of credit to Donald Trump, which doesn't happen often for me on this show. No one cares, who cares if you give anyone credit? You have no credibility. Uh, he's transactional in a way that is, um, and <laughs> it might be the first time I've ever used this word in regards to Donald Trump, logical. Uh, because he'll beat the crap out of anyone who opposes him. And if you're playing hardball politics, that is rational. That's what you should do. Democrats say, don't, 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 don't ever attack your opponents. That's nonsense, that's insanity. Politics is all about uh, uplifting your message and attacking your opponents. So he is right about that. When So when he pulverized Ron DeSantis, that's logical. And then, but as soon as they, uh, get down on their hands and knees and start polishing his boots. He goes back to, you're okay, you're yeah, back in. Nikki Haley is not uh, stopping. She says, this race is far from over. So the gay op is afoot, um, but at least the silver lining, it will allow me to work on my uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm a black man outreach program because she claims to be a person of color. And if she's a person of color, because she's a passing white woman, if she's a person of color, then I'm a black man. So here we go. Okay, so now Ron DeSanctimonious is retired uh, as a name. You gotta uh, you say know, it correctly. This retired. Uh, retired. <laughs> Ron DeSanctis. Uh, so, okay, so cabinet or not, it doesn't matter. As long as Ron's a good boy going forward, he'll get pats on the head. Oh, he'll be a good and boy. And so Donald Trump has done this hundreds of times with people like Lindsey Graham. You know, Lindsey Graham says terrible things, he slaps him around a little bit. Lindsey Graham gets on his hands and knees and he goes, good boy, good boy. And every once in a while he'll say something demeaning about him, just so everybody knows who's the boss, oh right? God. Yes, you're but right. So Ron DeSantis has that to look forward to. Hope your tongue is ready for how often you're gonna have to use it on Donald Trump's boots. So that's the future he has to look forward to. That sounds amazing. Now. Uh, I thought that, uh, but I'm not a hypocrite, and I and I don't want to play Monday morning quarterback in hindsight's 2020. I thought Ron DeSantis should run, mm -hmm. and so Same, yes. yeah, yep. and and the, and I thought he was going to use the strategy of Donald Trump's a loser because remember at that time they had just gotten much worse results in the 2020. He did do that. You're an idiot. How did you not know that? That's what he did, and that was a big mistake because then you're telling Trump supporters the election was le legitimate. Well, those, you need those people to vote for you. Lying to their face, that's not gonna help you. Two elections than they had expected, the Republicans. And it was because Donald Trump had picked a bunch of lunatics to run in races and they all lost, right? So you could have concentrated on, listen, whether you like Donald Trump or not, all he does is lead to electoral losses. He lost to Joe Biden, come on, right? Mm -hmm. But. DeSantis didn't do that, which would have been the logical and smart thing to he do. He flirted with that in yeah. the beginning, but but he ran off away from it right right away for two reasons. One is something that no one's talking about. I'm going to get to in a sec. But the first one was um, just that he didn't pick a lane. He he wanted to have his MAGA cake and eat it too, right? So he wanted to be able to say, "Oh, Donald Trump is the greatest guy on earth," but I'm a little younger. I'm a little this. I'm a little that. And whereas Nikki Haley picked a lane, she's like, I'm the establishment Republican. I'll do whatever the corporate donors want. Donors come to me, I'll pleasure you all day long. And 
and, and I mean, you know, politically, etc., and financially, eventually, if she wins. And so she picked a lane, and so that that was logical. So now you got the two people in the two lanes: the populist MAGA lane and the establishment Republican lane. And and DeSantis got caught in the middle of the road and run over. But the part no one's talking about is how much Joe Biden helped Donald Trump defeat Ron DeSantis. Why? Because the best argument that anybody could make against Trump is he's a natural born loser. He lost to Joe Biden, which could resonate with Republicans. Like, yeah, how did he lose to Joe Biden? You know, that's unbelievable. He's lost all these. Again, you are the level of retardation that you are running at. That you, first of all, they, DeSantis did do that. So you're not even paying attention to the basics that you think that there is any chance that Trump's voters would accept that narrative, it, you're insane. You're just, again, zero political acumen. Zero. These races that he endorsed in, etc. But the problem is you can't make that argument when he's beating Joe Biden. And right now, he's the new poll came out today, he's beating him by five points. So Joe Biden, by being such a pathetically weak candidate, cost the other Republicans an ability to beat Trump in the primary by taking away their number. Total bullshit. Total bullshit. One argument, which is that Trump can't win because Trump's in the middle of winning right now. Yeah, that is a good point. That's I think it's not a good point at all. There are other factors as well. Yeah. I mean, everyone was pretty much obsessed with the lack of charisma that we saw from DeSantis on the campaign trail, his social awkwardness, his performance on the debate stage where he seemed physically uncomfortable, grinding his teeth, blinking his eyes, licking his lips. It was very strange. And Again, I can't emphasize this enough, and we have the same critique of, of Democrats who try to run as Republican light in various districts and lose to the Republican candidate. In the case of Ron DeSantis, you're not gonna out MAGA the founder of MAGA, right? So he did pick a lane, and it was a bad lane, because if you're gonna try to mimic Donald Trump, you're gonna fail. And so not only did Nikki Haley pick a lane, I think she picked a lane that really did differentiate herself from Donald Trump. But ultimately, I don't think that it's gonna bode well for Nikki Haley either. Yes, she's providing an alternative to the MAGA version of the Republican Party. But I do feel that the Republican voting base has kind of moved on from the traditional conservative Republican. Yeah, look, Anna, that's always what we've thought. Yeah. And so Trump is very likely to win, and when he does, though we're gonna get clarity. So I don't wanna hear any nonsense from stupid ass pundits and stupid ass Democrats going around saying, "Oh no, the Republicans, they're gonna wake up one day. This is what Biden says all the time and Pelosi says, they're gonna wake up one day and they're gonna go back to being super reasonable moderates. No, they're not, or maybe they are. It's now or never though, because if they don't go in Nikki Haley's direction, it's over. They're MAGA. So you're an extremist if you don't vote for Nikki Haley. Populist to the end, right? And so, but having said all that, the only way to win was Nikki Haley's path. So the other path of trying to be Trump light is dumb. Mm -hmm. Anna, you nailed it. That's a perfect analogy is Democrats trying to be Republican light. It never works, never. So the only shot is Nikki Haley, and she'll probably lose because, yeah, the Republican Party is about 93% MAGA. All right, let me uh, read some of these super chats. Uh, and so uh, before we do that, I will mention again, YouTube has obliterated, uh, destroyed, banned the soft gentleman's YouTube channel. The entire channel's gone. 
first it was the monetization now the entire channel has been completely taken down um probably doesn't bode well for my channel uh, on youtube so if you watch on youtube definitely bookmark one of the alternatives and uh, like i said i will post the uh, link tree uh, shortly also um you can go to rumble and they're all in the description rumble.com slash user slash hard news network um, part of the issue with YouTube doing this is obviously the soft gentleman's bathhouse. The membership option was like 25% or so of our um, uh, monthly income. And so we've lost that. So we're trying to rebuild the soft gentleman's bathhouse. So on the bottom left of the screen, you can see we're now 14. We've, we have uh, 14 people that have signed up. Thank you to all the people that have signed up. So we're trying to get to 50. So we're 14 out of 50. As people sign up, I, I manually uh, update the number. So if you sign up, you might not see the number change immediately. Um, but uh, you can sign up on Subscribestar, uh, subscribestar.com slash hard dash bastard. You can also go to Rumble and click the red subscribe button. Also, thank you, uh, Linda Hunter and Lovecraft for subscribing on Subscribestar. Sincerely uh, appreciate that. Uh, also, you can download the book that my homosexual left-wing Democrat brother wrote. Uh, it's a guide. Uh, uh, what a bigot would say. Uh, you can download that. You can go to Rumble and uh, click the description. It's about the fifth or so one down. You can also download the guide that I wrote about different propaganda tactics that the corporate media uses. And, um, and uh, okay, yeah, so let me uh, read these. Uh, some guy says, I spent a month in Serbia and Macedonia in 2023, met four people who worked in the U.S. illegally. They flew over and overstayed the visas. Uh, it was easy for them. The people flying to Mexico and sneaking in aren't just coming to work. They're up to something. Yeah, I fear they are. I fear they are. Not good. Not good at all. Anna Kasparian says, hey guys, this is Anna. I think Chuck is starting to pick up on the fact that I hate his guts and I'm looking for another job. The only problem is no one else wants to hire me. I have to play it cool, but Chunk is driving me absolutely mad. Just the other day, Chunk was telling me about his idea for the Man Horse Love Association. I couldn't hide my disgust, and he picked up on it. Chunk cornered me in the studio, fuming and red in the face, and he said, Well, you support the LGBTQ. Why won't you support my right to have sex with a horse? I nearly screamed. Then yesterday, Chunk showed up in the studio wearing a shirt under his sports jacket that read, My Barn, My Choice. Oh, man. That's a hell of a slogan right there. I told him he couldn't go on air wearing that shirt, and we had a huge fight. This can't go on much longer. I'm going to lose my mind. All right, there you go, Anna Kasparian. Just uh, having a rough time with Chank Uger. And it uh, looks like Chank is starting to get into horse-fucking advocacy. advocacy. Horse fucking advocacy. Oh, man. Not surprised. My barn, my choice. Well, there you go. Chank Uger. Something like that has got to be true. Cobra says, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I believe we're coming to the biggest crossroads of human history where a lot of people will be exposed. When Saudi Arabia, along with the majority of the world backing it, proposes this ultimate peace plan to Israel shit, uh, shit will hit the fan. This plan will ultimately promise peace for Israeli citizens along with Palestinians, but it will derail the greater Israel project for good. Israel will not go along with it because it will destroy Zionism. 
U.S. government is the only one who will back Israel, and uh, we will both be exposed to the entire globe as hypocrites. This will push us into an ultimate war and have the entire globe turn against us. We will become the pariah of the world. This is exactly why there's currently a massive uh, censorship starting to take place and why Musk was forced to suck Israel's dick yesterday. Yeah, he is on an Israel dick-sucking tour right now with Ben Shapiro. Israel is panicking over this peace plan and wants to hide it from the public eye as much as possible. Unfortunately for them, their war on Gaza opened up the eyes um, of a lot of people. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, opened up a, a lot of eyes. Yeah, uh, that does seem to be the case. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like it's very possible what you're... I guess predicting or, or thinking uh, might happen. Um, yeah, it, it it really there's a there the level of losing that Israel is doing right now on the world stage is unprecedented. It seems unprecedented. People have had enough. They've had enough. And um, yeah, there's what's weird is there's some people in the Biden regime that uh, are against what Israel's doing. There's like a there's like a tug of war in there. It's really interesting. Now there's a lot of people that are very Zionist. And uh, I would think if I had to guess that they're going to kick all the uh, anti-Zionist people out because there's just, there's been this weird like mixing on the left of like you got some Zionists and then you got some AIDS commie leftists that take the Palestinian side and that's coming to a head. That battle is happening right now. That battle is happening. It is, uh, it's fascinating to watch. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's going to be good. Silky Johnson says, did you see Salty's video about Soros' son who looks like a retard, a pedophile, and that he has AIDS? Post in a tweet in their apparent faggot, esoteric coded way to entice someone to end Trump. I hope it happens to him or the AIDS melt at him like the ark. Uh, yeah, so first of all, Soros' son, I think he's uh, suffering from sodomy brain. Um, he can't really speak coherently, and I think it's because, uh, you know, when, when you let other men fuck you in the ass so much, from what I've read at least, uh, also the soft gentleman has had this happen, uh, apparently it, it, it fucks you up cognitively. So this guy, Alex Soros, gets up uh, on stage at the WEF. He could barely talk. The guy could barely talk. I think it's too much sodomy. That's my guess. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. But I think it's sodomy brain. Um, yeah, there was like a dog whistle for assassination in the Atlantic. Um, was it the Atlantic? I think it was the Atlantic, where they put up 47. Uh, uh, they put like um, a bunch of money that totaled 47. And then the, on the picture next to it was a bullet hole through glass. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's very interesting. Silky Johnson says, Do you see how they're going to play the, and I'm quoting, nigger anthem at the Super Bowl HB? You know, they'll play it before the real national anthem. Be great if someone played footage of Nox chipping out over the anthem and they airdrop fried chicken and King Cobra. Yeah, it, it, totally insane and ridiculous. Um, this, uh, the black national anthem. They're deliberately trying to divide people. They're deliberately trying to divide the, the, the country. And uh, there's one national anthem, and this is fucking retarded bullshit. This is retarded bullshit.
But yeah, they're going to do it. So Johnson says, you see Crowder's video today? I did. About an email tied to horrific CP websites that allegedly belongs to some BlackRock whore. A normal person would wonder how that happened. This bitch called her a lawyer and threatened to sue, and of course, no evidence at all. Yeah, the reaction from her and the lawyer were very suspicious and makes me think that there's a good chance that they're guilty. And credit to Crowther for uh, not backing down. And, and you know, this, is, this could be something. And, and you'll really know whether this bitch is guilty if the media starts going off and acting like, how dare you, oh, then... Because, you know, a normal person would say, all right, we have to get to the bottom of this, right? Got to get to the bottom of it. That's the normal reaction. The reaction of demonizing Steven Crowder and... I mean, the lawyer lied immediately. He was like, anyone can sign up for this. And, uh, and, then, he, and then someone did right after the lawyer found out. So people hopefully will get to the bottom of that as well. Very interesting. So, uh, so he says, I hope Texas ignores the ruling. So far it is. It's a, it's, it has a duty to protect the borders and its citizens from animals. Someone has, um, has to when the Fed fails to do so. I hope MAGA people get in and impeach the shit justices, Barrett, Roberts, the pro-pedo nog, all the AIDS commies. There's going to be a lot to do. There's going to be a lot to do if Trump gets in. Chunk Uger says, hey, everybody, this is Chunk Uger. I wanted to open up to you guys because I'm starting to worry that Anna is losing respect for me. Well, that, I, I, you know, something, uh, something tells me that she is, Chunk. Chunk, just, just a hunch. Can you believe it? Like when I announced I was running for president, I could swear that Anna was giving me the side eye. It's like she wasn't uh, taking me seriously. Or the other day, when I was telling Anna about my idea for the Man Horse Love Association, and Anna kept throwing her hands in the air and yelling, Oh my God, oh God. Well, what's the big deal? I don't get it. I have defended their LGBTQ agenda for years, but I'm not allowed to fuck a chicken or a horse? How is that fair? Yeah, well, Chank, uh, it doesn't seem to be, at least for you, that doesn't seem to be fair, but... Uh, you can't, you can't fuck chickens or horses, Chank. Not in America. Maybe you should go back to Turkey. Maybe they do that in Turkey. I don't really know what they do in Turkey. If you said they fuck goats in Turkey, would I be surprised? Not really. But, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe they don't do that. All right. Well, there you go. Chank Uger and Anna Kasparian having a lot of discord here uh, over Chank's, uh, Chank wanting to start a, a non-profit, the... Uh, Man Horse Love Association, or uh, or like it's the horse version of Nambla. Oh, hold on a second. So this was a continuation. All right, let me go back here. So yeah, Cobra, he said, unfortunately for them and their war on Gaza opened up the eyes of a lot more people. And unless they completely shut down the internet, they will lose this battle. And the U.S. is on its last leg because we're attached to the Jewish dick with our mouth. We are fucked. P.S. What the fuck is wrong with Streamlabs? It works like shit. Yeah, it seems to, like, put in uh, uh, submissions out of order. Sometimes delays them by, like, 10, 20 minutes. Not good. Not good. <clears throat> uh, but thank you. I got that. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're in a pickle. Uh, you know, an easy way out of this, I guess, would be to stop sucking Israel's dick. Who knew it would be that hard? Man. 
Well, hopefully they do stop sucking Israel's dick, but uh, it's not looking not looking good. YGGS Gallus says, TYT are either stupid or liars. Obviously, ass Willis's corruption could mean that the, enti the entire case is BS. Because uh, she now has a financial motive to charge Trump, evidenced by all the money she's funneling through her nasty Moulinian lover. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. These people, they, they are, you know what they're doing? They're doing the Hillary Clinton defense, right? So w when they defend Hillary Clinton, they claim they're not defending Hillary Clinton, and, but they actually do, and it's the same thing here. Um, so they'll give you something real small, but then defend the indefensible. So in this instance, it's, well, Wade has to, Wade is the one, he's the bad guy, he needs to leave the case. But then they're gonna act like, yeah, Fannie Willis didn't do anything wrong. And, and then they'll tell you they're being fair. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, very good. All right, so let's get, oh, actually, hold on a second. Let me go to Entropy, and then we'll uh, watch a couple more videos, and then we'll get into the breaking news submissions. One moment. All right, we have um, PF, first three minutes, 50,000 for an angry normie to support Biden. How much is Pat Manga? Oh, this is, okay, yeah, let me, uh, let me come back to that. Um, apparently, uh, Biden was getting a lot of hecklers. Yitakami says, fuck YouTube. Yeah, thank you, Yitakami, by the way. Very generous of you. Sincerely appreciate that. Yeah, YouTube nuking the soft gentleman before my channel. Isn't that wild? That's, uh, that's a hell of a thing right there. That is a hell of a thing. And uh, I, it just makes me wonder if the soft gentleman couldn't make it, they're going to fucking, they're going to, this election season will likely be like nothing else. It's really a hell of a thing. All right, let's uh, do a couple more uh, videos and then we'll get into this breaking news. So here is the tried and true bullshit tactic that David Pakman and others use, where you have a couple people like going to take a piss and they're like, oh, the crowd is leaving. Trump's done. No one wants to hear him talk. We're really in the final moments before the New Hampshire primary. We've looked at Nikki Haley events. We have looked at Ron DeSantis events. There is one more Trump event I want to take a quick look at. And again, it's getting very sad. Donald yes, Trump. It's very getting very sad. He's not popular at all. After his disastrous rally in Concord, New Hampshire, Friday. So, again, there was no disastrous rally. How was the rally disastrous? where he confused Nancy Pelosi oh, and Nikki Haley yeah. and seemed to enter a visibly disturbed and confused fugue state. He gave a rally Again, totally made up in Manchester, New Hampshire, and it really wasn't much better. People leaving, just leaving, which will. So again, totally making up bullshit that uh, Trump is so crazy that people are leaving. See in a moment as Trump. He's even been called out by propagandist Sitchin Adam. Now they have no room to talk. They they employ almost the same tactics as David Pakman. So you know I I, I think that's they should just uh, stick to their propaganda, uh, stop pretending. But anyway, whatever they they are correct that Pakman is full of shit. But they are also full of shit. Made mistake after mistake. Here he is talking about foreign dignities rather than foreign dignitaries. Oh, this well, is declining go. as fast. So if you say dignities, you're mentally ill as anybody could have imagined. Capital and the safest capital anywhere in the world. No, but can you imagine you're a foreign dignity and you're coming into the United States? 
Imagine being a foreign dignity. That is really something tough for so many of us to imagine. Maybe the most confused moment from the rally that made the most headlines was when Donald Trump repeatedly seemed unable to say the word climate. He looks confused. The people yeah. on the stage behind him seem equally confused. It's really getting sad. And by the way, they don't work well in cold weather and they don't go far. That's true. They don't go far, but it's certainly not uh, great for your climb, your climb. They call it climate. Well That's that confused shoulder thing where he doesn't even know what he's saying. It is uh, he's talking about alternative energy solutions that don't work. Not voting particularly well to have this guy president once again, uh, Donald Trump uh, speaking and people just leaving. Right. If you're looking for a sign that it's not looking good in New Hampshire, like you look at the polling, the polling looks fine. He's almost certainly going to win if you look at the polling. If you're looking for a sign that it's not looking so good, it would be people just walking out while he's talking. Take a look at this. And if you're just listening, people are heading for the exits as Trump delivers these lines. 100. You know why? They looked at the polls and they did. So a family left decided we're not going to play there. <laughs> so there you go. A family has left. If you've ever been to a public event, there's people coming and going all the time. Sometimes people go to take a piss. Sometimes people leave events early to beat traffic. And uh, the idea that these four people leaving is evidence of something and but you should ignore the polling. It's just desperate propaganda, desperate propaganda. So next week is Nevada, a great state and uh, the sanctimony is just an so four people walked out into the corridor. She's pulling out of Nevada. Yeah, um, you know, half empty stadium, which he says is fuller than ever and not even a stadium, more of like, a, I don't even know what to call it. And people are just leaving. So a real conflict of emotions during the speech. You know how Trump likes to play the sad apocalyptic music while it is playing. He acknowledges that the stock market is doing well. There's a real incongruency between the music you're hearing and the things that Donald Trump is telling. We are a nation whose stock market continued success is totally contingent on MAGA winning the next election. <laughs> yes, he can no longer deny that the stock market is doing really, really well. Record highs, all time highs on Friday. As of this moment that we're recording the Dow up another nearly 200 points. So they've given up on the stock market is terrible. Everyone's 401ks are doing fantastically well. IRAs, 403Bs, the whole thing. Now they have to just tell me more about the economy, fag dad, Bob. Justify it by saying it's only doing well because the market expects that I am going to win. And if I don't, then it'll go down. A really ugly moment from the speech. Apparently there was someone heckling, protesting. I don't know what they were doing in the crowd. Trump called for the guy to be thrown out. And if you watch the video, it appears the guy <laughs> This isn't funny, but it's just the world we live in. It appears that the guy was then assaulted by Trump supporters with Trump saying, throw him the hell out of here. Take a look at this. I got who is this? Is he a friend? You can get him out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go ahead. You can throw him out. 
Okay, this is security right here. And then, as you can see, as the guy now walks through, people start taking swings at him, shoving him, assaulting him. I'm sorry. What a some, crowd. Someone huh? took a swing at him? What a. And then, as you can see, as the guy now walks through, people start taking swings at him, shoving who, who, him. Uh, a faggot liar. Uh, where did anyone take a swing? Did you see the swing? I haven't seen a swing. Assaulting him. What a crowd, huh? I saw a middle finger to the face. I saw a middle finger. What a crowd of people. Good. Commies should be escorted out. Escort all commies out. Escort them out. As you can see, the, the, the seats are mostly empty. I mean, yeah, it, it no just, one was there, guys. Just everything about this is so humiliating. Well, now we know that politics is getting serious. So now we know we're getting serious now. He's just a disturbed person. <laughs> if that's the case, why are people beating on the guy, right? And so again, faggot liar, where was anyone beating on him? All you do is make up bullshit. You make up bullshit that people who are propagandists, just like you, call you out. That's how much you are full of shit. And then lastly, Donald Trump addressing the concerns about his cognition, which I mean, listen, forget about everything from the last seven years and the increased confusion, focusing just on this weekend. He tries to say climate and he can't. He calls them foreign dignities. Mm. He says that Nikki Haley, rather than Nancy Pelosi, were yeah. in charge, was in charge of the uh, Capitol security on January 6, 2021. He says it's all a, it's all a joke. It's just sarcasm, guys. Don't you get it? You you don't realize that it's sarcasm. That's the problem. But I don't do it because what they do is if I'm sarcastic or like I, a lot of times I'll say and President Obama is doing a lousy job, meaning that Obama is running the show. They'll right. say, Donald Trump doesn't know who our president is. No, no, because cognitively, you know, I don't know if you saw, but a few months ago, I took a cognitive test. My doctor gave me, I said, this was years ago. It was years ago. It wasn't a few months ago that Trump took a cognitive test. It was years ago that he did it. He how did do it. You know what tests he's taken. I mean, how would you know that? While he was president, it's almost the next term already. His Every time he brags about the cognitive test, yeah, it drives you crazy. We are more concerned because it was years, not months ago. Give me a cognitive test just so we can, you know, because you know what the standards were. And I aced it. I also took one when I was in, but I also took one when I was in the White House. No, I'll let you know when I go. Oh, I guess now he remembers that. Yeah, see, so again, you're just wrong. You're not paying attention to any of the shit you're covering. You're a fucking retard, David. Actually. He it was years ago. So he says, I also took one in the White House. And I really think I'll be able to tell you because someday we go bad. But, you know, I've had and they always say, like, like Haley, she talks about, yeah, we don't need 80 year old. Well, I don't mind being 80, but I'm 77. That's a big difference. <laughs> major, major difference. So listen, I, I don't really understand if the this if this is the track, this, this is the trajectory 
Um, I don't understand what this guy is going to be like come October if he is indeed the nominee. So again, this is clearly counter propaganda to ignore and distract from Biden's rapid decline. There's every indication that he's going to be the nominee. And now that he sees Nikki Haley as the only remaining threat, he is going xenophobic on her. Let's talk Good. about xenophobia that. is awesome. Uh, Trump admits his Nikki Haley nickname is racist. As some of you know, Nikki Haley uh, is of uh, Indian background, and I, I mean Indian from India. And Donald Trump now um, is admitting that his new nickname for her, Nimbra, is based on where she comes from, which is just Trump saying it's a xenophobic nickname. Good. Here is Brett Bayer awesome. interviewing Donald we Trump need, over the weekend we in Bedford, more. New Hampshire, I guess before. I mean, is that not the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons that the West could learn is you needed way more xenophobia. There's nothing wrong with xenophobia. You needed way more of it. Stop being so nice, Westerners. For one of his various events. And uh, here is Donald. And even even the uh, lower third on Fox News says <clears throat> Trump slams Nikki Haley, mocks her Indian name, Nimrata. Take a listen to this. It just felt good to me. And with her, it's just something that came. It's a little bit of a takeoff on her name, you know, her name, wherever she may come from. But uh, it's just <laughs> what a do you mean by that? What do you mean? Uh, it's a little bit of a takeoff. I look at her name. I look at a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of uh, names for people. <laughs> Trump's realizing what he's saying is horribly racist. He's like, well, I noticed that her name is Indian and that is funny to me. So I came up with just a way to make fun of the fact that she's Indian. So now he's like, well, you know, I just I make I make up names and it's just it's a whole great thing. I do. name. I look at a lot of people, you know, I do a lot of uh, names for people like Pocahontas. Yeah, uh, she said my mother said I look like an Indian. So I started calling her Pocahontas. Right. Some people say I'm very good at that. But uh, yeah, some people like to say that uh, this is just Trump admitting he's come up with a xenophobic name for uh, Nikki Haley. And by the way, only faggots give a shit if something is xenophobic. You know, Trump mispronouncing Vivek Ramaswamy's name throughout the entire campaign. If the cir circumstances were reversed and it had been Nikki Haley who dropped out and endorsed Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy, who was threatening Trump in New Hampshire, he would be making fun of Vivek Ramaswamy for having an Indian background. It's, he he doesn't care. This is what he does. It's Pocahontas. It's it's all of it. And here he is very clearly just admitting it. This is what it is. This is why I'm doing it. Uh, and this is what the Republican Party wants, or at least is not dissuaded by. At minimum, we can say they certainly aren't dissuaded by this sort of overt xenophobia. I would love it if Nikki Haley absolutely crushed this guy. I don't vote in the Republican primary and Republicans want Trump over Haley. So that's most likely the outcome we're going to end up with here. All right. Eat shit queer. Moving on. Trump suffers scary cognitive issue. What a joke. Hilarious. I have some of the scariest video of Donald Trump that we have ever seen. This is the scariest video of Donald Trump. Donald Trump suffered a scary cognitive issue deteriorating very quickly during a rally in Concord, New Hampshire. Trump pronouncing it Concord like the, oh, well, there you go. That's uh, he's gone. He said Concord uh, infamous supersonic jet, but it is Concord. Please, sir. Trump, as you can see, soaking wet. He entered so a few. How is he soaking? What? Fugue state. 
Trump rambled about Nikki Haley being responsible for capital security on mm. January 6th. Trump looks confused. The news simply is reporting, oh, Trump mixed up and said Nikki Haley instead of Nancy Pelosi. The truth is, Trump gets that vacant look in his eyes right. where See, he David's a doctor now, Dr. Faggot uh, here to serve, and he's going to give a diagnosis over video. He has these. It, it's almost like Dr. Dr. Seaman here ready to give my uh, analysis. The Breaking Bad fugue state that Walter White faked. He's gone. He's just it's like he's not even there behind his eyes. Nothing he says makes sense. And he talks about how Nikki Haley was responsible for capital security on January 6th, which, of course, she was not. You know, by the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. He, he already realizes he's confused here. OK, you know, they did. You know, they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, what? soldiers, National Guard, so whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. What? I, I'm slowly starting to think he may not have aced that cognitive dementia screening. Yeah, it's tap. all over. Yeah, yeah, it's all over. Trump just confused the entire speech, yelling China and Russia. Russia or China. And she was sitting there like, well, yeah, if you pick up as soon as he said the word and you ignore the sentences before it. What the hell? She didn't. She wasn't. She didn't. I put her in the room. You know, look, one of the reasons I did, because I happen to love the Lieutenant Governor Henry McMaster. Just confused the entire speech and the rate at which this guy seems to be deteriorating is very scary. Trump talked about canceling the election. Why not cancel it and just give it to him after all? The poll shows were higher. Just cancel the election. Just say Trump wins automatically because that's a whole. He means it, folks. He's not kidding. Again, <clears throat> lying faggot. They've done that on the Democrat side. You're not allowed to run uh, against Joe Biden in a primary. You support that. Now yeah, this is total uh, projection propaganda. They're going to say, see, now when I say that, you know, we have fun, we're laughing and kidding. But when I say that, he's a fascist. He announced tonight he wants to cancel the election. <laughs> David is happy to do exactly as you predicted. He knows he has to play it off. But this is a guy who believes. Why are we even having a primary? I'm winning in the polls. Just end it. Just give it to me and let me move on. So maybe it's literally I, what they're doing with Joe Biden and you support that I can get elected president to save myself criminally, to save myself criminally. Trump also now focusing in on really the only person standing between him and the nomination, Nikki Haley, attacking her. She's not smart enough. And by the way, in the same breath mentions that dictators are very fine people he's doing. And now he's back in. A woman that I know very well, a woman that is not capable of doing this job. I know her very well. She's not tough enough. She's not smart enough. 
and she wasn't respected enough. She cannot do this job. She's not going to be able to deal with President Xi. She's not going to be able to deal with Putin and Kim Jong-un and all of the people that you, the very fine people you have to deal with. Are they very fine? The dictators are the first few, you know, Trudeau is not a fine person. Trudeau is one of the most evil people in the world and belongs in prison. Macron is not a fine Fuck Macron too. person. The, the fine people are Trump, Xi and Kim. This guy is sick. And then lastly, Trump just insulting people ad nauseum during these oh, events. Please play the Adam Schiff. Guys like Adam Schiff yes. and you know, Shifty Pencil Neck. Pencil Neck. He's a marvel. No, he's a structural marvel. He has a neck and his head is like a watermelon and his neck. That's a and how that neck can hold up that big, oversized, ugly head is hard to believe. <laughs> oh, That's it's true. Okay. Big head. It's like your finger on a basketball. Some of these guys, they spin it. No, no, he's a terrible guy. Oh, making fun of Adam Schiff means you're cognitively declining. Uh, this is what the Republican Party wants again as their nominee for the third time. The first time he just barely won 77,000 votes in three states while losing the popular vote. The second time he just lost everything, popular vote, electoral college, and they want to do it again. And the best he can do is talk about which fruits Adam Schiff's head resembles. And by the way, I asked Adam Schiff about the watermelon head thing when he was on the show. Uh, he, he had a pretty funny reaction. Go and check that out. So a very no, rapidly deteriorating. I could care less what an associate of Ed Buck thinks in Trump. He knows not only does the primary probably depend on tomorrow night's primary in New Hampshire, but he knows that, quite frankly, as he perceives it, his freedom might depend on the New Hampshire primary and their your freedom depends on this upcoming election or for whether he becomes the nominee, whether he has a shot at winning, which he thinks would keep him out of prison. Legal experts don't agree, but this is what uh, Donald yes, Trump believes. Legal Let's experts. All right. Fuck this guy. Let's get to some breaking news here. That's weird. That page is not found. I, let's see if I uh, put it in right. Which one is that? Let's go back one second. Kamala Harris. All right. I can. Um, one second. Let me type this other one in. And we'll see what happens. And then I'll go back for that one. Let's see here. All right. This one is. China's $18.9 trillion economy uh, struggles with debt, deflation, de-risking, and, demogra and demographics. Okay. China achieved a 5.2% rise in gross domestic product last year. Still, it indicates that it needs to uh, fend off the four D's of an economic disaster, debt, deflation, de-risking, and demographics. Um, the South China Morning Post reported on the 21st that China has yet to convince 
the market that all is well uh, in the world's second largest economy. Uh, according to observers, and the race is on as policymakers grapple with the ramifications of the four D's that continue to uh, slow down the 126 uh, trillion yuan uh, or 18.9 trillion dollars economy. As of the end of uh, November of last year, uh, China's local government debt was uh, 40.6 trillion, about 6.1 trillion U.S. dollars. Um, what do they use? The yuan, not the yen. That's Japanese, right? The yuan. Um, an increase of 16% from the previous year, according to a J.P. Morgan report, about 50 Chinese real estate developers have failed to repay overseas bonds worth $100 billion over two years. That's, uh, that's not good. Um, in addition, China's Consumer Price Index fell by 0.3% last month compared to the same month the previous year, showing a decline for three consecutive months. And the Producer Price Index uh, recorded a negative for 15 straight months falling 2.7% compared to the same period last year. The paper pointed out that fears are intensifying that China may slip into a Japan-like spiral of stagnation. China's population has been decreasing for two years, which is also a big challenge facing the Chinese economy. The National Bureau of Statistics of China announced on the 17th that the population of China as of the end of last year was 1.4967 billion down 2.08 million from the end of 2022 the number of newborns also fell below 10 million for two years with 9.02 million the rapid aging process emitted decrease in birth rates is expected to have far-reaching implications for the labor supply social security benefits and economic growth prospects for years to come a city group analyst suggested the contributions of three new powerhouses, technological innovation, advanced manufacturing, and modernized infrastructure could approximate that property sector. However, he warned that for a pivot to a new growth model, both the supply and demand sides would have to contend with throes of a deep, profound change and transition. The paper pointed out the delay of the third plenary session of the 20th Central Committee of the Communist Party, an occasion for the Communist Party leadership to address the nation's long-term economic issues also raised concern about China's policy direction. The Communist Party of China didn't hold the third plenary session last year, marking the first time since 1984 that it was not held the year after the National Congress of the Cong uh, Communist Party. The paper pointed out that the delay of the third plenary session of the 20th Central Committee of the Communist Party, an occasion for the Communist Party leadership to address the nation's long-term economic issues, also raised concerns about China's policy direction. Communist Party of China did not hold it last year, marking the first time since 1984. Yeah, I think you already said that. Um, are there leftists in China saying, oh, the way to resolve this is to uh, import the third world. That's how you'll deal. That's how you'll deal with your rapidly aging population and low birth rates. And, oh, did you hear this line? By the way, I'm not making this up. Did you hear this one? Oh, the migrants will take care of you when you're older. 
Oh, baby. Yeah, I think I forget what country that was. It was it was Europe. It was Switzerland, maybe not Switzerland. Uh, maybe Sweden or Germany. I don't know. Oh yeah, they'll take care of you. All right, they'll take care of you. Yep, yep, yep. Total strangers from other countries, from different cultures. They're gonna take. Oh yeah, they're gonna take care of you. Yep. Oh, that's a reason to bring them in. What a crack of shit. All right, let's get to the next one here. The Lord of the News, Gun Fox. Let's go with this one. This is about Cunt Mala Harris. Now, hold on a second. I checked that one, and it worked. Now, hold on. How is that possible? I copied and pasted it on the phone, and I put it in. Maybe it's a browser thing, because that doesn't make any sense. I copied and pasted it. That's weird. All right, well, I'll just uh, type in the headline then. What is this? Uh, Harris... Harris Pathway. Let's see. Yeah. This is basically this is basically it. Um okay, yeah. Now now you know, I tell you, I tell you. <clears throat> Usually and I try to be reasonable. I try to be reasonable. Um I for many years I thought Tim Pool was a fine commentator, okay? Um, but then as time went on, uh, getting the 2020 election dead wrong was uh, uh, no good. Getting the vaccine dead wrong was no good. I just saw recently someone posted, and I had forgotten about it, came up with some bullshit that pizza is not a code word for pedophiles and that uh, Podesta was talking about drugs. What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, look... If you want to say that there's, it's circumstantial evidence that Podesta was a pedophile and it's not direct evidence, okay, that's fine. I think John Podesta is a pedophile. I think there's strong circumstantial evidence. But to say something utterly untrue, like pizza is not a code word for pedophile, or for, for child porn or, 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 or for kid fucking, what the fuck are you talking about? That's That's... That's been uh, proven already using... It, it, the FBI ha has uh, uh, put out documents w with that kind of shit. So what are you talking about, man? Anyway. Anyway. The reason I bring it up is because um, as Tim Pool has gotten very successful, the other problem that I'm having in... I can't watch the show much anymore because the fart huffing is so unbearable and over the top that it just becomes unwatchable. Now, sometimes it's watchable depending on the guest and if Ian is not derailing. Ian is a derailing motherfucker. Ian derails uh, a conversation in ways that I didn't even think was humanly possible. I'm sure Ian, he seems like a nice guy, seems like the exact type of dude you'd want to smoke a joint with. He's probably the type of dude you'd want to trip acid with. But man, for a political podcast... He is the derailer. That motherfucker just derails. Anyway, anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, to my, um, to my uh, pleasant surprise, Tim Pool was going off on one of these tangents about what he thinks is going to happen, and this actually was something that I thought was coherent instead of being based on like an episode of Star Trek or something. He he said that what he thinks might happen is. Biden is just going to declare all the Zerg to be legal. 
And then Trump gets in the office and tries to deport the Zerg. And then the media narrative is this is like the Holocaust. He didn't say the Holocaust because he's a good boy. But they're basically going to act like this is Holocaust 2.0. And how dare you deport legal citizens? And I was like, oh, that actually, yeah, that's actually, uh, that's, uh, that's coherent and not based on like a movie or a TV show. So good job. Anyway, Cut Mala here is giving up the, the game. Cunt, you got to get the name right, by the way. Cunt Mala Harris. If you don't pronounce her name right, you're a racist. Do you know that? You got to make sure you're not a racist. Cunt Mala Harris calls for pathway to citizenship to end the border crisis. Fuck that. U.S. Vice President Cunt Mala Harris called for a meaningful pathway to citizenship on Monday night amid efforts by Joe Biden and congressional leadership to try and reach a bipartisan national security deal that would fund border enforcement efforts and unlock military aid for Ukraine. During an interview with CNN whore Laura Coates on Monday, Cunt Mala discussed the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border, referring to it as a long-standing problem. Kantmala says there's no question that our immigration system is broken, and so much so that for the first bill that we offered on, after our inauguration was to fix the immigration system, which included that we must, what we must do to create a pathway for citizenship and put the resources that are needed into the border. But sadly, people on the other side of the aisle have been playing politics on the issue. Well, <clears throat> listen, 30 IQ. Um, you can't give a pathway to citizenship for illegals because then more people will be emboldened to come. You have to deport illegals. And, and I forget who I saw first come up with this idea. I think it's great. Um, if you break into the country, you can't become a citizen. Boom. If you get caught breaking into the country, you're deported and you're not, never allowed back in. Okay? So if you want to come into the country, wait in line. And, and now, 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 that's theoretical. I don't know how practical it is to have legal immigration after such a foobar situation. So you might have to shut the whole thing down for like 10 years. I don't know. We'll see. You know, one thing at a time. I think you got to deport the illegals and then you figure out the rest. But who knows? Uh, hopefully something like that uh, can actually happen. And, and a lot of this is going to be do is the, um, is the are the Republicans are the Republicans going to have the gut to stand up to the insane virtue signaling and tears of the Democrats if they actually start deporting illegals. Probably not. They don't have any backbone, but we'll see. You know, maybe Trump, if Trump's in office and maybe they'll, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll go along. Um, okay. For the past few weeks, Biden has continued talks with the four congressional leaders on border negotiations, the, Prenet, excuse me, the president and Senate Majority Leader Cuck Schumer. Senate Minority Leader Bitch McConnell and House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, not the African G Dream Hakeem or not Hakeem Olajuwon, wants to approve funding to war torn uh, Ukraine. However, Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson, whose party controls the lower chamber, has criticized the bipartisan Senate deal and said additional aid to Ukraine needs to include significant changes to border security. Kantmala says the solution includes putting resources at the border to do what we can to process people effectively and putting in place laws that allow for a meaningful pathway to citizenship. No, uh, that's not happening. However, in the latest round of border deal negotiations, a pathway to citizenship wasn't included. Good. Coates brought up criticism over the deal, not including a path to citizenship. 
Kuntmala said she wouldn't discuss current negotiations. Um, is it that she couldn't or wouldn't? Because I don't even know if she could discuss the current negotiations. How would she even... Do? I, I don't know. She's not really the brightest. As Biden seeks re-election with Kuntmala as his running mate, the border crisis remains one of Biden's biggest vulnerabilities. According to polling, with Biden likely facing Donald Trump in November, immigration has been one of the key issues of the race and one of the MAGA leaders' frequent talking points on the campaign trail. The border crisis changed the political calculus in Washington, where Senate Democrats stayed in town into the holidays to negotiate border restrictions that were criticized by immigration activists as a Trump-style crackdown by early 24, even Biden who made reversing Trump's immigration policies a touchstone of his campaign, had moved. The president told reporters he was waiting for Congress to authorize new funds to deal with the border crisis. As the border deal negotiations wage on, as, a Democrat, as Democrat mayors are facing mounting pressure amid an influx of migrants, thousands of migrants have been transported from the southern border to northern cities, including New York and Chicago. There are more than 2.4 million encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border, during the 23 fiscal year, up from 1.7 in 2021. Blue City mayors now agree with red state governors that droves of migrants crossing the southern border represent a crisis that Biden needs to address. Um, one of the AIDS commie mayors, Adams, says, don't yell at me, yell at D.C. Harris, excuse me, Kuntmala said the solutions are at hand for addressing the border crisis, but lamented the lack of bipartisanship. Gone are the days where uh, President Bush or John McCain understood that we should have a bipartisan approach to fixing this problem, the vice president said. Vice President Kamala. Not Kamala, because you say Kamala, then you start thinking about the one-man gang and hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, that's not the Kamala we're talking about. It's Kuntmala. Okay, you got to get it right. Otherwise, you're a racist. Okay, let's get to some more breaking news. Sincerely appreciate the support, sir. By the way, the one-man gang. Did you know the one-man gang was Hakeem the African Dream? Now, that was a wrestling character. Hakeem, it was a white guy pretending to be a pro-black African. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, 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 <laughs> they'll never do anything like that again. By the way, Hakeem clearly is going to have to be a sponsor of the Nikki Haley black outreach commercial. Because again, Nikki Haley has claimed that she's a brown woman. Now, I, I understand that she's quote unquote Indian. You pass as a white woman, okay? If you're a person of color, then I'm a black man. And so we're gonna be doing this. And she's not leaving the race, so it looks like before South Carolina, we're gonna have the Nikki Haley black outreach commercial. Oh man, all right, we'll see what happens. The end of Roe v. Wade was a catastrophe. It could still get much worse. Today is the 51st anniversary of the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. Until uh, last year's anniversary, we could commemorate how far we've come for the fight for equality. Oh, yes. How far? That's how you know you've come far in your fight for equality that you're allowed to cut your baby into pieces. Now that's equality if I've ever seen it. Oh man, hell yeah, that's a, 
That's normal. These people aren't fucking insane at all. But now we're reminded of just how much freedom we've lost. I know you've lost the freedom to kill your babies. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Man, so sad. So sad. The overturning of Roe in June 2022 meant a swift and brutal, swift and brutal, you say? Transition for those living in states governed by extremists. Yes, if you don't want to kill your baby and uh, traffic its body parts, you're an extremist. Health centers were shuttered. Doctors faced jail time for honoring their Hippocratic Oath. Yes, the Hippocratic Oath. Cut those babies up, bigot. Yeah, you got to cut up babies into pieces. That's what the Hippocratic Oath is all about. Yeah, mm, that makes sense. Cutting babies into pieces, cutting the breasts off of uh, minors, and uh, mutilating the genitals of minors. That's the Hippocratic Oath right there, according to Democrats. For those who could travel to get the care they needed, the care, got to get that care, it meant fleeing from their homes and across state lines to get abortion care. Often that, pro okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call it care, no problem. When we yeet commies into the sun, we're going to be like, oh, we're giving them care. This is commie care. This is humane commie care. Make sure you get that commie care. <clears throat> call, up, uh, call up the commie care posse. You know, it has a couple of people, you know, some muscle, a, a judge, and a yeet cannon. That's it. That's all you need. Call them up like you're playing Saints Row, and you call your homies. That would be a hell of a thing. Because you need quick trials. You need quick, quick, portable trials. And you know what? Don't worry, because our judges are going to wear powdered wigs, so it's totally fine. And the Yeet Cannons will have a sticker that says Certified Humane. See? All taken care of. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Often, that brought the threat of a bounty on a spouse or, a spouse or friend who helped them make the trip. Mm, I love a good bounty. For those who couldn't travel, it meant... And I remember... Uh, oh, never mind. Support bounty. Anyway, whatever. I won't even... For those who couldn't travel, it meant enduring a healthcare system that no longer prioritized their well-being. It meant being forced to continue a pregnancy no matter the stakes or risks. No, I'll bring it up quickly because the, the one reference was so old, but this one is, is not as old. I'm not saying that I'm right, okay? I just remember when you bring up bounty, I just remember all the times that a bounty has been brought up in the sports world. And, and, and I'm watching these, like, sports, sports analysts crying and screaming when they brought up the bounties that the Buddy Ryan Eagles would put on players. Or, more recently, because that was a thousand years ago, um, the guy, the New Orleans Saints, uh, Sean Payton was the coach, and they would put bounties on the opposing players. And I'd be watching this coverage, and the first thing that I'm thinking, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. This is awesome. And, of course... All of the sports people are like, oh, what a scandal. Oh, this is outrageous. Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? Bounties are awesome. Okay, so if you're putting a bounty to uh, 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 take out a player in football, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be offended by that. Um, but anyway, I'm not saying I, it's good. I'm just saying that it's just really... There were signs. The homosexuality was being injected into the sport years before it completely got infested. There, there were signs. There were signs. Oh, you know what was another sign? Uh, uh, John Rocker. Someone sent me a clip of John Rocker. Remember John Rocker? I forgot about John Rocker. John Rocker said some 
based, you know, certainly hyperbolic. Some of the things, you know, I think, I think you could argue John Rocker generalized a tad too much, but ultimately, ultimately what he said was true. And he got, I, re, I, I, I looked for, for like sports reports on it and, um, he had to do like mandatory mental health training because he was talking about faggots with AIDS on the goddamn subway in New York City. Unbelievable. So again, and that was a long time ago, John Rocker. And again, the the signs, the signs of the commie infestation, they were all there. Even years ago, they were there. And uh, yeah, John Rocker, he was good. He was a good pitcher. Played for the Braves. I think, didn't he win the World Series? I don't remember long time ago. Anyway, back to this. In Tennessee, a woman excited to grow her family was denied a life-saving abortion because a trigger ban had gone into effect the same day. As a result, she had to undergo an emergency hysterectomy, pre uh, preventing her from ever having a child. I don't believe that. In Oklahoma, a mother of three learned that her pregnancy was non-viable and had resulted in a rare cancer. Still, her doctor's hands were tied. Really, were they? I, I, I don't believe any of this. She was told to wait in the parking lot for her condition to deteriorate before she could get the medical help she needed. Yeah, citation needed. In Florida, a hopeful mom Navi's water broke at 16 weeks. She rushed, uh, was rushed to the emergency room, but doctors could only offer antibiotics, and they sent her home uh, and, and with a promise to pray for her. Yeah, I don't buy any of this. Um, she lost half the blood in her body before she could get treatment and escaped death. This is the dangerous daily reality of Americans living in the 21 states where abortion rights have been restricted or abolished. The remaining 29 states make up another America where abortion is still legal, where health care remains the jurisdiction of doctors, not politicians. But 2024 represents a crossroads where that could change. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republican Party have made their view, views clear. They're proud to have denied health care to pregnant women. Again, total lie. And they intend to enact a nationwide ban on abortion that voids any state law codifying reproductive rights. Okay, Donald Trump literally argues for the opposite of that. You're just making shit up. They have already rushed towards the goal with lawsuits seeking to impose a national ban on the abortion pill and overturn the right to receive emergency medical care. The GOP has filed legislation criminalizing interstate travel while rallying more than 190 House Republicans to vote against access to birth control. They will not stop until every woman in the state uh, or zip code is forced to surrender their bodily autonomy to politicians. When Republicans dismantle our constitutional abortion rights, they struck at a, a catastrophic blow against women's freedom and dignity Against the very idea that our lives are of equal value, what a crock of shit. Right-wing abortion bans, book bans, and drag bans are all wrapped up in the same dangerous belief that a certain kind of person is more worthy than another. <laughs> yes, if you're against kid-fucking, you're also an extremist. If you don't want pedophiles dressing up as women to read books to your kids, you're an extremist. This year's election will determine whether that ideology seeps into every corner of the country or whether we start regaining ground toward equality. We must vote for freedom. Ah, the freedom to fucking kill your kids. That's the Democrat platform. That's a hell of a thing right there. All right. <clears throat> um, let's get to some more breaking news here. Dewey C. Let's have a look here. 
hell's going on with this? We got some shitty, shitty news here, I think. Shitty news related to poop. There's been a lot of that happening recently, especially with the migrants in New York City pissing in cups and putting them on people's porches. Imagine waking up to that. Dog DNA detectives trace owners not scooping the poop in Italian province. You got to pick up the shit. You know, see, see, okay. I've, I've contemplated getting a dog. There are things about dogs that I like. They seem very loyal, and I want a real vicious dog, but a loyal dog. You know, not a dog that's going to be a danger to me, but if someone breaks into this place, that dog is going to fucking bite your genitals off, okay? Now, I don't know how practical that is. That might not be a dog that exists. I don't know, okay? I'm just saying. But one of the things that, have, that, that has uh, uh, prevented me from getting a dog is, first of all, waking up early to take it out to shit and piss, and secondly picking up the shit and and putting it in a bag. I'm just not doing that. Now, you can do that. I don't have a problem with people doing that. Okay? And and it's and here's the thing. I understand that as a citizen who's not an animal, that I'd have to do that. Okay? I'm not going to have my dog shitting all over the neighborhood like an animal. Okay? So, because I don't want to do that, what I decide is, well, I'm not getting a dog. It's not for me. Instead of getting a dog and then being like, fuck it, we're just going to shit all over the place. See, that's unacceptable. So, it looks like the WAPs in Italy, they've got this figured out. If you're going to have your dog shit all over the place, well, we're going to fuck it. Actually, this is no good. This is surveillance. You can't have surveillance like this. You know, I, I get it, but uh, is this? are you using mass surveillance for this? See, DNA tests? Yeah, I don't know if this is... You know what? Yeah, how about... How about just have the neighbors, this is Italy, how about the, just have the neighbors yell at you, hey, hey, you know, I, I can't even do a stereotypical Italian thing, hey, gabagool, your dog is shitting, that's no good, it's terrible. I don't even know, uh, oh, what is the shit, I know uh, fangul is fuck, what's shit in uh, Italian, I should know that, I know fangul is fuck, because one time I, in front of Jehovah's Witnesses, I uh, was talking, uh, they were talking about food, and I said pasta fangol, and I, I thought, I didn't, you know, because I'm, I'm an idiot, and, and I'm, I'm Italian, but I'm not from, I'm not like off the boat from Italy, I was raised in America, um, and uh, it's fazool, <laughs> and the one lady laughed, and the other, the, the, it was Jehovah's Witnesses, and the one guy was not pleased, he looked pissed, he thought I did it on purpose, I didn't do it on purpose, anyway. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Once a dog DNA registry... You can't have a DNA registration databases, not even with dogs. So, yeah, I'm against this, even though I understand why you'd want to do it. Is that Once they're up and running, street cleaners and health officials in Balzano will be able to collect abandoned poop, have it genetically tested, and then trace the owners who will face fines. Now, this is ridiculous. Look, having your dog shit all over the place is unacceptable. By the way, I lived in a society like that. If you're of my age, you might recall when you were out playing in the streets as a kid, people stepped in shit all the time. Now, I don't know if the incidences of stepping in shit are higher or lower than they were in the 80s, but in the 80s, that happened all the time. And that was, oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. Stepping in shit. 
there was, by the way, there was always shit. There was just dog shit everywhere. Because, you know, we, we, I guess we hadn't evolved as a society to figure out to make the dog owners clean up their dog shit. So there was dog shit. There was dog shit everywhere. Really. I mean, not like everywhere, but if you walk down the street, you would frequently find dog shit on the road. Now, later, as the years progressed, you started to see signs show up on the street telling people, hey, don't leave your dog shit. So it became socially unacceptable to do that. And then people started picking up the dog shit. That's the best way to do it. You got to have societal shaming. You can't have people tracking DNA and doing mass surveillance. That's no good. That's no good at all. Any owner who refuses the DNA profiling for their dog faces a fine. I, I wouldn't let you take the DNA of my dog. Fuck you. The provincial government covering Balzano City and surrounding towns in the Piscares Dolomites region. <laughs> That's what it says. Now, I imagine I'm not pronouncing it correctly. D-O-L-O-M-I-T-E-S. That's Dolomites. There's a place in Italy called the Dolomites region? Oh, shit. Oh, it's creating the database for almost 40,000 dogs in the area. Veterinary Department Director Paula Zambato said about 10,000 have already been registered. Balzano receives a few hundred complaints a year from citizens about improper management of public land. More than half are for dogs. Law enforcement could only catch three or four of them because they have to go there and set up some kind of stakeout. You're setting up a stakeout for shitting dogs? That's a bit much, I don't think. You know what we didn't have back in the 80s? There were no fucking dog parks. You didn't take your dog to a dog park? What the fuck? By the way, what is the deal with the dog? Don't dogs not get along? Aren't you taking a risk? You know, I, 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 I see dog park, dog parks sometimes, and I, and I, I watch people to a degree, because I'm like, what are you, just unleashing your dog and you're letting it play with the other dogs? How do you know your dog's not going to kill one of the other dogs? Anyway, I don't know. Fuck that noise. Anyway. DNA registration will become compulsory uh, around late March. Owners will be expected to have blood tests for their dogs in municipal dog shelters or vet clinics. They have to pay all this money for this? This is bullshit. Um, are they... Are they, are they are, oh, no, no, no. The way to pay for it is with the fines. All right, so you're not going to be paying for the... Uh, for the Okay, this is what a hassle for the dog owners. You know, in the beginning of this article, I was like, oh, well, we got to do something about the shit now. I'm totally against all of this. This is ridiculous. You're unnecessarily costing dog owners money, and you're trying to get all surveillance state over this. Nah, uh, no good. No good, Dolomite Dagos. No, no good. You're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out another way. Anyway, there you go. The Dolomites in Italy. Who knew? And it's pitched, pitched. Picturesque. Did you know that? Dolomites is picturesque. I didn't even know that. I can't even say the word. It means like beautiful. I imagine it's very nice. There's some places that seem like uh, I've heard. I've seen pictures. It's not like being there. But there seems to be like these fucking green fields in Ireland. They seem extraordinary. And uh, Iceland, right? Because Iceland is uh, they were tricking people with that. That's a pretty good thing. You wanted to keep people out of your place, so you called it Iceland. So when people heard of that, they're like, fuck that, I don't go to Iceland. But it's beautiful. 
And then I think, isn't Greenland like really icy and shitty? I don't know. I like that. That that's uh, that was a good trick. Good trick. All right, let's get to some more breaking news here. All right, just some more uh, breaking news from Dewey C here. Oh yeah, so this story towards the end of the show, I have a video from a Horrible Gamer that, so we'll check that out. This is crazy, and fuck commies, okay? Fuck commie, commies. These people are so out of line. They just roll up to this guy. This guy was minding his own business, and these filthy commies start fucking with him. And of course, the UK government take the side of the commies. Clash between a pianist and Chinese tourists sparks fury as they angrily demand their faces are hidden. Um... Pianist, it sounds like penis, but it's not. It means a person that plays the piano. Brendan Kavanaugh shared a live stream video to his more than 2 million followers on YouTube on a Friday while performing on a public piano at the St. Pancras International Station. The video shows Kavanaugh setting up his camera at the public piano before he begins to play alongside a fellow pianist. But later, a group of filthy, disgusting commies um, uh, were holding commie flags of the People's Republic of China, and they approached the YouTuber. One of the commie whores who claims to work for Chinese TV approaches the pianist, asking if their faces are visible in the footage. Quote, we are here filming for Chinese TV. Did you film all uh, of us in your camera? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I'm like, do it. It's R's and L's, right? Kavanaugh says, uh, I don't know, before she proceeds to tell him that they're not allowed to be in the footage because they work for Chinese TV. Bitch, that's your fucking problem. That's not Kavanaugh's problem. That's your fucking problem. All you gotta do is walk away. Just walk away. Get the fuck out of here. Kavanaugh says, we're not allowed? We're not allowed because we're for Chinese TV? Oh, excuse me. The, then the woman replies, we're not around because we're for uh, China number one TV. But Kavanaugh protests as he insists he can film them because he's in a public place. Another man in the group then interjects and tells Kavanaugh they have to protect their voices and images due to an agreement with other people not to show their faces online. Again, that has nothing to do with Kavanaugh. That's not, this is, so what? Then uh, a, a fucking piece of shit threatens Kavanaugh with legal action. One tells the group if they're filming, they have the right to do it in a public place, while the other tells Kavanaugh to stop filming and he can't share the clip because it's a police matter. Well, that's total bullshit. He shared it anyway, so eat a dick, fucker. The police then speak to the group away from the camera, after which they tell the YouTuber he must not use the footage of them on his channel. I like this Kavanaugh guy because he's rebelling. He did it anyway. The officer says, because there's money being made, they work for a company and their faces can't be shown on TV or someone's channel. That's totally made up. That's a totally made up role. Kavanaugh says, you're not their private security agent. The officer then says the group had accused him of making racist remarks. Well, who isn't racist in 2024? What, are you kidding me? <clears throat> and trying to indecently touch one of them, that was made up. Uh, although Kavanaugh says he was just trying to touch one of the flags. The police officer says, this is not to go on your channel, by the way. This is me talking to you. Well, go fuck yourself. 
But he replies, listen, we're in Britain. We're in a public space. It's a free country. It should be a free country. It's not a free country, just like America should be a free country, but it's not a free country. Your country and my country have a big communist infestation, and it's a problem. Eventually, the group and police move on, and Kavanaugh finishes his live stream, declaring free speech prevails. The video, which has since been shared online, has sparked fury with commentators applauding Kavanaugh for not backing down. One wrote, stand up for yourself, mate. I'm 100% with you and keep filming. While another said, admire what you do, Brendan. Do not be afraid to speak the truth and do whatever a free country allows you to do. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Fuck commies. So, yeah, we will uh, check that video out uh, towards the end of the stream. So, uh, We'll do that. Okay, let's get back to some videos. Oh, that was uh, breaking news from the internet. If you have an uh, uh, article that you want uh, read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description uh, in Rumble. I should have the bot also post that. So, I'll, Oh, and you know what? Next video, let me post the poll. Let me put the poll in the uh, chat for the audience name. So let's get to this video, and then I will do that. All right. It is the favorite time of the week for some people, the least favorite time of the week for some others. It's time for Friday feedback. You can email info at davidpackman.com if you have uh, some kind of question or comment you'd like featured here. Sometimes we will also feature YouTube comments, Facebook comments, uh, excretions on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, etc. We start today with an email. Kenneth wrote in. And something insane is happening with my hair, and I, I do apologize. It's really windy in the studio today. Kenneth says, please, David, just once. Okay, I finally subscribed. Now, please mention the UFO topic even once. Biden has commented on it. It's crazy in the House and Senate. It's not just tinfoil hat weirdos anymore. It's a progressive issue regarding transparency, government oversight, and national defense. Listen, I haven't been hiding my view about extraterrestrial aliens, alien intelligence, etc. If I look at the vastness of the universe and our galaxy and how the Milky Way contains hundreds of billions of stars and each of those has planets, the likelihood of extraterrestrial life existing somewhere is high. But the probability of intelligent life having reached Earth specifically in the ways and with the details that are often told in UFO contact stories is extremely low. Let's talk about it. On the one hand, when you look at the number of stars in the universe, 100 billion stars in our own galaxy, it's likely that some planets are capable of supporting life. And it's likely that the conditions for what we might call intelligent life aren't the strangest thing in the world. You look at exoplanets in the habitable zone and then we, we go through and consider the age of the universe, 13.8 billion years, certainly enough time for life to have developed. The laws of chemistry and physics seem to be universal, at least in the universe as we understand it, which means there's a really good chance that different forms of life have developed in different places at different times. However, however, there are some real problems with the UFO sighting stories, the so-called whistleblowers, numerous UFO sightings over the years, no concrete evidence supporting the claim that it is intelligent life from somewhere other than Earth. 
Most of the evidence is easily explained misidentifications of natural phenomena, human made objects, UFO sightings debunked as aircraft. Well, you know, I don't I don't believe aliens have visited. But if you are a person that believes aliens have visited, uh, well, point in your column, because David Pakman is taking the opposite position of you. And usually David lies. So it's very possible. I think the the percentage of aliens uh, uh, being around is a, a little bit higher now that David has taken the other side of the position. Web weather balloons, even birds. In not every case is it fully explained, but we continue. There's also a lack of physical evidence. Well, the evidence has been covered up. It's at Area 51. This person covered it up. That person covered it up. If aliens really visited Earth, do we think that world governments are so competent and coordinated that they have been able to uh, hide all of the physical evidence by now? If this was as frequent as we thought, we would have some tangible proof, debris from a spacecraft, biological samples, but we have no such evidence. There have been searches and investigations. And then lastly, as I've said before, the idea of aliens visiting Earth, leaving without a trace, making contact, and continuing to crash crafts in the way that they supposedly do seems really unlikely, really unlikely. If intelligent aliens existed and came from so far in the universe that we're not able to perceive it from Earth, we would expect that they would have a level of technology that number one wouldn't constantly lead to these supposed crashes. And number two, they would have no reason to hide their presence so completely if indeed their technology was so advanced. Now, to every one of these claims, there's a counterpoint. Well, if we are like ants to the aliens, it might be like, why haven't we tried to communicate with ants? They might not be trying to communicate with us. But every single one of these claims requires some kind of special pleading or explanation. So I have no reason to believe intelligent aliens have already visited Earth. Uh, I have no reason to doubt that there is life out there somewhere. So that's my view on the on the UFO issue, Kenneth. I hope that that is enough. And I don't know that I'm going to have anything new to say about it uh, uh, anytime soon. Wesley wrote in about the now modified new introduction to the show. Wesley says a tremendous improvement over okay, the recent. Where are the insults? I only want to cover insults. OK, caller destroys me. Oh, really? Let's see. Let's see. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller who says I will never air his voicemails because they would be too damaging to me. Here is one of those voicemails. Mr. David Hackman, you know, I've called probably around 15, 20 times. It seems like you never respond to any of my voicemails, you right. know, especially on YouTube. I would love for you to play them on YouTube because I don't think you could actually respond to them. Because well, here we go. I'm playing it. Let's see if I'm able to respond to it, sir. You know that you're disingenuous and most of the things that you say about what's going on today and you're disingenuous about how you have completely flipped. Pro, pro I have not flipped and I hope that if I flipped on anything, he will tell me exactly what I flipped on. Big Pharma, pro military industrial complex. You are for both at this point. You're anti-Vivate, Ramaswamy. You're anti yeah, I mean, it's a, that, that's not a flip. I don't support Vivek Ramaswamy. It, he ended his candidacy. Hi, Donald Trump. 
the individuals that are that are currently at least you know during these rallies they are actually against what you used to be against. You have completely flipped for whatever reason. Maybe you were threatened. Maybe you were paid off. Maybe you maybe both happened. I would love it if the people who say I've been paid off could tell me who's paying me. That would be interesting. Absolutely pathetic what has happened to you. You do not seem to ever respond to any of my YouTube, any of my my voicemails on YouTube. I'm, I'm watching uh, uh, your current video now about how we that stuff up to Trump. Well, it seems like you all you, so do you because you know it's funny because you all these. All right, listen. I've played it. I don't know how compelling people find this stuff. I will. Yeah, he's pretty much accurate. David, uh, back in the day, way back in the day, uh, was way less pro pharma, way less pro military industrial complex. Now he is a regime whore. I think that's uh, pretty accurate. I'll tell you, we have 3,500 voicemails that we haven't yet triaged and processed, and we play four voicemails a week. So. It's not necessarily that I'm so overwhelmed by your intellectual prowess and I'm keeping the voicemails off. It's that we have way more voicemails than we know what to do with. But if that caller destroyed me, then uh, I'll have to take it. Right. I, not much I can do about that. I hope. All right. Next one here. Um, Canadian Trump supporter calls Let, in. Let's see what he let's does. hear from Johnny from Canada. I think is what it says, who says that he is a Trump supporter. I don't know what that means. If you're what Canadian, if you vote in the US, what what, what's going mean? on, Johnny? Yes, hi, am I on the air? I'm sorry, what was that? Yes, you're on the air right now. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm actually from Canada, but I just live uh, north of the border of the States. And I just enjoy following the politics uh, from time to time. I mean, I find it's a lot more entertaining than what we have over here as far as Trudeau and everybody else. But uh, yeah, no, it's my first time calling. And I, uh, I guess I was going to talk about stuff revolving Trump. And specifically, I was thinking, um, I saw the whole situation with EWAC. I don't know if you followed it. Sorry, with what? You said like the situation 8%. with what? The situation with what? With BWAC, their stock. EWAC. BWAC, like Donald W. A. C. It's Trump's company for true social. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't been following that at all. What's what's going on? Oh, it actually went up about 50% uh, in the last two days because of the Iowa caucus. Oh, I gotcha. Hey, listen, and, uh, in, uh, in what oh, wait, sense? Now, hold on. I thought the, the company was doomed and it was over and the stock price was at an all time low, David. Are you a Trump supporter? Like, obviously, you don't vote in the US. No, I don't. But I just uh, I enjoy the like, you know, Living in Canada, I really haven't enjoyed living under uh, the Trudeau rhetoric for the last decade. And there are things that resonate with me a lot more when I look at the stuff that Trump would say. Mm -hmm. um, like what? But, well, I mean, I guess for one, uh, we, like, I'm from uh, from Quebec, and we had to deal with, like, uh, the COVID lockdowns during that time. And I know Trump is more federal you know, well, obviously it's federal, but like just the, the rules that we have to deal with, with, with the vaccine passports, um, but also the gun laws, the, the speech laws, um, just that kind of stuff. I mean, I know it might sound silly, but uh, I think it resonates with a lot of people in general that are conservative leaning uh, in this country. 
when you say conservative, what is a conservative principle you hold that you see reflected in Trump? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, as crazy as it might, as silly as it might sound, the rhetoric that he speaks, I find it's more authentic. Like when but I authenticity like, doesn't mean conservatism, right? No, of course not. But just the way that he's even if it was someone, you know, like uh, like an RFK that was in yeah. power, if he came in just the way that he speaks, you know, it's not I wouldn't say robotic, but even mm -hmm. like it's it, like I find Trudeau is very much like Vivek in the sense of like the fakeness. But Hold on a second, though, Johnny. Let's see political. if we can drill down because you're mentioning Vivek Trudeau, RFK Jr. and Trump. One of the things you said was because as a conservative, you are drawn to Trump. And my question was, what conservative value that is important to you does Trump espouse? Um, well, for example, his take on migration, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, the whole aspect of wanting more vetted migration. Mm -hmm. That's one uh, gun laws. I do respect that. Uh, that he does allow, you know, Americans to have their their rights for firearms. I mean, here, for example, now I've hold had on my a license. second, Johnny. What has Trump sure, done sure. to allow people to have their firearms? It's not so much what he has done, but rather what he hasn't done. And when I say that, I mean compared more to, for example, with Trudeau, he banned uh, all firearm purchasing and uh, restricted weapons. And I mean, as someone who enjoys going to the, to the gun range to practice. And all that, uh, basically, we lost our rights to be able to, to buy a handgun, which, you know, we were not allowed to have that here. Meanwhile, there are states in your country where people are walking around for self-defense with that. I'm not saying I would take it that far and actually carry yeah. uh, a handgun, but it's just, you know, to go to the range and practice. You know, I'll I be honest, I one, don't know Canadian gun laws and what is at the province, city or federal level. So. I'm just taking your word about what Canada has done. I, I'm not acknowledging that what you're saying is true. I just don't know one way or the other. But I am I do find what you're saying very, very interesting when it comes to migration. Your country under Trudeau, if I understand correctly, has much stricter immigration laws than the United States had under Trump. Isn't that true? So it's confusing to me that you look to Trump on the immigration issue. So I mean, I it's pretty damn that, hard to move to Canada. My, my sister lives in Canada and no, I know. But like okay. what I would say to that, for example, um, one one perfect example is we had something called the Roxham Road border, mm -hmm. which was essentially uh, an unpaved road that went from upper New York into uh, the southern province of Quebec. Okay. And what was happening was a lot of these migrants that were getting shipped from the southern border to New York. I mean, we've all heard about that. And New York is getting very upset about that now. But what was happening was the New York uh, governor or I believe was the governor. He was sending up these migrants that they didn't want by bus, sending them through the Roxham Road border, where essentially they would cross through and RCMP would would welcome them with open arms and yeah. allow them to come in. And a lot of them set up in towns like uh, Cornwall and uh, Granby. Johnny, and, I got gotcha. you. I, I got gotcha. you. But here's the here's why I'm confused by what you're telling me. The first principle you said you admire about Trump over Trudeau, you said it comes to migrants and immigration along every single line, Canada's immigration. So David Pakman is arguing that Justin Trudeau is more conservative on immigration than Donald Trump. That's incredible.
election system remains dramatically stricter than the This U is like when he argues that uh, Biden is the same as Trump and nothing has changed at the border. US immigration system, even under Trudeau it compared like to that, what it was it, under Trump. It may seem like that on paper, but you know, when I look in, in my backyard, sort of speak, and I see what's going on, you know, on, on, on the, the media that, that doesn't necessarily report on the issues, uh, you know, these alternative sources and podcasts and stuff like that. I gotcha. So, uh, Johnny, you know, what you're saying, if I understand correctly, is despite what all of the laws are, you believe there is a story that you personally are witnessing that is not reflected in the law, nor is it covered by the media. Is that am I hearing you correctly? I, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Yes. OK. Well, unfortunately, uh, it's very hard to evaluate that because you're saying it's completely invisible and, and there's no way to see it. But well, I think so your commentary is from, it'd be invisible to me. Sources. I could not. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Yeah. Unless, David, you have to show Dave. Well, actually, not even you. Even if you showed some sort of academic work, David would just move the goalposts very faggily. Yeah, it's 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 hard for me to engage with it because you're saying ignore everything that's in the law about immigration policy. Here's what's really going on well, in Canada. And I just I, there's no this, this would be like if you were in a neighborhood with a lot of murders, David would respond, well, murder's illegal. Murder. Don't you know murder's illegal? So it must not be happening what for you, me to know I that you know? to do is if you have the chance to look, look at the story of the Roxham Road border. I and will. You'll see those videos of people lined up. Uh, these these immigrants uh, that passed through uh, the the New York that came from the southern border. Yeah. Uh, line up, and the RCMP holds their hands as they as they cross this unpaved road. And that went. I'll on check for many it out. Months. They shut it down during COVID, but then they reopened I'll it when COVID uh, lockdowns went away. All right, but you do acknowledge that on paper the Canadian system is dramatically stricter than the on U.S. Do you, I will say on paper there are many things that I enjoy about this country over the states. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I, do, I will say to a certain extent, I will feel a little bit more safer in this country. Uh, Why is that? Because I feel, I feel like the mentality of many Americans, as much as I love Americans, there's certain hostilities towards each, towards each other. There's a lot more division. Hmm. Um, I find that there isn't so much that division over here. Is that you know, division like in the U.S. partially or, because of Trump? I mean, I find this something that's been going on before uh, before Trump, you know, it's oh, just okay. something that Trump came into office and, you know, woke up uh, out of bed and everybody started hating each other. All I right, Johnny. Well, I appreciate the call and uh, let's keep an eye on everything. OK, what a faggot. All right. Moving on here. Uh, now he is uh, pretending the economy is good. All right, let's hear from a few more people via discord. You can, of course, find okay, our discord at davidpackman.com slash discord. We are going to go to Aaron from Michigan. Aaron from Michigan, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hey, David, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Uh, so I want to kind of build on what the last guy was talking about uh, when we talk about the lies being told uh, in the media or, or by Trump. Um, so first of all, I want to start with, I think I disagree with you somewhat on uh, the economy being an issue. I know you're saying, hey, when I look at these economic factors, I see the economy is doing well. And I agree with you to some extent that a lot of the traditional factors we look at when we think about how the economy is doing, we say these are good under Biden. I think one factor that's kind of been a consistent and is becoming an increasing problem for Americans 
is the income inequality issue, right? Right, and I don't think that's that's changing, right? So I think it is the economy still, right? James Carville, it's the economy, stupid. I think it is the economy still. Yep. But I think the root cause of the Trump issue, right? We still see fifty percent of people, right, voting for it. It looks like you know all the latest polls I've seen in the battleground states, Trump is winning. If the election were to occur today, the best data we have says Trump is the winner. And I, I think this is an education problem, right? And I think you've correctly identified that with, with the children's books you wrote. I think that was a great step. But I guess I wonder why there isn't more emphasis and rhetoric around education. I understand it's not sexy, but I think that is what is going to wake us up from this collective nightmare. And I think the solution is likely generations away, but it will not start until we start getting more serious about the education, right? The populace needs to be educated enough to, to critically think for themselves and, and come to the conclusions themselves and understand the difference between truth and lie, right? And I just see over the years, the rhetoric around, hey, Trump is bad. I don't think we've successfully deprogrammed anyone from this cult. And again, I think that's due to the education. So why don't we see more rhetoric around that? I completely agree with you. And I think that it's uh, certainly possible that mainstream Democratic talking points about this aren't going to say this is a cult that must be deprogrammed and we should do it through education because the right already says that education is merely left wing indoctrination. So if well, I mean, it is. Uh, and so fuck you uh, when they understand David has already argued that this type of deprogramming takes too long and the the programming that Mao did uh, was a lot quicker. A mainstream Democrat starts saying these people are in a cult and we got to fix it through through educating them out of it. The right wingers will go. This is why we need private schools. This is why we need parents involved in it. It would in a very deceptive, bad faith way. It would, quote, prove the point that they are trying to make. Obviously, you are correct. We prevent people from even getting sucked into cults like MAGA with better education, critical thinking, epistemology, philosophy, media literacy. Of course, you're, it's undeniably true. It's all bullshit. You don't do that. And also Republicans would seize on that if it started to become a mainstream Democratic talking point, because they already are insisting that education is nothing but liberal indoctrination. So you, you see the conundrum, right? No, 100 percent. I agree with that. And actually, yeah. if I may offer this criticism to you in your critical thinking book, you kind of took a shot at Trump in there. And I thought to myself, boy, this would be a great book for every child to have. But it, right. this just gives more fuel to the indoctrination fire. When yeah, we, it's, when just we have that in it, right. it's just you a know, joke. It's just a joke in the book. Um, we ca you know, the second book doesn't have anything like that. Oh, um, bullshit. and, bullshit. you know, we could do a version of the first book where the they can't help themselves. A kid doesn't look like a child version of Trump. We, we could do it. You know, I don't think that that's the pinnacle of determining whether we're going to solve this problem, but it's a fair criticism. No, I agree with you 100 percent on that. But thank you for taking my call, David. I appreciate it. My pleasure. There is Aaron from Michigan. Let's go next to. Oh, I don't know. How about Ryan from Auburn, who is also a website member? I appreciate that, Ryan. Welcome. Hey, David. Sorry, I'm a little under the weather, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad to be uh, a member now. Listening to the bonus show. Love it. Good. Um, thank you. I actually wanted to follow up on a conversation we had last time. Um, so last time we talked about AI and since our conversation, you had posted a video 
where someone took your video and made a made an AI voice version with Tucker Carlson. I wanted to know if what thoughts you had had since then on it and um, and, and sort of the direction of AI um, since now you've, it's sort of happened to you. Yeah, I mean, the, the one video where someone took my video and turned my voice into Tucker Carlson, it, it hasn't changed my overall view about AI. I mean, listen, one of the things I believe about AI is we're not going to stop the development of it. The people who are saying just stop everything. I didn't believe it was going to happen two months ago, and I still don't believe that that's going to happen. I still believe right. that there are lots of great things that will come from it. And there are also potentially scary things that we need to deal with. I, you know, I am becoming more focused on what are the ways to tip the balance so that we get as much of the good with as little of the bad. But my view on AI hasn't changed because of the one time someone took my voice and tweaked it to make me sound like Tucker. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I guess what I meant was um, if you had any other thoughts on on that video um, since then. But but I guess um, just to continue a little bit, um, you know, I it's interesting. I thought it was going to be harder to do something like that. But yep. once I heard that video, I said, you know what, if if some random person on the Internet can figure that out, I could do it, too. So I go online and realize, oh, my gosh, this takes anybody with an average computer skill like five minutes to do. Right. Like. Uh, I'm guessing that. what you would do is you would go to a voice. Here's how I would do it if I wanted to do the Tucker thing. Right. I would go to um, a, a voice cloning site and then I would yeah. upload two minutes of, of the actual Tucker speaking. And then I would feed it my video and I would say, please clone the voice to the Tucker voice, but keep the cadence and the speech the same. And I guess I, my guess is in 60 seconds, it spits it out. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's basically that easy. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to mention there's sort of a babblefish version, too, where I, I didn't test this out because you, mm. it does cost a little like you have to pay for a membership. It's like 20 bucks a month. I just didn't feel like trying it. Yeah. But you could theoretically do your own voice and switch it to Spanish and you could post a Spanish video that way. Yeah, people um, have said the people who make some of that technology have actually sent me samples. And it's so funny because the span, you know, I'm Argentinian and the Spanish, it, they sent it to me with like an actual yeah, real Argentinian. All right, let's move on. Here's uh, uh, Sam Seaman. Trump is still very dangerous. So much wanted to avoid this thing. But uh, this this oh, argument about voting like in, in, invariably. I mean, it's an election year. Show. What, yeah, what's a show at this point? Uh, Jobby Boonier. Think of voting a lot uh, like a lot, uh, a slot machine. Would you rather put in the machine that gives you a one one thousandth chance at universal health care and provides some minimal protection for abortion rights or a machine that gives you zero percent chance at health care and also privatizes your Social Security and throws women in jail for terminating a pregnancy. Um, it, it's a good point, and we're going to, I mean, that's, I think it's going to be, although I just read this uh, Jeff Stein piece in Washington Post about what the, the Biden supposedly is being floated to for the Biden administration to run. I can't, I, I, the Biden campaign to run, I can't even believe. I almost I think it's like, yeah, I almost think it's like a, like a, like a head fake. Can I guess what? Vouchers? 
No, not not quite that bad, but it uh, almost has that same level of like sexiness. I mean, I think they're going to, uh, you know, or lack thereof. Well, they're going to they're, look. I mean, they're going to uh, obviously talk about abortion rights and and whatnot. But it is um, uh, it is what they seem to be. And I shoot, I don't now. I can't even find it here. It's right. Um, it's but here, well, yeah. I had I had notes on it. But the top three, here it is. The top three: um, prescription drugs, taxes, and corporate price gouging. And can and he look, run on these housing, are, please. This would actually benefit him. I mean, seriously, the with the, young people, the you know, prescription drug prices very important. Um, they have too many homeowners the, to run on housing. Well, but, you know, you could say we're going to subsidize the building of more homes. Yeah. Um, but uh, prescription drugs, like, to, to run on that at this point, just like, they're not paying attention to what is in the news every single day right now. Every single day. And... If those are the top three things, I, I just can't believe. I, I, I just it has to be. Uh, they're trying to figure out a second-term uh, agenda conversation. One of the big questions is, how much are you looking forward and how much are you looking backwards? You always look forward. <laughs> if you want to, why? Like this is like a basic thing that you learn when you like even you start crawling. Yeah, the, you look forward. Right. It's also, just the dumbest. You have like, to look forward in when you're like understanding time as a linear concept, and also when you're legislating, right? Here is, yeah. I mean, you you just you need to, and here is, you know, um, let, let's do the um, the 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 Donald Trump. Uh, uh, do we have this DeSantis thing? Because this is two part. I mean, one it reminds you, like, yeah, yeah, because DeSantis is a joke. But let, let's play this clip. Go ahead. DeSantis, okay. This is after he This said, is uh, Donald Trump coming in and announcing that DeSantis has dropped out. Well, this is such a joke. Very capable person who's dropping out. Woo! Ron DeSantis. And Ron is dropping out. And he, in doing so, he endorsed us. DeSantis could be uh, an absolute uh, joke, but um, remember, Ron DeSantis, remember that like, he had uh, like black people arrested for voting, essentially, uh, uh, because that's not that's a total lie. It wasn't essentially that's he didn't just arrest black people for voting. That's totally made up. They had uh, uh, they had they didn't know they had their gone status. back and forth and they didn't yeah. know what their status was. And they were just following what the vote shit. Uh, local Bullshit. voting rules were and had them arrested so that he could uh, showboat this. You look at uh, the assault on on libraries and schools 
and on he's referring to schools and pervert librarians being told not to put pedophile propaganda in the libraries and schools he views that as an assault that's an attack higher education and on trans people and gay people so again the not allowing uh, children to be mutilated is an attack in that state and here is um another uh, sort of casualty this is this is a clip back from uh i get i think it was in may but i never saw this uh clip and it's it's going around right now but this is a, a function of florida uh, state law and um there is no doubt that there I don't know. It's quite as clear there was an opportunity to pass a uh, statute. You know, um, there was a six month period and the, the Democrats didn't want to deal with anything that was controversial uh, while they were trying to get the expansion of Medicaid and um, uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, passed uh, back in, in, in 2008. Uh, or I guess it was really close to 2009. But in the future, um, if there is an opportunity to have a statutory right, never mind a constitutional right to abortion in every state in the country, it is not coming with the Republican Party. That is 100% the case. And if there is a 1% chance that is going to come with the Democratic Party, uh, just here, this story is one of many, but here. Last fall, Deborah and Lee Dorbert were excited to be giving their son, Caden, a sibling. But at an ultrasound, when Deborah was 24 weeks pregnant, the doctors had terrible news. The baby has no kidneys and you're, you have little to no amniotic fluid. The doctor said the baby was sure to be stillborn or die quickly after birth and Deborah was at an increased risk of a potentially deadly pregnancy complication. I broke down crying in the room. It's a rare condition called Potter's syndrome. In many states, doctors offer to terminate such doomed pregnancies, and that's what the Dorberts wanted to do. But their doctors said it wasn't possible because of a Florida law passed last year that bans nearly all abortions after 15 weeks. The law has an exception in cases of a fatal fetal abnormality that is incompatible with life outside the womb. Dr. Stephanie Ross, a high-risk pregnancy doctor in Florida, says she understands why Deborah's doctor wouldn't terminate the pregnancy. The moment the law came out, I think everyone was scrambling to try to figure out what exactly. So you know what it seems like, and I could be wrong, it seems like uh, you got these lunatic doctors who are Democrats who are trying to now make examples out of people. So this clearly seems like this, this pregnancy did fall under the exception. But you have a lunatic, uh, a Democrat activist doctor who's like, oh, I, I'm not going to do it. You're just going to have to suffer so they can get the headline. I might be wrong about that, but you already saw them do that in Indiana with the girl that was raped by the illegal immigrant. So it has happened before in situations where there's like a very serious thing happening exactly was that language intended to convey. Doctors found in violation of the law can face heavy fines and even prison terms. The Dorberts had two choices, leave Florida for a termination elsewhere or take the pregnancy to full term. Even though it's legal to leave Florida to get an abortion, the Dorberts said they were scared they'd get arrested. So Deborah stayed pregnant. I continue to feel this baby move and knowing that I'm going to give birth and watch my child pass. 
her mental health. Well, that's happening no matter what, uh, if the doctors are correct, uh, uh, right? Suffered. I really started having issues with depression and anxiety and just not wanting to get up out of bed. As Caden grew more and more attached to his little sibling. He continued to see my belly grow and he continued to fill my belly to feel the baby moved and he kept getting excited. So again, again, if it's legal for you to go out of state, first of all, why wouldn't you, can't you go see another doctor to see if you have a, if it's not, I could be wrong, maybe it's not a Democrat lunatic. And then the other thing is, it's legal. I don't understand this argument, even though it's legal, we think we're going to get arrested. Well, that's not logical. That's not logical. That doesn't make any sense. If it's legal and this is such an important issue, and if it's true that you can't find a doctor in Florida to do it, then you're going to have to go out of state. See, this shit does not add up. This is not adding up. That he was going to have a sibling. The baby, a boy they named Milo, was born in March. And as the doctors predicted, his life was short. As Deborah held Milo in her arms, he gasped for breath and died in about an hour and a half. Deborah doesn't want to get pregnant again. I couldn't go through another trauma like this with pregnancy. When told about the Dorbert story, Florida Representative Jenna Persons Malika, a sponsor of the Florida abortion law, sent CNN this statement. We are providing mothers with All the right, resources need to, they I mean, need to raise healthy... The bottom line is, um, she's basically saying, we're, we're going to provide resources to justify uh, forcing people to carry uh, uh, pregnancies to term. But the bottom line is, is that doctors don't know this is just um it's an illustration of both of two things one uh, this is what uh republican politics are about you cannot move forward in republican politics without this and two exceptions are bs yep this is a Window perfect dressing. example perfect example they're they're too ambiguous and when the penalty is going to jail losing your license um that's that's the end of the story doctors won't grant those exceptions yeah so um i don't know how many more stories are we going to get out of that out well, of it depends how many more democrat activists are going to are going to put out there and uh All right, it's just going to be ongoing going to be a lot more there's probably going to be a lot more yeah we're, I mean, we're going to hear these stories all the time all the time to the extent that the you know the, the press is going to covering but they're happening every day yeah, I mean, Ron DeSantis ran on Make America Florida or whatever the hell he was saying. That's no Americans don't want this resoundingly. Oh, we'll find out. I mean, Donald Trump's not doing anything different. Abortion rights are popular. I understand. But, but I understand what you're saying. But um, the the it's a, a minoritarian kind of religious fundamentalist thrust and they're just more militant than a lot of uh other groups based on an entirely fantastic made-up concern that somehow there's women who abuse abortion to like get late-term abortions or whatever just based on a whim um we've we're putting untold women through this just because of that well and because they should be punished um if god didn't determine that they should they have a healthy pregnancy a healthy baby so it be so it should be, and she should be punished for it. Colonel Burner, Sam, these discussions about voting are important. You helped improve my perspective in 2016 when I was dumb enough to consider writing in Bernie Sanders for president. Uh, Gerald from New Orleans. 
Uh, bad news for that IM. Biden has stated that he would veto Medicare for all. <clears throat> that is uh, that is true. Although uh, we we do have more uh, people who are insured at least uh, than we have at any other time in the country in terms of. Percentage. Well, also it focuses too much. Like even like the ninety nine percent Hitler thing. It's like the the, the different coalitions. Like um, depending, I, I think there is like a capital veto that. Um, controls things on both parties that will lead to somebody like Biden saying, no, I would do that. But there is no like um, labor contingent of the Republican Party. There's no pro-Medicare. All right, that's enough out of you, Connie. Um, so they're, they're arguing, I, I believe, oh, Bob Dole was the guy that held the pen. I, I believe, didn't Dole have the record in the late 80s for turnout in, in Iowa, I believe? Uh, something like that. Trump set the record. Great. They're pretending that it's bad for him. Oh, it was low turnout. You mean the record Sam for C turnout is low turnout? Here on the Majority Report, it is a pleasure to welcome back to the program. Bring on this fat pig to talk about it. Dave Weigel, he is the national correspondent, uh, political correspondent for Semaphore. Uh, Dave, Emma is um, uh, sick today, so she's going to mm. miss this, um, uh, sadly. Um, but as national political correspondent, what time were you on an airplane last night? So I actually left Iowa before the caucuses were over. And yet I, I was a little bit pompous about the decision by every network to call this while people were still voting. It, 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 there, we have had pretty decisive Iowa caucus results before, but nobody knew, nobody doubted that Trump was going to win this thing. Uh, and the, the, the bet that we made at Semaphore is we had some folks in Iowa I came here to get set up and explain what was going to happen in New Hampshire because really had Nikki Haley come in a huge surging second. People been surprised by that. That would have been a story for New Hampshire had what happened in reality, which is DeSantis coming in a poor second, but ahead of Haley, that's also going to affect New Hampshire. I mean, as I'm, as I'm talking to you, DeSantis's message is I'm going to commit to both debates in the state and it's time for Haley to do the same thing. So it's a, I knew it would get messy, but I knew it would get messy in New Hampshire, not Iowa. Now, my experience has always been that um, the story is always that Iowa, you know, impacts New Hampshire. But I, it seems like that's not the case. Uh, I mean, in my, in, in, and maybe you, you're, I mean, you, you do this, uh, you're a professional at this, and you would have a better sense. But, but in, in my recollection, it's not really predictive. I mean, uh, uh, in yeah. terms of what happens in New Hampshire. Is that generally true? It isn't, but... Uh, for, well, I can give you the reason why it, it isn't, isn't true, and then the reason why it was interesting. It, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It isn't predictive. Uh, so Iowa is one of the last caucuses, really. A lot of states have given up on these things and gone to primaries. So it is a more engaged electorate. There's not as many people who are just fair weather. Oh, there's a primary. It's on TV. I'm going to go vote today or send a mail-in ballot. Um, it's a more intense group of people. It's it's a more religious electorate, uh, although lower this year. It's about 51% evangelicals down from two-thirds in 2016. Uh, it doesn't look like New Hampshire very much. New Hampshire is much more secular. New Hampshire, most, most I say not the most, the plurality of voters are not registered with a party, which means they can show up and vote for either party in a primary. And that leads to, for John McCain or for uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney in 20, 2012, the candidate who seems less right-wing often often benefits. Uh, so that's the difference. What we learned in Iowa, though, is that this the one Trump's movement is better at turning people out than the other candidates is uh, are, and the 
suburbs and the kind of college educated voters who could make Nikki Haley competitive, they really didn't turn out very much in Iowa. She did she did not have something that looked like it was happening if you were only spending your time in you know Iowa City or in Des Moines. Uh, she she did well enough to win one county by one vote, Johnson County, where the University of Iowa is. But it, if you compare, maybe we'll get more into this, but if you compare the results 2016, even 2012, there were more white working class voters in rural counties turning out relatively than voters in the suburbs. Uh, and that's, if there is a path to beat New, Trump in New Hampshire, you're going to get a lot of suburban voters who maybe voted Republican all the way until Trump came along and then became Clinton and Biden voters. You want them to turn out and vote for Haley. And they really didn't uh, in Iowa. It was, pre- it was pretty, pretty paltry. I mean, I mentioned Johnson County. That's a, where the University of Iowa is, Iowa City. Uh, it's, it's grown a lot since 2012. It's added 20,000 people. Uh, you can, if you have not been there, you can imagine what a college town looks like and who votes there. Uh, from 2012 to 2024, a thousand fewer Republicans turned out in those caucuses. So wow. what, if that happens in New Hampshire, you can say this race is over already. If this happens in New Hampshire and people even in kind of liberal suburban towns do not bother voting for Haley, it's very much over. Okay. All right. So there's, I mean, there's, there's two ways to assess this in terms of, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, let's leave that like what goes happens forward sure. in a minute. And um, is there any way, I mean, my understanding is that the weather was really bad. That's what every, everybody was saying on television. Weather it really was. Bad. But, but they got almost like not even two thirds it seemed like it's sixty percent of the turnout that they had in twenty sixteen uh, right. come out, which is uh, surprising to me. I mean, unless the weather was that bad, I guess. But you say there was less evangelicals that came out, um, and I wonder, like, mm-hmm. putting aside the dynamics of the Republican race, because I think the the, the big thing to come out mm-hmm. of it is that like Donald Trump won sort of times two insofar as he not only won Iowa, but he also sort of ensured that there wasn't going to be a single candidate against him coming out of Iowa and that the race was going to go for another four or five primaries at least. But with that said, is there anything to be garnered from this turnout and the nature of the turnout as to like measure Republican enthusiasm or whether people are turning out? Like when you tell me that yeah. People in the suburbs weren't bothering to come out, even for Haley. It sounds to me like Republican suburban voters don't think there's any way to stop Trump, and they're just not that interested. Yeah, that was the case in Iowa. And if you were not used to reporting on polling in the state uh, about how Trump was up 25 to 30 points, and if you, if you cared enough to go see Vivek or, or DeSantis in person, they would tell you that the polls are fake and wrong, yada, yada. But uh, they weren't. <laughs> people people got the sense that nobody was getting a lot of traction against Trump. You, you probably found this in, in, in real life. If you talk to somebody who's not following the primary that, that closely, um, they, they hear about Trump. They don't know a lot about the other, the other candidates. So there is more of a sense of competition uh, in New Hampshire. There, there is a belief here that it is close. The polling says it is. Uh, single digit, high single digit race for, at, at the best with Trump ahead, Nikki Haley behind, and Chris Christie dropped out. So uh, the assumption is, I think not crazy, that Chris Christie's voters who cannot stand Trump, that was the entire point of the Chris Christie campaign, might say, okay, Haley looks like she, she can beat her. This happens in New Hampshire. There are 
tens of thousands of voters. Who, yeah, but Christie had like 30 votes. Who didn't know who Amy Klobuchar was. And then she did. She came fifth in Iowa, but she had a speech pretty early. In, it sounds like I'm being patronizing, but like she she had a speech early on, on caucus night. She got some buzz. She came to New Hampshire within a week. She was a credible candidate who um, came a very good third place in New Hampshire. So things can move here. That's the idea. But you're right. Um, if you were talking to Republicans, uh, as I was two days before the caucuses, hours before the caucuses, the scenario they wanted was. Trump under 50 percent, uh, alien second percent. Therefore, they can go ahead and have a two person race here. Um, it didn't happen. I think it's, it'd be easier to put that together in New Hampshire. I do think the weather affected things. I will say, though, when I was gassing up my car before I left, uh, I was at a, uh, a come and go. Uh, one of the one of the beautifully named Iowa uh, gas station chains uh, that there's nothing funny about. And the guy next to me got out of his car in negative 18 weather wearing short sneakers and like a thin Patagonia puffy jacket. Not one of the big ones, not one of the Canada goose ones where you look like you're on the surface of the moon. Yeah, but he came from working out, walked into negative 20 degree weather, got some stuff at the gas station pumped, and I didn't see him, you know, shivering or anything. (laughs) So the the, the Iowans had the ability to go out into this if they wanted. Also, the caucuses are not... They send you, they pay you money to go... What have you... Like, this is... What am I supposed to do with this? He's saying nothing. This is supposed to be discussing uh, Trump being in trouble, his popularity waning because there was low turnout. And you're talking about a guy... So you you saw a guy who was not a homosexual who can handle the cold. I I don't... I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Let's let's see. Let's go to uh, Kyle Kalinske here. Um... He does not like the fact that uh, Javier Malai gave a speech at the World Economic Forum and uh, compared progressives and Nazis. Ooh, that so, sounds good. So uh, the other sounds day, about right. I don't know, is it still going on? I'm not exactly sure. But they, they did the, um, the Davos conference, the World Economic Forum thing, where, just to sum that up for everybody, the biggest douchebags on the planet all get together and suck each other off about how special they are. I mean, that's the gist of it, right? You have celebrities, you have businessmen, you have politicians, you have billionaires, you have all these people get together and say, how are we going to save the world, good sir? Let me tell you my brilliant ideas to save the world, because it's all about me and my brilliance. This is what they do. Now, the little known fact about the World Economic Forum, though, is what it truly is. It is a status quo protection racket. That's what it is. These are the most powerful people in the world. They don't actually want things to change. They love the system as it is. They love this hyper-capitalist, oligarchic, corrupt mess of a global system because they make a tremendous amount of money in this system and they don't want to give up any money, they don't want to give up any power. But what they do is, it's basically a virtue signal fest. Hey, we're so special, we made it to the top in this uh, free market, this fair race that's going on, right? This meritocracy, we made it to the top. But now we'll give you the ideas as to how we can improve the world. And that's where you hear, you know, a lot of right-wing conspiracy theories say, they're communists, they're Marxists, they want to change everything, and they want to implement global governance or whatever. Nonsense. So this is uh, propaganda for the World Economic Forum using similar tactics that they use with Hillary Clinton. uh, Or uh, we were just talking about it earlier, where he's running interference for the World Economic Forum. 
He's claiming to be against them. He's claiming to not like them. But he's lying about them. He's lying on their behalf. He's trying to act like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. No, communists are not communists. Similar with Hillary Clinton. They would criticize her for something minor, but then pretend that, like, you know, um, the Uranium One scandal was nothing. You know, they'll call that a conspiracy theory. All they're doing is virtue signaling about how much they'll help everybody right. and everything. Acting like they, they're not a threat. They're just virtue signaling. This is propaganda for the World Economic Forum. While they try to protect the status quo. Okay. Well, in step, the new president of Argentina, Javier Malay. Now, this guy, in his own words, is an anarcho-capitalist. What is an anarcho-capitalist? Ayn Rand. It's this idea that the height of liberation and freedom is total, unfettered, laissez-faire, free market capitalism, where the capitalist, the business owner, basically gets to treat their employees like property. It's total freedom for the industrialist and no freedom at all for the worker. That's what he supports. Okay, Kami. And by the way, since he's taken over in Argentina, inflation is through the roof. It's over 200%. It's up over 200%. Protests have now been banned. Well, so much for freedom, right? If you protest his government, nah, that's not allowed. He laid off thousands of government workers. And there was a story that came out the other day. People are now, in some places in Argentina, dumpster diving to eat. Because he gutted right. the social... Like that, like that wasn't happening before. Well, safety net. Oh, he, he, gutted, he gutted the social safety net that was having people starving, guys. Oh, boy. Well, that must make a real big difference. Some of those things include meals for poor people. And now they're struggling. That they weren't getting because of uh, your policy positions, fucker to find enough food to survive. So here's his, uh, you know, utopian-style system. Well, he comes out, and in his speech, it's, it's hilarious, because people on the right are portraying this as, like, Javier Malay stands up to the elites in Davos. He calls them out to their face. I read the entire speech. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Kyle has read the speech, guys. It is the... the homosexual prostitute from Miami Vice has read the speech. Exactly. The whole... It does not have his approval speech is, let me give a, a, a warm, smooth, oily hand job. See, again, again, always describing acts of homosexuality in detail. He always figures out a way to do that in a video, while accusing other people of being homosexuals. To Klaus Schwab and all of these billionaire assholes. It's, you guys are special. You guys are amazing. You guys are the answer. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Your poop doesn't stink. It actually smells like roses, and I love it. <laughs> this was his whole speech. That's totally made up. You're just making shit up. So at one point in his speech, he says, quote, Communists, Nazis, fascists, socialists, social democrats, national socialists, Christian democrats, Keynesians, neo-Keynesians, progressives, populists, nationalists, globalists. In the end, there is no substantive difference. In other words, you're all the same. You're all the same. I, the anarcho-capitalist, am a true believer in individualism and freedom. And every other ideology is bad and wrong and statist and collectivist and evil. Guys, I'm not kidding when I say this guy is the living embodiment of the 14-year-old virgin Ayn Rand reader who, who read Atlas Shrugged once and then said, this is, um, my life philosophy is this. This is right about everything. Never read any other books, philosophical, economic, or otherwise. Reads one Ayn Rand book and goes, bro. 
What if, like, selfishness was moral, bro? Have you considered that? What if altruism is actually bad, bro? Have you considered that, bro? Th he's that guy. So look, I'm going to read you the end of his speech. The whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, guys, go and read the speech. There, It's literally on the World Economic Forum website. If you read it, you will see the way the right-wing conspiracy theorists are framing it could not it's be further from the truth. Conspiracy theorists. He's not holding elites accountable. He's basically saying, you elites are awesome. You right. elites are awesome. Yeah. And these damn mm -hmm. uh, lower-income people are parasites. He literally says parasites at one point in the speech. He also says, there is no such thing as a market failure, ever. The market cannot fail. It is only the, the government that fails. He says there's no such thing as a good regulation. I'm telling you, go read the speech. 14-year-old libertarian virgin boy. 14-year-old libertarian... So again, more homosexual sexual references. Virgin boy. So here, I'm going to read uh, the end part, because this encapsulates quite a bit of the absurdity of this speech. He says, this is how we come to the point where... So we have like maybe six minutes left in the video. I wonder if he's going to bring up Cox again. By using different names and or... This is just, there's no context in which you would bring up Cox. But I wouldn't be surprised if he figures out a way to bring up Cox. Guises, a good deal of the generally accepted ideologies in most Western countries are collectivist variants. Whether they proclaim to be communist, fascist, socialist, social democrats, national socialist, Christian democrats, neo-Keynesians, progressives, populist, nationalists, or globalists. Ultimately, there are no major differences. There's no major differences between a social democrat. There's no major differences between a progressive and a Nazi, yeah, says good. Javier Millet. Sounds good to me. World's biggest moron. They all say that the state should steer all aspects of the lives of individuals. Really? I'm pretty sure that's not what every single one of those ideologies says on everything. Jesus Christ. They all defend a model contrary to the one that led humanity to the most spectacular progress in its history. In other words, capitalism! We have come here today to invite the Western world to get back on the path to prosperity. Economic freedom, limited government, and unlimited respect for private property are essentially elements for economic growth. The impoverishment produced by collectivism is not a fantasy, nor is it an inescapable fate. It's a reality that we Argent Argentines know very well. We have lived through this. We have been through this because, as I said earlier, ever since we decided to abandon the model of freedom that had made us rich, we have been caught up in a downward spiral, a spiral by which we are poorer and poorer by the day. There is something we have lived through, and we are here to warn you about what can happen if countries in the Western world that became rich through the model of freedom Stay on this path to servitude. All right, let me, again, let me just pause to point out, when he says freedom, he just means capitalism. That's all he means. He doesn't mean freedom as in self-determination for everybody. He doesn't mean freedom as in freedom from starvation, right? Freedom from want, as FDR would say. He means freedom as in freedom of the business owners to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, and their workers to be a cog in their machine. The case of Argentina is an empirical demonstration that no matter how rich you may be, how much you may have in terms of natural resources, how skilled your po population may be, how educated or how many bars of gold you may have in the central bank, if measures are adopted that hinder the free functioning of markets, competition, price systems, trade, and ownership of private property, the only possible fate is poverty. Therefore, in conclusion, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Now he's talking to all the business people all the wealthy, successful business people. Do not be intimidated by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. What? Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. What? You're talking to a room of people that are trying to stay in power and retain their privileges. Yeah, but you're claiming that he's agreeing with them. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. He's talking to the elite billionaires, the scumbags at Davos. 
You are the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. 14-year-old libertarian. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true, you are the true protagonist of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch and unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. As I said, whacking off the whole room full of billionaires. I, I mean, there it is. I, I'm telling you, what the hell? Now you're doing... Now, and in addition to bringing up Cox again, he's now demonstrating the different techniques that you would use if you were jerking off and filleting two cocks at the same time. This guy, all he talks about is cocks. Look at this. This is a freeze frame if I've ever seen one. Like, that's, that's what's going on here. You billionaire Non stop cocks on the Kokolinsky show. Elitist goons are all special. You guys are just the most intelligent, the most hardworking, the brilliant ones. That's why you're in this room. And don't, don't let the parasites get you down. Don't let those, you know, workers who are demanding more, don't let them get you down. You're the true heroes of this story. I mean, I, guys, it's astonishing. I've never seen a bigger disconnect between what this guy actually said in the speech and how the right conspiracy theorists are portraying it. Acting like he went in there and, like, told Klaus Schwab off to his face. Are you kidding me? He sucked off Klaus Schwab to his face. What are we talking about? And again, the idea, everything good that ever happened was because of capitalism, and everything bad that ever happened was because of collectivism or socialism. Ooh. Well, then why is it, Javier Malay, that some of the most successful, wealthy, and personally happy countries in the world are the social democracies in Scandinavia? Bullshit, they're mixed economies, you fucking liar. So in other words, they have countries with more government intervention. They have, you know, in, depending on which country you look at in the Scandinavian region, they have free healthcare, they have free college, they have strong labor unions, and they also have some of the highest standards of living in the world. And these are countries that are less capitalistic than the United States, for example. How do you account for that? It, he doesn't, he would never acknowledge that point. He would never agree to that. He would never accept the reality. Why? Because it flies in this face of like, the more free market, the better it is. Always, always, always. Really? Well, what about when we had a totally unfettered free market and we had child labor that was rampant? What about when we had uh, no rules associated uh, with work time so that people would work six days a week, seven days a week, some ridiculous number of hours, and uh, they basically wouldn't, still wouldn't be able to afford their food for their family and all these things that they need. They live in tenement houses together. What about that? What about that? No, 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 don't look at that, because that, again, blows up this narrative that capitalism gives us everything that's ever been good, ever! Like I said, it also brought us child labor. It also brought us tenement housing. It also brought us the robber baron era. It also brings us tremendous income and wealth inequality. And this guy's up there saying, all you billionaires, all you elites, you're on top for a reason. Never forget that. So he is, again, people fall for the package very easily. Right, this package of like, ooh, he sounds anti-establishment. Look, he's got he's got kooky hair and he's got wacky eyes and he like puts on a show. He must stand he must be standing up to the elites. No, he is the ultimate elite cocksucker. That's what he is. Once again. Don't fall for the package. The substance matters, and the substance here is anarcho capitalism, and people are about to find out real quick that is not the path to prosperity. Not at all.
Hey, y'all. All right, that was another episode of Cox with uh, Kyle Kalinske. And uh, let's have a look here. This was from A Horrible Gamer. These fucking filthy commies fucking with this piano guy. And uh, truly despicable behavior. Uh, a shameful display, as they would say. Uh, let me put this in brave. Just... Uh, the guy's minding his own business, and these filthy, disgusting commies start fucking with this guy. He handles himself well. He didn't cuck. He, he stood strong. So good for him. He's just, like, playing the piano. One moment. Let me, uh, hold on. Here, here we go. So, they just got done playing the piano. Now, before... Okay, hold on. Let me expand this a little bit. Okay. So he's playing the piano, minding his own business. He sets his camera up, he's playing his piano. These ching-chongs are not even on the goddamn camera, okay? This is, they are, this is so unnecessary to fuck with someone like this. And then on top of that, the audacity that you have to go into some other person's country to fuck with people like this. These uh, uh, chongs are no different than that fucking asshole Johnny Somali that went into Japan and started fucking with Japanese people. Now, that motherfucker got what he deserved. Not only did he get arrested, someone punched him in the face. Now, obviously, each country is different, and the rules apply to people differently. Uh, 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 or, excuse me, the rules in each, in each country apply differently. So, I don't know what countries allow for that type of behavior. I'm just saying, if it's legal and humane where you are... Then you know you follow. You got to follow the law, okay? So again, I'm not. I'm not because you know I don't think the guy got arrested um, for uh, punching Johnny Somali, or maybe it was a different streamer. It was another one of these streamers. You know what? I don't know. Was it Johnny Somali that that uh, the guy punched him? Maybe it was a different streamer. But it was a guy going to other countries and fucking with people. These are the lowest people on earth. You go into another person's country and you just start fucking with them on camera. You deserve whatever you get. But like I said, you know, follow the rules and regulations of your municipality. Because you might not be in a municipality where it's legal to punch someone who's fucking with your fellow citizens. So you got to be careful. Always follow the law. The law is wonderful. And be humane. You always got to be humane. Anyway, these people are just as bad as Johnny Somali. I think he, he, got, he got arrested... Um, I don't think he got that big of a sentence, though. Um, they should just deport his ass. Deport his ass out of the country. It's crazy. Don't fuck with people like this. Anyway, let's have a look here. The Chinese Japanese have a go. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course we got the Chinese here. Do me too. I would say because we're here big for Chinese TV as well. Oh, yeah. Did you think as all of us in your cameras? I don't know. Are we allowed? No. We're not allowed. We're not allowed? So that's a total lie. That's a total lie. So so not only so Fong and Bong are coming in here and they're lying to this man saying you're not allowed. According to who, you fucking bitch? According to who? Winnie the Pooh? Fuck Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh uh, uh, doesn't have any power here. Uh, and then and then they had a motherfucker. They had a motherfucker here. I don't know what happened to him. He's recording the whole thing. These fucking whores. For Chinese TV. Oh, okay. This is non-disco. It's not disco. Yeah, no, no it's disco. It's no disco. Now, see, this is classic. I don't know if he did it on per on purpose. I believe. Is she saying it's not negotiable? 
And he's like, it's not the disco. <laughs> I hope he did that on purpose. I hope he did that on purpose. Oh, okay. Oh, it's not discussable. I don't think that's a word. He's like, it's not the disco. <laughs> Again, Fang Fang, you are surrounding them. All you have to do is walk away. All you got to do is walk away. Why don't you leave these people alone? Oh my God, this is wild. What a bunch of fucking bullies. Just don't do it, please. I, I will really appreciate that. We we just very sensitive about this. I'm really really sorry, but we love the music. We would want to stay here for a lot longer. I mean, the only the only thing is, it's just it's just like there's other people filming as well. And that's absolutely fine. That's the other people's business. They can make their own decisions. That's absolutely fine. So how come seven? It's the only issue. It's just not us, please. Just not us. No, but what I'm saying is, there's other people filming you as well. Oh no no no! It's just just make sure that we are very very secure in the reason that we don't want our voice or picture being filled that's too bad fang you're gonna have to fucking uh, figure that out that's not his problem and then yeah that's just the relationship between you and me you and us basically. That's not, there's no relationship there's no fucking relationship just now we are very so i'm gonna repeat that yeah. all of us we cannot share our images online yeah, it cool. sounds like a personal problem. That's our choice. That's our right. Oh, so it's, it's not a legal thing. It is a legal thing because okay. this is our right. What we're protecting, and we want don't want our voice, our images okay. to be revealed online. I'm really appreciating it. This is not your fault, obviously, yeah. and this is not our fault, obviously. That we have, we have our own agreement with other people that we cannot be shown online. Okay. We are so sorry about this. So who's allowed to record you then? Uh, just, just making sure you're not recording us, yeah? Because if you are recording us, that when we are saying this, you're still recording, and then we will put a legal action into it. Oh, okay. But it's completely legal to record you, Ching Chang. Yeah, we will put a legal action really? into for, it. For what? We will. Legal I'm sorry, this is the end of the conversation. This is our right we're protecting, and that's it. For what right? <laughs> no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And the beauty of this is they put it right this guy uh kavanaugh i think his name is he put it right out on the internet because he gives zero fucks because these people have they're making up bullshit it's a public space he didn't break any law he's allowed to put the video out there and they rolled up to him what kind of retards rolls up to a guy's camera puts their face in their camera and they're like oh you can't record me get the fuck out of here oh my god unbelievable I don't understand. Image right. Image right? Yeah, we're not sharing this are, image Are you right. from China? I, I, that's not a question. We, the only thing we are... Fang, that is a question. <laughs> are you from China is a question. That's a question. Amazing. Our arguing is that yeah. we are protecting our own image right. You're not sharing. But this, we're in public. Yeah, exactly. No, no sharing. So we're not allowed no to sharing. share? No sharing. Yes, no sharing us. Share yourself. That's fine. No sharing us. 
Okay. No By the way, the internet's making beautiful memes out of this, which is fantastic. Please share me. Oh, yes. Share, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and if one day, see, like, the thing is, we, we're in the I'm free, really we're, sorry, we're on a schedule but, here. So, that, well, then get the fuck out. Yeah, but we're in a free country, mate. That's true. We're you're not in, in communist China now, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. This is reasons now. We have no, we're not in communist China. We're it, it's racist to point out that you fuckers are from communist China. You're a bunch of fucking filthy commies. And by the way, being racist is awesome. Being racist is necessary. Being racist isn't even a real thing. It's a power play that people use when they're losing arguments, when they want to gain political power. It's not even real. It's one of the biggest hoaxes ever perpetrated among Western society. It's unbelievable. And you know the beauty is? It's not working as much. You know, maybe 10 years ago, I don't really know a lot about this piano playing guy, but maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, there's a lot of people out there that they would shudder at such an accusation. But now they don't give a fuck because they're wise to the game. They're wise to the game. It's meaningless. What's racist to one person is not racist to another person. Why do we all have to go by your definition? It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. As long as you're not fucking with people, as long as you're not violating their rights, it's it does it's just not even a real thing. It's just not a real thing. We're in a free country, mate. We can film where we want. You can call the police if you want. I'll be quite happy to call the police, you know. But listen, we're all free here, mate. This is free, but we don't want when to When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. Sorry. Yeah, look at this fucking guy. He's he's recording right there. You're a Roman? Yeah, it's a, it's a saying. Sorry, sorry. We don't want to do it. You don't want to do what? To share our image. To share our image. Go away. Go away. You've got to walk away then. Because it's a public space. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I I tell you, I just tell my my choice. Yeah, we don't want to show our image. Okay, well, you've got to walk away then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, but but we want to use this piano. This is a public one. Yes. Yeah, it's a public, it's public one. But we can use it as well. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes, and anyone can film because yeah. in the UK it's a free country, that, and anyone, your, but, anyone but can film. But we have film. image rights. We have not in public. Rights. In no, China, no, no, no. we're in, we're not no, in China. No, no, no. I have my choice. I don't no, want but money. we are in Britain, Great Britain. We're not in I, China. I say I'm also British. This, I'm also British. Okay. I'm also British. I'm also British, but I don't want to use British. my. He's got a Chinese flag. It there. doesn't matter. Show me the Chinese flag. Yeah, and if you're British, I'm a black man. Why you're touching her? Stop touching her! <laughs> don't touch her, please. Do not touch her. Now you're losing the argument, so you start screaming and pretending that he's raping her. Get out of here. Please, you are not the same age. Please do not touch her. Well, don't I'm, touch her. I'm Please don't touch her. Please don't. Don't, 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 yeah. don't, don't touch her. Don't, don't touch her. What's the problem? What's the problem? Don't shoot him. Please don't touch her. Please don't touch her. No, we love your art. We love your music. But we are trying to have... Because you're touching my friend. Are you allowing her to touch you? No. I touched the flag. No. No. I touched the flag. Doesn't matter. You are approaching her with your hand. You're getting a bit aggressive. You got No. No. I think we better leave this. Listen, mate. I'm sorry. You can't touch her. Please don't touch her. Please don't touch her. Please don't touch her. Oh, you, do please you don't reach your hands. Please say sorry to her. Well, I want you to please say, say sorry to no, her. No, we're not in China, oh, that, mate. That's fine. We're These are fucking filthy commie bullies. What a bunch of bullies. Not talking about who race. This is not a racist issue. Please we're don't call us. We're not in China. This is the moment. You're not in China, Fang. Moment that you're trying to reach your hands. Fang Fung. 
without her permission. Bang, bang. Touch her at all. That's good. Stay away. Don't touch her. Chim, don't, don't touch her. Stay away. We're, we're in a free country now, mate. Stay away. You're don't not touch obviously using democracy. Do not touch her. Do not touch her. I'm not touching anyone. Do not touch her. I don't know why. Do not touch her. Do not touch her. Keep... These fucking whores, they keep recording him, but they're like, do not record us. Do Saying not that. touch her. Do not touch her. I'm Are you miming me? Are you miming me? Yeah, I am. Are you? You're miming me. I yes. You're miming me. Yeah, you're miming me. Yes. You gonna... deserve to be mocked. Dubai. Wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Wait. What the fuck are you going to do, bitch? What's her name? What's my name? Don't give him. You don't yeah. have to give him. What's your name? name? What's her name? What's Are you saying? trying to answer or not? Do you want to answer? If you don't want to answer, that's your right. What's your you name? Answer. Oh, is it my right? Are you going to tell me my right? No, I'm not telling you anything. Is I just your... want you to not to reach your hand to my friend. And, and don't I don't want you friend. to shout, mate. No, that's shout fine. Me. If you don't reach your hand, that's fine. I'm not... Are you going to apologize? Are you in the communist party or something? Stop judging. Stop judging. Why are you calling us communists? You Why? should be judged. You're a filthy commie. You should be judged. He should keep judging you. We got the flag of any country. Why are you discriminating a different country? Because you suck. Your country's government fucking sucks. Although, you could retort, America's got some problems right now, and so does the UK. So it is what it is. Why are you dis discriminating a different country? Why are you getting excited? Because you're, you're discriminating your another country. How am I discriminating? Yeah, you're saying... Look at these faggots immediately going to race. Oh, you're racist. Communists are holding a flag. Yeah, because you've got a communist flag yeah. in your hand. Oh my god. Is that not... It is a communist flag, homo. Is that Please educate yourself, alright? So Please educate... You are communists. You, your government is communist. And that's it. Yourself. So that's not a communist flag. The country flag. is different from the political agenda. That is not the same. Is that matter. a communist flag? That's yes or no? That, that's so not it's the not. Same thing. Yeah, because this is a reason that they are. He's being racist and calling us communists and all that thing. And she, he was trying to reach. No, he was trying to reach his hand to my friend. We can't protect ourselves. We have to protect ourselves. We need him to apologize for my friend. Why? So he's done something wrong, and I can't. No, no, no. We have rights. We don't want to camera us. That's fine. That's fine. Exactly. Good for you. Now we got another guy coming up. Good for you. What, what can you say? So why not? It's our choice. By the way, the uh, AIDS commie government of UK shut down this piano place and put like, uh, not police tape, but they like cordoned it off. So the, the original right. issue is that we were appreciating the music, we were appreciating the music and they were filming us and we're nicely coming here saying please don't don't film us, don't use the image. That's all we're trying to say. That's all we're trying to say. Yeah, we love the music too. Anyway, all I said was you got a communist flag. You're telling me what to do. We're in Britain now. We are not telling you to do. We Listen, say we please don't use apologize. our images. You asked me to apologize. Yes, because she was trying to touch my friend. Yeah, we just want to celebrate New Year. It's our choice. It's our right. If you, if I'm reaching my hand to your friend, if I'm reaching my hand to your friend. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to touch your friend. Will you allow it to happen? He doesn't look very aggressive. Do you think I'm trying to touch your friend? Come on, look at his stuff. Does he look very aggressive? Listen, listen, don't 
Now, you know what's going to happen here. UK has traitorous pedophile cops. They explicitly uh, will take the side of criminals over their own citizens. Uh, you've seen, and, and now it happens in America too, so we have no room to talk either. But you know what's going to happen here. Yeah, so, yeah. So basically, they were filming, and I was saying, when I see a person, they say, please use our image. I know, but we were walking around with saying, if they're filming, they're If we are, if we're having a police matter, we need to put that down. No, we're published because I'm going to record this. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, there we go. So we've got a few people from China telling us that we're not allowed to film. Listen. I'm so sorry. Good for you. What I mean was, like, let's all celebrate the end of that piece before we could even clap you. So we got the police over here, they got we got the Chinese Communist Party who told us not to film and that's basically what it is. And the guy started shouting. So anyway, they got the police here. Actually, the police said, uh, is anyone actually watching this? Yeah, we've got 780 Yeah, so hold on, we've got the police here. We've got the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, uh, let's see what's going on. I think this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, They'll do anything to make a program. No, they, they, they came over. They came over, Jim. They came over and said, you're not allowed to film us. We're in a public space, in a public piano. And they said, you're not allowed to film. And they were waving Communist Party flags. And I said, oh, that's a Communist flag. And they said, oh, that's racist. So what can you do? And then we've got the police here, we've got Kerry and them, and they're, they're filming now, uh, whatever. So stay there, we'll see what happens. You're, you're, you're coming to the live drama at the piano. Uh, this is Dr. K versus the Communist Party. And uh, let's see what's going on. Dear, oh dear. So basically, I think they're being told that in England, you're allowed to film in public, right? That we're not in China, you're allowed to film in public. And they're basically getting their knickers in a twist because we filmed them at the public piano. Basically, that's what's going on. And now we've got the police, and they've all got their communist flags waving it. So there we go. Let's just go over and see what's going on. Let's just have a look. They'll probably start shouting. Listen, listen. Yeah. Come and talk to me. I'll talk to you. Please I'll talk to you, Kerry. I'll talk to you, Kerry, at the piano. Yeah, but can you just come and talk to me? I'll talk to you. Not, this is not to go on your channel, mother. Well, this is me talking to well, you. Well, listen, Kerry, 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 we're in a public space. Listen, we'll just have a Listen, this is going on your YouTube channel, it's but I need to speak to you without this being on your YouTube channel. Well, what please. about what? Is it proper in a public space? Listen, can I just have a conversation sure. with you, please, without your friend video? No, because for, because the camera never lies. Listen, I've got my camera on. Okay, and so we're I've just got my camera. Fuck your camera. 
Fuck your camera, whore. This is going on your YouTube channel, and I don't want it to go on your YouTube. You're, you're, you're run by corrupt homosexuals. These are the ones... Look, I'll say this. I haven't yet seen, and maybe if I've missed it, you can, you can, you can let me know. I don't believe I've seen the rainbow flag cop cars in America. There's been a ton of that in the UK. Oh, and Australia. It does seem like the LGBT have infested the cops in UK and Australia more than in America. But yeah, I don't think I've seen the LGBT cop cars. So hopefully that stands and hopefully <laughs> there's a good chance that I just missed it. But uh, at least I'm holding out that it hasn't happened here yet. We'll see. See if people have seen that. Listen, listen. She's at Kerry, we're in Britain, right. we're in a public space, we've got a free country. First of the matter is, I'm not making communist comments at the No, I said, you're waving a communist flag. That's all I said. And the hands were meant to be going towards her, were you trying to touch her in that I was not trying to touch her, that's why I have a camera. Right. Right, okay. That's why I have a camera. They've requested that the video where they've approached gets deleted and not used nope. on your channel. No, they because don't. Because there's money being made and they work for a company, then their faces can't be shown. Well, they should be. In, is that, you're not their private security agent. I'm not their private security okay. agent. And we're in a free country, we're in a free space, we're not causing the trouble. The problem is not from us, Kerry. The problem is they are coming over, telling us what to do, and playing the piano. Now, fair is fair, but you are not their private security guards. I never said and that like, was, and I'm so, having a conversation with you. And we're in a free space, in a free country, I'm not causing any trouble. There's an allegation being made, and that's why I'm What's the allegation? Now, you told me to stop filming, and now you say there's an allegation. The there's camera never lies. The allegation that's why I film. You told me to turn off my camera, and now you're saying I've got the an allegation. Camera, What's the, the allegation? Reason why, the reason why I'm asking you not to film it is because I know that you are putting this on your YouTube doesn't matter where it goes. We're in a free country. Sorry. We're in a democracy. We're not in China. And that's not racist. That's the truth. That's what our forefathers exactly, thought. Exactly, but you can't say things like that either. You can't just say things say like what? that. Say what? That we're in a free country? No, that we're not in China. We've well, we're Chinese not. People well, they you can't say that you're not in China. By the way, if the EU passes, and it looks like they are, they're going to pass this like hate speech criminal criminality bill, this guy will probably get arrested for saying that something simple like we're not in China. Hey, listen, Kerry, if I was over in China and I started laying the law down to Chinese people at the piano, telling them what they cannot, cannot do. Do you think that's appropriate? They came over here, the guy started shouting at me, and he said, you're not allowed to film, you're not allowed. And I said, sorry, we're in Britain, I'm allowed to play. And I said, you're waving a communist flag. And then he said, you're racist. So if I've done anything wrong, tell me. We're in a free, we're, this is a free speech issue, I'm sorry. This is a free speech issue. We are, I'm not causing any trouble. They are the ones making a fuss. And they shouldn't get the police as their private security. I think it's I a disgrace. Nobody said that, have they? Who said that? And on top of that, Kerry, you told me to stop filming and then you said there's an allegation. Now, if I didn't have my camera, how would I prove my innocence? You know what? I know they are causing the yeah, fuss. They wanted to jam you up with something. I am not causing the fuss. I'm just By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy later on gets arrested. Up for myself, right? Yeah, there's a being caused, and I've come up to deal with it. Oh no, listen, Kerry. Listen, you can't say that. They what? They're from China. They're from China. They're from China. Yeah, they've got they, they a communist. Well, well, can I just say they're from China? Without the F. I saw, sorry exactly, for the F. Word. But you know, but they've exactly got, what you listen, they are waving a communist flag, and I said, You're waving a communist flag. 
Is that racist to say they've got a communist flag? It's I've got nothing. Listen, I'm just playing at the piano. They stood by the piano. I was filming, and then they started laying down the door. I'm not telling them anything that you're telling me to tell them. Okay. Okay. Get on, play your piano. I'll have a discussion with them. Tell them we're in a free country. There we go. We're in a free country. Is anyone watching this? Do you see, we've got the communists here telling me not to do. I'm just going to play some boogie woogie. Is Matty England there? Matty, we need you down at the station. Look, look at, show, show them the police over there. Look, come on, film them before they can run. They the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they're saying, yeah, um, what, I've just been speaking to the tuna guy who came right. to repair it. Right. And he said one of the problems is, you know, people like you bash it so hard. I so, play very gentle, listen. Yeah, no, no, play. So there we go. Yep, it's just uh, crazy, completely insane. Commies out of control. This is what they do. So that was a very interesting video. Uh, now we have what is this one? This is uh, something about Pac-Man. Hold on a second. Oh, first three minutes, 50K for an angry normie to support. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about this. Oh, I, I tweeted about this earlier. Yeah, man, every there's so much shit that goes on. You forget. Half the shit you, you like forget. regular yeah, guy okay. and TikToker Trevor Abney recently. Okay. So I saw this earlier. And we'll play the video. Uh, we'll play the first three minutes. So this is a guy, normal guy, not really political. And I'm seeing a lot of this where, like, just people who don't pay attention to politics are making TikTok videos. And they're like, what the fuck's going on at, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, the grocery store? Like, why is everything so fucking expensive? Well, apparently this guy gets reached out to because his video went viral. And so he was offered money to make positive Joe Biden videos. And here's the thing. And again, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I still th I think right now that, yeah, they they're paying a lot of people. I, I retweeted something to the effect of I think it, there's probably way more people being paid for their opinion out here than than many people realize as far as commentators and shit. Um I also wonder, like right now, they're offering to pay people to say things. But you'll see with this guy, he rebels. And I just wonder, like, when are they going to start really hurting people? Because commies, people that run the Biden regime, they're the type of people, they never take no for an answer. And this is, um, there's a saying. What, what is the saying that uh, right now they're trying to give out carrots? But at some point, they're going to use the stick. Uh, I think that's some... Basically, the stick is like, you know, pain. It, it makes me think that eventually they're just going to start... And maybe that's what the Zerg are for. Maybe that's why they're putting the illegals in all these places. But anyway, here, here, here's the guy who'll tell the story. Self-proclaimed regular guy and TikToker, Trevor Abney recently went on a rant about everything being too expensive. Why is everything so expensive four years ago my rent was twelve hundred dollars a month 
at a luxury apartment complex. It is now $2,100. I went to the grocery store yesterday, right? And got three bags of chips, some ground turkey, and some vegetables. And it was $67. What? I mean, a guy can't even buy a can of dip for less than $8. $8 for a can of dip? What the f is going on? Now this clip got nearly 3 million views, which is incredibly impressive as his other clips typically float around a few thousand. As a Gen Z Gilbert Godfrey seems to be a pretty solid premise. And like most monsters, she goes by one name. It is now $2,100, not even including utilities. But now, he's apparently being approached by Democrat operatives. And this morning I got an email from someone claiming to be from the Democratic Party. And they said, what would your rate be to post positive videos about Joe Biden? And I replied back, honestly, I know nothing about the economy. I don't pretend to know anything about the economy. And I know nothing about politics and I'd rather stay out of it. So they responded back, we understand you're not a fan of the Democrat Party right now. How much would it cost? I was like, you know what? I wonder how bad they want me to post this. 50 grand. And they said yes. For those of you that don't know anything about social media, I have another account that's massive. And like, for brand deals on my 3 million follower account, I get like 5 grand. I'm not gonna lie, I was very, very tempted, but I didn't do it. As this good, video good appears to have been removed since. Now the obvious question is, why would the Democrats so be willing- So I, I wonder if, like I said, did they threaten him? I, I wouldn't be surprised to pay Abner the average American salary for just a minute of his time. And is this someone working on behalf of the Democrats with a legitimate offer? But I honestly believe it because that's how desperate Biden must be getting. As our borders are, Vice President Kamala Harris is out doing interviews on daytime television. One of our big challenges, we've done a lot of good work, we need to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> and on CNN, they try to perpetuate these lies. As inflation has come down, prices have come down, Bullshit. and as we're beginning to see the impact in people's pocketbooks of President Biden's leadership. Now, it's normally easy for them to simply lie about overseas conflicts, immigration situations several states over, or basically anything when the state-sponsored media refuses to cover it correctly. But simply saying, stop paying attention, you're getting richer, doesn't change the reality Americans experience every day. You know how much they're charging for these? Close to $15. Every single one on the shelf was $12 to $15. Go to the meat section. I was like, maybe a beef rib. I haven't had beef in weeks, months. $25 for two pieces of beef ribs. I literally just got a water bottle. <laughs> That's all I could get for lunch. I just spent $83.56 at Air One. This latte, it's a medium oat milk latte. It cost me almost $8 dollars in the middle of missouri just cost me eight dollars i swear if millennials can't even afford their little treats anymore and these were just three random clips out of the thousands uploaded daily and i highly doubt the democrats are actually gonna stop dropping quadrillions of our tax dollars on the boomerang that is biden's war machine so if they don't want to surrender power to trump and they also can't stop prices from skyrocketing their only option is to try and change the narrative around not being able to afford food so they don't need gen z godfrey specifically they just need him to walk back his statements to his nearly half a million followers and when it comes to why this offer is 10 times the average amount this influencer typically receives it's because like most government spending compared to private industry spending the democrats don't actually need to produce results greater than their investment if tim i i i, I wonder 
if um, I wonder if they threatened him. I wonder if they threatened him. <clears throat> Crazy, absolutely insane. Um, Frank Carr says, yeah, there's an Alex Jones video about the pipe bomb. Let's see if we can find it. I think this is the full stream. I don't know what part of it he talked about the pipe bomb on one second. There's a lot of, usually a lot of commercials. And that is the fact that things aren't going border and against E. From the beginning. Oh, BD's probably talking about Okay, here we go. Just look around you at people doing evil, even when it hurts them, because it's the desire of their heart and of their father, the devil. So whether you believe in that entity or not, that the January 2024 is here. It's a real red pill plus. From the beginning, because now as this story is about to blow up, um, you know, there's an amazing push to damage control. But I think the regime understands that it can't be entirely contained at this point. There's a whole universe of investigation that we created related to the pipe bomb over the course of years of major groundbreaking reports. But this latest breakthrough comes courtesy of a Capitol Police video. Now, there have been a lot of talk about, oh, the Capitol Police footage and the new speaker had promised to release the full 40,000 hours, but initially released something like 90. And there was all this talk about it of, you know, the Capitol Police, so the flashbangs and this or that. And my attitude toward the release footage has always been, it's very useful in terms of reinforcing our existing understanding that we have footage of the Capitol Police aggravating the crowds and flash bombing the crowds. But we already knew that. There are already footage like that. We have footage of Capitol Police letting people into the Capitol. Scandalous, but we already knew that. There was already footage of that. There's one piece of footage, however, that till recently went largely unnoticed that comes courtesy of Thomas Massey which I think amounts to a true breakthrough in the pipe bomb case and the regime is freaking out about. And that is a brief seven minute clip from the Capitol Police surveillance footage. They were so reluctant to release this, by the way. It took a tremendous amount of pressure and ultimately Kevin McCarthy, under a tremendous amount of pressure, had to force the Capitol Police to release the seven minute clip. So here it is, and this is the clip that's the subject of a mega viral thread and that I contextualize in a really bombshell piece on Revolver.News. And so I'll walk your audience through it a little bit. So it starts out, and I see you guys are a little bit ahead of me on the B-roll, so I don't know if you can, you can um, start from the beginning. If yeah, you we'll want, start from the beginning in a minute, but explain to people why this is so big. And again, the response of the panic shows you where there's mm -hmm. smoke, there's fire, just like they would try to sue anybody that would talk about Seth Rich. And now we know there was a cover up uh, in that. So so they are very afraid of this, just like we saw around Ray Epps. Absolutely. I mean, I've always said, based on our research, there's the you know two smoking guns of the Fed's erection. One is Ray Epps. The other is the pipe bomb. And incidentally, these two stories, as the pipe bomb story unfolds and unravels, with finality, the Ray Epps story and the pipe bomb story will converge, perhaps not necessarily with Ray Epps himself, but the story of that first 
that initial attack on the west perimeter of the Capitol by the Peace Monument at 1253, that story will converge with the pipe bomb story because one of the smoking guns of the pipe bomb story, which we've reported on extensively for years, is the remarkably coincidental timing of the pipe bombs' discovery. The first pipe bomb was discovered allegedly by a random pedestrian in a behind a trash can in a back alley by the Capitol Hill Club. It was discovered at 12.40 p.m. with 20 minutes left on the dial. So set up precisely as to convey the impression it's going off at 1, which is when the certification proceeding was to begin. The person who discovered that first pipe bomb called it in, and the Capitol Police began responding at 12.50. That's three minutes before the Ray Epps breach on the west perimeter. That iconic footage by the bike rack where Ray Epps is whispering in a guy's ear, that occurred at 12.53. Capitol Police began responding to the first pipe bomb at 12.50. Three-minute time span. And then, as we see in this new footage, which is footage of the DNC bomb being discovered, this begins at 1.05. So scarcely 15 minutes after that first pipe bomb is discovered, the second one is discovered in a video that I'll explain shortly. But And for those that all, are missing it, for Democrats that are tuned in, I understand they have low IQs, I'm serious. This shows coordination. It's all been coordinated for that time. Well, Alex, let me tell you this. The timing was so profoundly, the, the synchronicity was so profoundly striking that the publicly endorsed theory by then head of the Capitol Police, Steve Sund, was that the pipe bombs were never intended to go off, but rather they were implanted in order to divert resources from that West Perimeter attack on the Capitol which is a plausible theory, especially because, again, another bombshell report from a long time ago, we showed that there were mechanical timers equipped on these pipe bombs. These pipe bombs were planted the evening before between 8 and 9 p.m. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. for and those so, who don't know, an egg, an, an egg timer isn't digital, so it's, it only is an hour long. So, again, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And due to the National Forensics uh, Explosive Report, there's no re remote detonation capability. So if the person actually intended for the bomb to go off, it would have gone off at most an hour after being planted. So around 9 p.m. in a back alley would be a total dud, totally meaningless. So the theory that these were planted as a diversion corresponds with the mechanical timer issue and also, most strikingly, with the timing of their discovery. What are the chances? that these pipe bombs are sitting around, the DNC one sitting around for 17 hours, the RNC one for 16 hours, undiscovered, and then magically both are discovered within a 15-minute window of the initial attack on the Capitol and certification proceeding. There's simply no way that that's a coincidence. The only problem is, if these were planted as an intended diversion, how did the pipe bomber count on one, a random pedestrian, and two, a plainclothes Capitol Police officer. How did he count on these people discovering the bomb within a 15-minute time frame that corresponds to that attack? And then the you talk about the footage, that, and, and, and we'll get to that. That I will leave as that question, I will leave as an exercise for the reader. So now let's go to the video footage that is so explosive, and even as a self-contained matter, the footage is remarkable. 
So the footage begins at around 105, again, scarcely 15 minutes after the first one was discovered, where an individual with a backpack comes into frame and walks over to a Metro PD SUV. Now, both the Metro PD SUV and the black SUV are part of Kamala Harris's protection detail in the Secret Service. Kamala Harris, then VP-elect, was in the building, the DNC building at the time. So here's the guy we can watch in real time. He's approaching the vehicle, and he informs both cars, both uh, Secret Service details, that there is a pipe bomb within feet of them. Now, the thing that's striking about this is that there's zero concern whatsoever in reaction to this information. Now, the first thing You'll you do see. is you move the vehicles away. You tell everybody in the building, yeah. uh, evacuate. You'll see this. I, and the clips are on my Twitter thread, so possibly your guys can, like, B-roll it along. So here, here the guy is informing the vehicles. Now it's going to be over a minute before they even bother getting out of the vehicle after having been informed of these pipe bombs. Notice the people just casually crossing the street in the direction of the pipe bombs, not even warned about it. And in fact, most scandalously of all, there's a group of children at around the 109 minute mark. At 109, a group of children cross that street and walk within feet of the pipe bomb as the Secret Service people are there. The Secret Service people are utterly unconcerned for their protectee, Kamala Harris. They're utterly, here it is, utterly unconcerned for the safety of these children who are walking across the street or about to, and utterly concerned for their own safety. They're standing within feet of the bomb right by that bench. So either they are have no preservation instincts and completely and flagrantly violate protocol that would pertain to the discovery of a bomb as a Secret Service agent, or somehow they knew that the bomb was fake. And then again, another troubling question emerges, how do they know it's fake? Look at them just casually standing around. Look at this. They're letting this group of children cross the street and walk within feet of where the bomb is. Do these people look at all concerned about the bomb? No. How do they know it's fake? How do they know that? I mean, their body language is like they are walking over to a snow cone stand or something. Or uh, How do they know that? Now, watch this. Shortly after, there's going to be a Capitol Police officer that comes into the right side of the frame. He's going to walk right up to it and take a picture. Look at that. It's on the right-hand side. Look at this. He's taking a picture. Thumbs up, and then he leaves. And then for the first time ever, they actually speed things up and they get the hell out of there. The first time they ever move. Look at this. They're getting the hell because out of there. Because right now it's time to be part of the production. Now it's time to look secure. <laughs> and here's the, here's the crazy thing. So they're unconcerned for themselves. They're unconcerned for the children. They don't care about Kamala Harris. And yet, and this guy walks right up to it, takes a picture, and... I'm informed very reliably by high-level sources who've seen this video. This is just a seven-minute video. There's a lot more video that's not out yet. But there's video after this of the authorities using a bomb-safe robot to defuse this pipe bomb. The robot that the, the bomb that they just let children walk right by, it's safe enough for that. 
but it's so dangerous they need to use a bomb safe robot. Sure, that's where theory. the theater that's where the theater comes in. That's the theater. Now let let me let me just reinforce some contextual facts on this. Now, this is a Secret Service detail that's exhibiting such bizarre behavior. Now, why is the Secret Service there in the first place? Well, as I mentioned, Kamala Harris, who was then VP-elect, was in the DNC building. Here's something crazy, Alex, and I know you know this, but it's really important to emphasize. This is going to be a big part of how this all blows up in their face. Kamala Harris kept it secret that she was in the DNC building on January 6th. She covered that up for almost a year before it leaked, and still she hasn't acknowledged it. Now think about this. Kamala Harris is one of the most politically opportunistic creatures on this planet. Why on earth would Kamala Harris forego the opportunity to milk politically the fact that she was within a hair's width of losing her life to this ostensible MAGA and stop right there. We're going to go back to this, but let me just add context to back you up. How many Democrats like AOC and others got caught lying, saying they were in the Capitol and were scared and almost got killed to fear for their lives when they were in office buildings down the road? So here she is with an actual pipe bomb right up at the window where she's at, and they don't want this out for some reason. That is another big thing here that doesn't make sense. It's, it's simply inexplicable. It does not lend itself to an innocent explanation. Think furthermore, you know, you've, you've made a big deal of about this, and rightly so. Think about Joe Biden's big speech on the third anniversary of January 6th. Imagine him foregoing the opportunity to mention that his vice president almost lost her life to the pipe bomb. Why would he neglect to mention that? It the truth has to be so dark and so damning and so embarrassing for them to cover it up when it goes completely against their political interests. And it's not as though they moved on from January 6th. Biden gave this huge speech on the third no, anniversary. They're, they're running on Trump's the dictator. They're planning a takeover. They're going to have martial law. Exactly. They're going to kill us all. So, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, doctor, and finish up other points on this. But, but larger picture, then we move into speculation. What do you think really went on? What was supposed to happen? Why are they always never wanting to talk about the pipe bomb? I mean, we I guess we're forced to speculate, but clearly something's been covered up here. Yeah, I mean, it's clear a cover-up. I am 100% certain this is a cover-up. This is a phony operation. And, you know, usually these things, we get to the point where any reasonable in person digesting information in good faith comes to an obvious conclusion. And I think that's where we are based on our extensive reporting on Ray Epps. But in this case, in the pipe bomb case, I think we're actually gonna get the smoking gun. We are so close. We are one step removed from actually getting the smoking gun and then they're gonna be in full damage control you mode. You mean the smoking, gun that, the smoking gun that they or somebody's close to them planted it. I think it's clear they know it, it's all a setup. You can see the body language. And the thing is, one other thing, Alex, when this happens, I guarantee you, the, the feds, the people responsible for this operation, they are scrambling and brainstorming right now to think about how they can maximize damage control. Number one, by feeding the final steps of this story to more 
domesticated journalists so Revolver News doesn't get credit because they don't want to lend legitimacy to us because then the next thing we cover can't be ignored and they can't dismiss it as conspiracy theory. So they're going to try to launder this story to a more friendly or domesticated media source because it's going to come out inevitably. Sure, sure. Doc, we only have a few minutes left. So I totally agree with yeah. you, but, but, but you don't like to speculate, but we know it's clearly an FBI training device. They clearly act like it's no big deal for a long time, then suddenly put on a kabuki theater for everybody. Harris covers up, she's in the building. Somehow she was going to be written into the narrative that somebody tried to go after her, but for some reason they decided not to go with that. So we're having to speculate now. Uh, yeah. but, but, but you say it's about to break. A, what is about to break? And then speculating or talking to a lot of smart people that you do, there's also a lot of whistleblowers. Do, do we know what the narrative was? Well, you know, truthfully, I am disinclined to speculate just because we're so close. I want to stick with what's rock solid. But I can say with absolute confidence, this was an op. And they're now at, they know that this has reached escape velocity. The thread that I did on this is like 11.5 million views. Um, we did an interview with Tucker concurrently with that, with millions of views. This is an escape velocity. And this latest video is so damning that, you know, at the very least, they have to explain the flagrant violation of protocol for these Secret Service agents doing nothing while children walk by the bomb. And, you know, th there has to be an explanation. Sure, what they're dreading is congressional hearings, just like Ray Epps became a major yeah. point. This and is so about to become I'll, an explanation. I just want to, I want to squeeze in one final point in there, because the, the core strategy of their damage control is going to be to cordon off the pipe bomb story, which is going to be a huge scandal in its own right, but they're gonna to try to cordon that off to prevent it from metastasizing narratively into other dimensions January 6th. But they cannot do that because of the perfect synchronicity between the timing of the pipe bomb's discovery and that initial breach on the Capitol by the peace monument. When it's exposed that the finally that the pipe bomb thing was an op, it will necessarily follow. The next domino necessarily is that that peace monument breach was a Fed op in precisely the way that we described in our now classic piece called Meet Ray Epps Part Two. These two stories are going to converge. We have and a few minutes left. A few minutes left. When do you expect this? Because it's already been exploding. Again, no pun intended, but it is exploding. Obviously, Ray Epps, so much pressure. They have to charge him. Then no prison time uh, when he's there coordinating way more than anybody else. And then people that did, that, that, that did nothing get 20 years. He's there saying, I coordinated it. Go in, go in, go in, ramming signs into people. And he gets uh, no jail time. Absolutely. I mean, they're desperately trying to tie up the loose ends there. And so, you know, when we see it, we say no jail time. They waited, you know, almost three years to charge him with anything. And whereas he was one of the first people put on the FBI's most wanted list. So they think the people are so dumb that even if they give him a misdemeanor charge, a phony misdemeanor wrist slap charge three years after January 6th and don't give him any jail time, they think they're refuting us by saying, oh, look, See, you said he was he was a Fed because we didn't charge him. Well, he finally got a misdemeanor charge. I guess you guys are debunked. I guess you guys are conspiracy theorists now because, you know, we finally charged him with a and misdemeanor. And you predicted when he got charged that it would be no time spent. 
Yeah, well, but even if there was time spent, it wouldn't change the fundamental analysis. What's out there is out there. So no matter what they have done, it's like they can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. The Ray Epps story is already out there, and there's no explanation for you know the full range of things that we've put forth to the public um, year for years now. Like a misdemeanor charge, even sure. if they did give him six months, wouldn't have explained right, it. We only got about a minute left. Thanks for the time. Uh, Revolver.news, amazing work. Uh, you've been just over the target for years. In, in, in 30, 40 seconds, what, what's the time frame? You obviously know a lot more you're not saying on air. I've got some of the same intel coming in. And obviously, we shouldn't you know, you know, go too far, just let it naturally come out. But they're definitely scared of this. Well, what, what, what's the timetable here? Well, I couldn't say specifically, but I, I suspect this will all unravel in the coming couple months, maybe even sooner. What I've heard is there's whistleblowers about to come out. Well, you know, there are a lot of whistleblowers of different varieties, and some have accurate information, some don't, unfortunately, and sometimes that's malicious. Sometimes it's just, you know, uh, a well-intentioned mistake. And so I think it's really important to severely vet any information coming out because, again, as part of the limited hangout, as part of the damage control strategy, oftentimes the government will give sort of fake or half-fake information to people or whistleblowers to serve to discredit um, the story sure. when certain aspects are shown to be false. So we all need to be very careful and severely evaluate and vet information coming out in the next couple months. I totally agree. But in summation, of all the different federal operations and operators, you know, too many to count, they admitted in federal court, too many operators to count, while the FBI director tried to deny it, this is going to be cut and dry at the feds, trying to do some nasty stuff, and they're in a lot of trouble, and that's good. Dr. Beatty, thank you so much. Indeed. Thank you, Alex. All right. So, yeah, the, the gay op is completely crumbling. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I wonder what their uh, excuse is going to be. Oh, they had to do that. They had to put a fake uh, pipe bomb there because Donald Trump is so dangerous. We had to save democracy. It'll be very interesting. All right, let me read some of these super chats. Uh, we're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description, and in the uh, YouTube chat. Also, uh, YouTube has banned the Soft Gentleman's channel. The Soft Gentleman's channel has been completely banned by YouTube. Um, the soft gentleman's bathhouse was about 25% of our uh, monthly income, depending on the month. And so we're trying to rebuild the bathhouse on the bottom left of the screen. You'll see uh, our goal. I think we're about, I think we're at, what are we at? 15, 16. Let's see one second. Where is that? Uh, yeah, 15. Thank you to the 15 people that have signed up. And uh, thank you to Midnight Chrome for signing up on Subscribestar. So if you want to help us with that, you can go to subscribestar.com slash hard dash bastard in the description on Rumble or in the chat uh, in YouTube. The bot is posting the, the links periodically. Uh, or you can uh, go to Rumble and click the red subscribe button. And uh, hopefully we can get that uh, back up and going. And uh, the soft gentleman is despondent. Uh, I've not heard from him since. He's devastated. He might be dead. I don't know. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, rampant homophobia from YouTube. Just rampant. That's a hate crime. They committed a hate crime. And that's a hell of a thing right there. 
Silky Johnser says, Profane bad man, since YouTube committed that rank act of homophobic genocide, I've been without a bathhouse. Oh, it's Silky Johnser, the homosexual brother of Silky Johnson. I've been without a bathhouse and crying nonstop. I've even drilled holes into bathroom stalls because I'm going to through... I'm going through glory hole withdrawal. I gotta watch out for that glory hole withdrawal. And the owner got mad. How dare they? Yeah, how did? Don't they understand? You have a civil right for for glory holes. It is your homosexual civil rights to drill holes wherever you want. And uh, uh, that's outrageous. What a just nonstop homophobia. What an oppressed minority they truly are. Man, yes, that's. Uh, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, my channel outlasted uh, the Soft Gentlemen's. Isn't that interesting? By the way, uh, if you watch on YouTube, I highly recommend going to any of the other alternatives. Uh, Rumble's great. Rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network or any of the other ones. Uh, also, I, I guess as a reminder, February 5th, there's going to be a new show on off nights. So that would be Monday and Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be for about an hour or so. A completely different format. We'll see if people like it. And uh, I'll also be making clips from that. And uh, I'll be encouraging people to share those clips on social media. But we'll uh, take care of that uh, uh, when we get there. Also, I posted a link. I'll post it again. There's a poll. We can vote on what the name of the audience should be. And it looks like Glorious Bastards is uh, uh, in a sizable lead at this point. Silky Johnson says, HB, though I am not a black man, I am named after the ninth annual player hater of the year. That is true. And then, and, th and in that spirit, with my player hating powers, I do ordain you with the nigga pass. So be a wop-ass nigga and drop uh, that N-bomb like Biden blowing up kids. Shit. Yes, uh... It really looks like uh, Nikki Haley is not only staying in the race, that she has no chance of winning, but that she is going to uh, use a racial narrative that she is a brown person, a person of color. Nikki Haley is a passing white woman. This is a ridiculous narrative. And if she is a person of color, then I'm a black man. Frankly, I would probably argue I'm more black than she would ever be, considering the fact that I'm part Sicilian. I'm Italian. Uh, my my uh, grandmother's from Calabrese, and my grandfather's from uh, Sicily. What I understand, at least according to the movie True Romance, uh, uh, Sicily uh, was conquered by the Moors, and at least according to Dennis Hopper, quote, the Moors are niggas, unquote. <clears throat> so, anyway, there you go. And uh, so I'm part eggplant. You're a cantaloupe. All right, let's move on here. Uh, what's the next one? Silky Johnson says, though it's too late, HB, uh, Tracksuit Mafia would be a pretty cool name. That's pretty good, too. Maybe you could start a tracksuit review channel, have your own testing system, like getting uh, big can women to wear the tops and see if they stay together while jumping a rope. That, that's a fantastic idea. That is a fantastic idea. That would be... That, you know, that would probably take, we'd have to hire actresses. Well, <laughs> actresses, <laughs> whores. We'd have to hire some whores to do that. And, uh, you know, with all the track suits, they would probably get pricey. But it is a good idea. That would be uh, pretty funny. Pazinski says, and I quote, Nigga bastard, for the off days, 
You don't do news streams. How about you open a test stream for an exclusive viewer contributor con contest or content and help you with soft gentlemen getting nukes. The rules of breaking news apply. So we send Twitter stuff, poop, and etc. Um, so for the new show, uh, I, I will have at, at the end, I'll read all the uh, super chats. And if people s submit breaking news, then I'll do the breaking news. No problem. Yeah, anytime. That's That's been very helpful to the channel. I forget who came up with that. It was a great idea. Uh, again, for people that don't know, if people submit a, a, a link, uh, at 10 and up details in the description on Rumble. It's been very helpful. So if they send them during... Uh, during uh, that show. That's totally fine. Michelle Kincaid says, there's definitely something missing in that Florida pregnancy story. If the baby didn't have either kidneys, a doctor would know that it can't survive. If the doctor is afraid, you would search for another doctor and, and another and so on if you needed to. Or you can leave Florida. Yeah, I, I suspect the doctor... It, it, it's because it's it's what happened in Indiana. The girl, this little girl, got raped by an illegal, and the procedure was completely legal in Indiana. But instead, the people, uh, it, it, was it the uh, pediatrician or the the doctor, was a Democrat activist, and made a big deal and made the girl go out of state to get the procedure, even though the procedure was completely legal and it was one of the exceptions in Indiana. And they got their media narrative out of it. Um, so it makes me think this is a similar situation. And also, like, how does that make sense? They knew it was legal to go out of state, but they were afraid they were going to be arrested. What the fuck am I even supposed to do with that? Okay, I, I'm sorry that happened, but... So we're supposed to let Democrats kill babies because you were afraid to go out of state? Look, I'm sure that was a very stressful, fucked up situation, especially you got this little kid looking forward to his sister. That's a nightmare. That's a fucking nightmare. That's, that's, I, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Because, you know, the innocence of kids should be protected at all times. But that's an impossible, at some point, you're going to have to tell this kid that his sister died. That's fucking awful. Using that, though, to try to, like, promote Democrat policy of baby killing, unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, yeah, that's a horrible situation. You're in a nightmare situation. No question. You're in a nightmare situation. I'm sorry that's happening. You're going to have to figure out how to deal with being afraid, and you're going to have to go out of state. And this is the thing. You might not even have had to go out of state. What about going to another doctor? They didn't say, you know, it's one thing if they were like, and then she went to this doctor and they were like, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. You're going to have to just wait. And then another doctor said the same thing. But they, it seems like from the story, they only went to one doctor. Yeah, it's just, uh, it has all the, we'll use their language. It has all the hallmarks of a bullshit Democrat story. Um, by the way, it's possible. I don't know anything about this woman. It's possible that, that she went to at least one doctor and they lied to her and they were like, well, Ron DeSantis is evil and because of him, there's nothing we can do, even though that wasn't true. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Tessa Cunningham says, why do so many want the government to give them health care, but they don't want the government in their vagina? Shut the fuck up. You ask for the government to be in your vagina. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. 
Two Supernova One says, Kyle would know about servicing other men, wouldn't he? What a fag. Looks like one, sounds like one, acts like one. Yeah, why does Kyle Kalinske always talk about cocks? And it's not, it's, the issue isn't, look, if you want to make cock references, I have no problem with that. You know, they make cock references on the, on the Tower Gang all the time, and they talk about cock a little too much for my taste, but that's okay. I just fast forward. But Kyle always goes into detail about the different ways that cocks can either touch a man's face, the different methods to sucking a cock, the different methods to sucking multiple cocks at one time. See, that, that seems to be... And you know what, by the way, if that's, what, if that's part of your thing, you know, let's say you're, you want to make your show a little bit gay. You're just a gay guy and you just want to... Okay, fine. But he's always accusing other people of being gay. And for the, for the worst reasons... That, like, if you don't want uh, pedophiles doing drag shows in front of children, somehow that makes you a closeted homosexual, according to Kyle. But talking about cock all the time and the different ways it can hit your face, that's sudden, that's, that's not gay? That's just, that makes no sense. Absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. All right, where did, where, that was Kalinsky, right? Where, let's see, that was that. New Hampshire. Oh, here, speaking of uh, Kyle... New Hampshire proves we're fucked. Really? Are we fucked? What do you mean by that? All right, that? guys. So the day is almost upon us. On okay, let's see if he can go one video without talking about cock. Tuesday, we have the New Hampshire primary on both the Democratic side and the Republican side. Now, I should point out on the Democratic side, the DNC is doing something which is very heavy-handed and authoritarian. They're saying, your primary doesn't count. Now, the reason why that's happening is... Uh, in New Hampshire state law, their primary has to go first. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So they're saying we're going to follow our state law and we're going to go first. But the DNC tried to jerry-rig the order and they said, let's put South Carolina first. They say because we care about diversity. In reality, it's because Biden did really well in South Carolina and they want him to do really well this time as well. So they want South Carolina to go first. So they're sanctioning the South Carolina primary. And oh, you know what? I, uh, what if, think about this. This is such a disaster for Biden on multiple fronts. You, you could not, I don't know if you could have written a script making it worse for Joe Biden heading into the election. Not only is he the worst president in the history of the country, not, as, not only is the economy awful, but specifically left-wing voters are pissed off about the economy, immigration. Immigration is fucking with left-wing voters because this migrant crisis is so over the top and on top of that there's a lot of democrats that do not at all like how he's handling the israel gaza situation uh, is it possible that he does very poorly in the can you imagine if biden does poorly in the primary in south carolina oh wouldn't that be that'd be fun that would be fun we'll have to see We'll have to see, but that would be interesting. But they are going to have to replace him with somebody, uh, either Newsom or Big Dick Mike. It's actually not Big Dick Mike. It's, uh, I mean, Michael Obama does have a penis, but it uh, doesn't seem like it's a big one. But anyway, like I said, Ellen video, there's that perfect freeze frame that my question to anyone doubting, and that's fine, you know, I used to doubt. What is that other than a penis? That's my question. That's, and I'm, you know, open to any answers. Saying you're the first, and the New Hampshire one, they're just ignoring. Honestly, I've never seen anything like this in my life in uh, U.S. politics to just outright dismiss 
all of the um, votes in a particular primary because you want to rig the process and the order, it honestly is astonishing. So I'm going to get to the Democrats in a second and give you my breakdown there. Um, but let's first dive into the Republicans here. So a new CNN poll came out. Trump's lead over Haley widens to double digits in New Hampshire. So uh, Ron DeSantis has now dropped out. He was only getting about 6% in New Hampshire. Honestly, he was even below where like Chris Christie was. So he wasn't doing well there. But that six percentage points is likely going to go to Donald Trump. DeSantis' voters are more aligned with Trump than they are with any of the other candidates. Um, of course, Vivek dropped out. He wasn't pulling that well in New, ha New Hampshire either, but that will also go to Donald Trump. Uh, there was a brief moment where Haley got within seven uh, of Trump in one <coughs> poll in New Hampshire and within four points in another poll. So she definitely had a real surge in New Hampshire in particular. But still, uh, overall, the numbers are very pro-Trump. So you have, here are the last few polls on this. Trump plus 11 over Haley, Trump plus 19 over Haley, Trump plus 14 over Haley, Trump plus 16 over Haley. It's an average of Trump plus 15 in the primary. So um, a lot of these numbers are taken again before DeSantis dropped out, before Vivek dropped out, but nonetheless, they have now dropped out. So you can see here, there is a real Haley surge. You see the red line, that's Haley. The purple line is Trump. But I also should point out, there's a real Trump surge. After Trump drags the competition in Iowa, he also got a big bump. So the final numbers before the vote, we have Trump at 50.3% and Haley at 35.3%. And I don't know, I don't think anybody has done a poll yet without any other options. Now that DeSantis just dropped out yesterday, you know, I haven't seen a poll with like a head-to-head -head Trump versus Haley. So, you know, we're, we're working on some limited information here to make a prediction. And I will say... So real quick, especially if you're on YouTube, I'll post it in the different chats uh, regardless. Um, because they banned the soft gentleman, there's a good chance they're going to ban the hard bastard on YouTube. So I'm going to post in the different chats the link tree. The link tree has all of the different links to different sites and everything. The prediction I'm about to make for New Hampshire, I'm not nearly as solid on as I was on the Iowa prediction. On the Iowa prediction, I almost totally nailed uh, what Nikki Haley got and what Ron DeSantis got. I had DeSantis beating Nikki Haley. That was true. Um, and I had, I had a 21... DeSantis 19 Nikki Haley I believe no no I'm sorry I had it at 23 and 20 or something like that and it ended up being 21 and 19 so I was very close for them where I was wrong in Iowa was Trump Trump I thought would get 42 or 43 percent he outperformed that and got 51 percent now I should point out New Hampshire is a very different state than Iowa it is it's very different in Iowa there's a lot of white evangelical Christians yeah Trump won in New Hampshire very conservative so it's almost no surprise that if anything there was a it was trump outperforming the polling data i didn't see it coming but it happened right in new hampshire i actually think it's quite the opposite don't get it twisted trump is still going to win and he's going to win comfortably but what you are going to see i think is haley is going to outperform the polls in new hampshire for this main reason in the republican primary you can have unaffiliated voters vote in the primary and the unaffiliated voters are almost all going to cut in the direction of Nikki Haley. So, what do I think it's going to be? I think we're basically going to have uh, Trump at 55% and Nikki Haley at 45%. That's where I think we're going to end up. Again, sort of hard to game these things out because we haven't had polls with the other candidates not in the race, and now they're not in the race. So it's sort of like a guessing game. But I think it's going to be Trump 55, Nikki Haley 45, which means Nikki Haley will outperform. So again, I just posted in the YouTube chat the link to Linktree. So uh, if the Hard Bastard channel on YouTube gets banned, uh, all of the different uh, secondary uh, 
channels are there, so you can bookmark any of the ones that you like. Perform the polls, but so does Trump. And then it's like, he wins by 10 points, and I hate to say it, guys, but we're fucked. This <laughs> thing is, like, over, over. The only <laughs> thing that you can hope for is that, like, Nikki Haley or somebody else, uh, she's the only one left, so it would have to be Nikki Haley stays in the race just in case Trump gets removed from the ballot or just in case he's guilty on one of the 91 criminal charges and then he's behind bars and he can't really be president. Um, and DeSantis dropped out, so he's not hanging in for the long haul to maybe be there if Trump gets taken off the field. I don't know if Nikki Haley's going to do it. I tend to think she's not going to do it. I tend to think they'll just clear the field. It'll be Donald Trump. And then what will happen is either Trump will be the nominee and he'll be in the general election or he'll be the nominee. He doesn't make it to the general election. And whoever Trump picks as his VP is going to be the standard bear for the Republican Party if Trump ends up behind bars. So that leads me to believe I always thought uh, Christy Noem was going to be his VP pick. But do you really want a party based around Christy Noem? I think that's kind of impossible to build a party around her. She has the charisma of a dirty diaper. You know, I think it's possible that Trump picks his own son to be his VP so that he can be the standard bearer of the party if Trump is taken off the field. I think that's a What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking... Again, again. By the way, if this cockamamie bullshit turns out to be true, I will completely retract. First of all, the idea that if Trump gets convicted, he'd have to come off the ballot. That's not how any of this works, Okay. That somehow, if he got elected and if he was convicted, that he wouldn't be... Like, this is... That's not how any of this works. Secondly, he's not going to appoint Don Jr. to the, be the VP? Oh, my God. You're like Cenk. You just have no fucking clue. Oh, my God in heaven. Are you kidding me? Literally in the realm of what is possible. So, anyway, Ugh. my prediction for New Hampshire, 55% Trump, 45% Nikki Haley. At the end of the day... It won't really matter much because then we'll move on to South Carolina and Trump will drax Nikki Haley probably by double digits there as well. And it looks like the inevitable is unfolding. You know, the best case scenario you could hope for if you're not named Trump is Nikki Haley gets 51%, Donald Trump gets 49%, she wins New Hampshire. Then she takes that momentum into South Carolina and ends up winning South Carolina. And if that happens, then we have a race. Then we have a race. But if we don't have that happen, there is no more race. There is no more race. And the Republicans are betting it all on a guy with 91 criminal charges who could be taken off the field at any moment. How would right, he so be taken off of the field? What do you mean? What do you mean? That's the Republicans. Now let's get to the Democrats. So understand something. Since the DNC is not... I mean, he's not arguing if the Supreme Court doesn't rule his way, he gets taken off the field. And, and I believe that just, uh, that just is uh, Colorado. And there's a whole bunch of states that uh, the commies have lost, and they're putting him uh, on the ballot. He's saying that, like, somehow... What does he think? That the police arrest him, and then that's it, and he's not allowed to... Like, that's, that's not how this works. Uh, allowing this to go forward. New Hampshire is sort of putting their middle finger up and credit to them for that, and they are moving forward with it. But that means Biden's not on the ballot. He's on as a write-in candidate. He's on as a write-in candidate. So he's saying, you know, hey, you got to write my name in in order to win. Now, does that make it less likely he will do really well? It actually does. It actually does. If you have to write the name in, it makes it less likely people are going to do it. Uh, it's more likely they just default to some of the names that are there. So what are the names that are there? Well, it's Dean Phillips and it's Marianne Williamson. Um, I don't know if Cenk got approved for New Hampshire. I think he didn't, but I could be wrong. Correct me below if you know the answer to that. Um, 
Jenks having a hard time getting on ballots because, you know, he's not a natural-born U.S. citizen, and some states are allowing it, some states aren't. So I don't know if New Hampshire is or isn't one of those states. You guys can tell me in the comment section below. But um, in the polling average, even with Biden as a write-in candidate, we have Biden plus 48 on average. Biden plus 53 in one poll, Biden plus 33 in another, Biden plus uh, 58 in another. Um, so you can see here the average of the polls. You have Biden at 58.7%. Uh, Dean Phillips at 10.7%, Marianne Williamson at 5.3%. So again, this is the average. This also includes a time when people barely knew who Dean Phillips was. Um, there's a poll that came out recently from the American Research Group, which is like a C-plus pollster, according to 538. So they're not the best, but they're not the worst. And this, in this new poll, they actually had uh, Dean at like 32%, and they had Marianne Williamson at 3%. And um, so, in other words, they had him really taking a bite out of Biden. But here's the thing, guys. If you can't beat Biden in New Hampshire, where his name is not even on the ballot, and he literally put his middle finger up to the entire state, then I'm not sure you could beat him anywhere. I'm not sure you could beat him anywhere. And that means that this thing is over on the Democratic side as well. So, um, what's my prediction? Here's my prediction. I do think that... Um, Dean and Marianne are going to outperform what their numbers are. I do think that, I think Dean will get higher than 10. I think Marianne will get higher than 5. I do. But I still think, despite all that, Biden's going to get maybe just under 50% and end up winning. So, if, again, if you can't beat him with this set of facts on the ground, then we ought to call a spade a spade. And it looks like, despite all the concerns about his age and all the concerns about the horrible policy decisions he's making, People are still like, that's our guy. We just we view him as the guy who can take on Trump, and that's why we're going to go with him. So that's my guess. I think Biden will underperform. I think he'll get under 50%, which is a little embarrassing, right? But he'll get under 50%. I do think Dean will outperform his average, and I do think Marianne Williamson will outperform her average. Uh, they'll both be above that, but ultimately it'll still be Biden. And so, look, I, I also have to say this in conclusion— you have to give tremendous credit to Marianne Williamson, and you have to give tremendous credit to Dean Phillips, because they see the same thing you and I see when we look at Biden, where they genuinely fear that this guy is going to hand the country over to Trump again. This is not like 2020. He's lost a step or two. His policy decisions have been horrible. People are, are genuinely concerned about his age because of his lack of cognitive skills at this moment. And there were only two people, well, three, when you include Jenk, who stepped up and said, we got to do something about this. We got to do something about it. We can't just hand the country over to Trump. And they stepped up and they did their damnedest. But look, the fact of the matter is, and Marianne can testify to this, and I'm sure so can Dean Phillips now. Like, if the media is not taking you seriously, even to hate you, I'd rather have the media hate Marianne or hate Dean than just be indifferent to them. But what they faced was media indifference. And that is the death of a campaign. You can survive the media hating your campaign. Because if the media hates you, that's going to inspire some other group of people to like you, and boom, your polls can start to go up. But if the media is just indifferent to you, they act like you don't exist, well, then nobody knows you exist, right? And so I know Marianne has done tremendous work on the ground in New Hampshire, and I know Dean Phillips has too. And um, I think that'll pay off to some extent. But again, politics is so national now that if you're not getting that mainstream media attention, if there's not noise around your name, good or bad, and it's just silence, it's so hard to to, you know, walk into that tsunami and get out the other side. The tsunami just takes you down with it, right? So, 
Um, that's my guess as to what happens. Biden gets a little under 50%. Dean and Marianne uh, outperform the polls. Um, that is a rebuke of Biden to one extent or another. But again, if you can't beat him here, there's going to be no beat him anywhere. So it'll look like we're heading towards a Trump-Biden rematch. I mean, that's what's very, very likely now, even though this is like the last thing everybody wanted. Hey, y'all, do me a favor and... Well, <clears throat> this is uh, lo looking good so far. Um, they're pretending Donald Trump is the one that's cognitive, cognitively impaired. And so they asked Elise Stefanik and she didn't answer the way. Donald well, Trump made was. headlines over the weekend when he confused Nikki Haley for Nancy Pelosi, saying that Nikki Haley was in fact somehow in charge of security at the Capitol when he meant to say Nancy Pelosi. And it wasn't a simple slip of the tongue or anything like that because Trump repeated her name over and over and over again. Let me read you Donald Trump's original quote. By the way, they, uh, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, do you know, they destroyed all the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because uh, of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, national guards, whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. These are very dishonest people. Let's count, shall we? Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, four times. Like it's one thing. If you like slip up once, you're like, well, Nikki Haley, uh, excuse me, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of, but he repeated her name four times. He repeated it at different points. He didn't points. say she, uh, she was in charge of the um, National Guard four times. Points it sounded like he was about to talk about her and then he remembered some shit about January 6th and he started talking about that. Bring the sentence or, or the paragraph he was talking about. That's a lot. That's a big mental F oh, up. Yeah. Big time. And by the way, Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, not Nikki Haley, actually. Uh, and also, even as Speaker of the House, by the way, Nancy Pelosi is not in charge of security for the Capitol. That is, in fact, That's the Capitol Police Board. Man. Nevertheless, Donald Trump's loyal servant, Republican Representative Elise Stefanik, wouldn't went go along with the media narrative. On the Sunday morning talk shows where she defended Donald Trump's mental slip up and said that his mental capacity, according to Elise Stefanik, is actually better than ever. Now she was specifically asked, hey, listen, uh, yesterday, this guy didn't know who the hell he was talking about. And Elise Stefanik was like, nah, his mental capacity is better than ever. Cognitive abilities pff, off the charts. He is doing so great mentally, Elise Stefanik told us. And she also added, by the way, uh, I, of course, would be honored to serve in any capacity in a Trump administration. I'm proud to be the first member of Congress to endorse his reelection. I'm proud to be a strong supporter of President Trump, and he's going to win this November. And then she explained away the Nikki Haley thing saying, you know, the, the reality is Nikki Haley's relying on Democrats, just like Nancy Pelosi to try to have a, a desperate showing, whatever that means. Like she wants a desperate showing, Elise Stefanik said, just like Nancy Pelosi, the dev. So like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, do we need to start worrying about Elise Stefanik's mental capacity? Right. Cause if you don't obey the media narrative, you're mentally ill and you're going to have to be locked up because your statement in defense of Trump also made no sense at all. Like it was nonsensical verbal diarrhea 
<laughs> that you're spewing on the Sunday morning talk show here. But while Elise Stefanik was defending Donald Trump, again, saying his mental capacity is better than ever, you had two Republicans go on Fox News to talk about Donald Trump's mental slippage. And then, of course, you had an MSNBC contributor talking about how clearly obvious it is that Donald Trump's mental capacity is rapidly diminishing before our very... <laughs> so this is... Li- While they're making this up, Joe Biden is having, like, the worst appearances that he's ever had. There's a clip today where he's, like, mumbling. He can't even make any sense. And then his crowd cheers for him. It's hilarious. Very eyes. And again, two Republican lawmakers talked about it on Fox. I don't give a fuck who comes up with the bullshit. It doesn't matter. News. A person said a thing. Who cares? Bad it is. MSNBC, yeah, you expect that. What do you mean Fox News is completely compromised? Two Republican congressmen saying it on Fox News? Who cares? Okay, Elise, you're a little out of line here. Members of your own party, your actual colleagues from Congress, are on Fox News saying, wow, this guy... Who fucking cares? Guy's getting bad. He's getting worse. And you're out there defending it, saying, well, I'd love to serve in his administration in any capacity. I love what I'm doing. And Nikki Haley is like a Democrat, kind of, so that makes sense. And Trump's better than ever, right? I think it may be time to schedule your right. cognitive See, there you exam. Go. He, he wants to lock up everybody. Sam, because Hopefully he gets locked up. Or he just takes another booster. If you think Trump is firing on all either. cylinders, then maybe you also are suffering from some serious cognitive decline. Actually, if he takes another booster, it will be cheaper for taxpayers, so let's go that route. Uh, SP Ross and Rumble says, uh, these are disasters of people. Most are disheveled slobs. That's true. A lot of disheveled. The few who aren't prefer to get their shit shoved in with a pure gold dildo. Yeah, they are disheveled. Especially like David Pakman. Just, uh, ugh, terrible. Now they're claiming all people who have known Trump for decades say his mental decline is worse than ever. Multiple individuals who have covered Donald. Guys, multiple individuals. Trump worked with him closely uh, through a Mm. journalistic capacity. Yes. For the last several decades. Yes. Two of them. Please say David K. Johnson. Have come out. Come on, David. In just the last few days. To talk about Donald Trump's cognitive decline. Now, Trump spent a good amount of time just last week talking about how cognitively sound he is. His brain is working at full capacity. He ain't slowing down. His age isn't catching up with him. Everything's great because, as he said, he was able to identify the difference between a giraffe and a whale. And uh, so, yeah, that means everything's cool. Well, let's start with what Jonathan Lemire had to say. He said, and he said this on MSNBC on Friday. Oh. When I was a Metro reporter with the New York Daily News, we covered Trump from time to time 15, 20 years ago. It's very clear he's not the same guy he was then, and that post about presidential immunity also had the great Trump tell of this era, which is when he goes to all caps. When he goes to all caps, and it is an all caps screed, particularly about his legal predicaments, you know it's a window into how upset and anxious he is. 
And that was the other night where he was posting overnight repeatedly about E. Jean Carroll and other, quote, witch hunts. And then yesterday morning went so far as to say this, needing full immunity for even events that crossed the line. This is something that feels like not only, of course, a scary projection of what could come in a second Trump term where you would say, I, I could do whatever I want and can't be prosecuted. But it's the cognitive decline. Now, using all caps shows cognitive decline. I'm going to read you what the other one said. This is from Tim O'Brien, who wrote a book many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago, called Trump Nation. He spent a lot of time with Donald Trump, traveled with him, you know, on his jet, all of that. And here's what Mr. O'Brien had to say. I flew around with him in his plane and walked his golf courses with him 20 years ago, not very cognitively together then, much less cognitively better now. Oh, well, there you go. Case closed. So we got two men yeah. who spent years, yeah. literally. Experts, they're experts, not partisan at all. Years working with Donald Trump, interviewing Donald Trump, getting to know him during these, you know, more intimate moments. Not like that, but you know what I mean? And they're telling us like, yeah, even if he wasn't great then, there's definitely something different and something clearly wrong now. Something but it is important to point something wrong. out about what both of these men are talking about. Neither of these men is suggesting that there is necessarily something medically wrong with <laughs> Donald Trump. They're not saying that he's suffering from dementia or oh that it's Alzheimer's or anything like that. What they are talking about is his mental capacity that has clearly diminished mm. due to the stress yes. that he has brought upon himself. Right. Yes. He's having a breakdown. You know, that's where now Lemire he's having a breakdown talking about the all caps rants that Donald Trump puts on true social. He's scared. He's anxious. He's panicked. And when people are in those positions, they're not thinking clearly. They're not, as you would say, in their right mind. And after prolonged periods, because so let's how not, does a person get into their right mind? Well, by obeying Democrat narratives, of course. Forget John Donald Trump's been dealing with this. What? Ever since he left office, even before he left office, when he was having the breakdowns about losing the 2020 election. So and this is breakdown. Did he have what breakdowns? You're making that up been going on for over three years, three years. Donald Trump has been in a constant state of anger anxiety, panic. You don't know anything about how he feels. You're out of your mind. All of that takes its toll. When you live in those constant states for years on end, as Don hopefully worrying about the date you get yeeted into, a, uh, into the sun, it takes its toll on you. Donald Trump has, it will. We're not going to tell you. We're going to make you guess. Will impair your brain's ability. And that is what's happened to Donald Trump. He's done this to himself <laughs> on top of, as you know, the mental health experts sick, say his sick fucker, narcissistic personality disorder. Oh yeah, that's real. They're not suggesting that there's something medically wrong, right? but they are saying the stress has gotten uh, to him and his brain can no longer function properly <laughs> because he has just destroyed it from the inside out. Uh, this this is blue anon retardation. Finn, the ass Willis scandal won't save Trump. He put scandal in quotes. Well, folks, we officially do have an investigation. By the way, now, now remember, this is the fucking piece of shit that now 
the whole lock up everyone, all Trump supporters thing, that's newer. Um, this motherfucker from day one has been calling for everybody to be arrested. This guy has argued for conservatives to be arrested over, like, parking tickets. He wanted uh, Kellyanne Conway arrested for going on Fox News and saying she liked Ivanka's clothing. Okay? So, now, when it comes to F Fannie Willis, no, he doesn't want any of them locked up. No, 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 no. This is no big deal. It's normal. It's normal for this to happen. Investigation now taking place in Georgia with Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, and uh, the man, one of her fellow prosecutors working on the indictments, or, or the case, I guess, at this point, of Donald Trump and the other co-defendants, um, allegedly having an affair together. There is now an investigation into that, and, and I gotta say, it doesn't look good. And that's very disappointing to say. Like, I have had high praise for Fonnie Willis throughout everything she has done. I, there were even points where I suggested, hey, Maybe in a second Biden administration, if Merrick Garland doesn't want to do the job anymore, she'd make a good attorney general um, because she's a good worker. She did a great job, but unfortunately things are looking pretty bad. And the problem is not with Fonnie Willis though. The problem is with Donald Trump and the co-defendants. Right. Cause it's, here's the thing. It's Donald Trump's fault that this is happening. And this is now, there's this big article in Donald Trump made that poor man, fuck that fat pig. How dare you? Oh, Donald, why did you force Wade to fuck, uh, 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 ask Willis? How dare you? I can't believe you did that, Trump. Vice, uh, yeah, they talked to multiple legal experts and all of these legal experts agree on the same thing that, yeah, it looks all of the legal experts agree bad. It makes the prosecutor's office look bad if it's proven that these two were having an affair. However, they all agreed that it does not in any way actually affect yeah. the charges. No problem. Yeah, this doesn't affect it at all. That Willis brought against Donald Trump and the other co-conspirators. If she was having an affair with this other prosecutor, okay not good for your office. Again, looks bad, but that relationship. And again, this is coming from the legal experts would have coming from the legal experts, no impact at all. Just obey on the grand jury's findings. It had no impact at all on the evidence of the, Hey, Hey, you're fucking the maid. Well, honey, uh, all the experts say that this has nothing to do with sex. So, you know, you better stop being a bigot case. It had no impact on the indictments. It has no impact on the trial schedule for now on that last point, because here is what a couple legal experts did say. If it is determined that there was any kind of improper relationship taking place with Fonnie Willis, what could happen is that the judge overseeing the case could move it to another prosecutor's office, basically kick Fonnie Willis and her team off of it and then assign it to another office. If that happens, massive delays. We will not get a trial this you would deserve that. Year. By the way, and, and I, I don't I think they're gonna cover this all up and nothing's gonna happen, but it that's the bare minimum that should happen here. That they give it to a different prosecutor. Bare minimum. It doesn't change the indictments. It doesn't change the evidence. Those would stay in place. 
but a new team learning all of this basically from nothing to go to trial expects significant delays to the point where that trial would not happen this year. So that's one thing. Another thing, and this is where things could get actually pretty bad. If, and this could infect the indictments, if, if, if it is determined that Fonnie Willis actually prolonged the investigation in order to pay this man she was allegedly having an affair with more money, you know, keep him on the payroll longer because I'm just going to slow roll the investigation. If they're able to determine that and prove it, that might affect the indictments, maybe. And the legal experts, by the way, that spoke to Vice, they're not really clear on how it could affect the indictments, but they say that, you know, it's possible. I will say one thing, one alleged charge that Republicans have had against Fonnie Willis has now been debunked. Marjorie Taylor Greene was the one who helped push this one. And it was that Fonnie Willis used funds from the state of Georgia to travel on vacations with this man. She allegedly had an affair. Well, he, he paid, he paid with that's actually already been proven false from the divorce hearing of the man and his wife. She gets him the job and they give him the money and in, in return, he pays for the vacations. That's clearly what's going on because she showed in the bank statements that he paid for the trips. Oh my, I, yes. So she, he's getting like 650,000 and in return, he takes her on the trips and he pays for them. That's a good sign, right? Like part of the allegations against her have already been proven right. false. We will have to wait and see how this goes. The judge has now on Monday announced that, uh, they're unsealing some of the divorce proceedings that do obviously talk about Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis is fighting a subpoena to not have to testify, which that's not a good look. So weird things could happen. But I think overall, the general takeaway is it's not necessarily, you know, 99% probably not going to affect the indictments against Donald Trump, but it could delay the trial to where we do not get a resolution for it this year. That's what you would deserve. Now he's pretending that the Iowa win wasn't good for Trump. Well, we're heading to the New Hampshire primary tomorrow. I'm not physically heading there, but the New Hampshire primary is tomorrow folks. So that's going to be the first real contest that this Republican primary has oh, faced one. That's it. Because let's face it last week's Iowa caucus, even though the corporate media tells us Donald Trump won in a landslide, CNN talked about it, NBC, ABC, CBS, all talking about Donald Trump's massive victory in Iowa. But now that the dust has settled, we've had a week to actually look at it and look at the real numbers. Turns out that Donald Trump's win in Iowa was actually very pathetic. <laughs> Iowa, a landslide win that set a record held by Bob Dole in the late eighties. Pathetic, pathetic means nothing. In last week's caucuses experienced record low turnout. Yes. Record low. Mm -hmm. yeah. Meaning most Republicans in the state didn't want to get out, didn't want to vote, didn't care enough to even show up to the Iowa caucus. First in the nation, we've been talking about Iowa for months and months, hell, over a year, honestly. 
And now, of course, we don't have to talk about Iowa again for another four years, which is great. But Donald Trump's 56% victory looks good on paper if you don't know what numbers mean, right? Oh, right. Like, he won by 56%. That's huge. It's actually not good for him. It's not, though. Donald Trump, his 56% represents only 7% of registered Republicans in the state. That's it. He got 7% of Republicans in the state of Iowa to vote for him in that caucus. Seven. In terms of the overall voting population, it's actually only 3% when you include all the parties. So Trump's landslide victory was to get 3% of the residents in Iowa to vote for him. 3%. And we're supposed to act like that's a big deal. We're supposed to pretend that, oh my God, Donald Trump ran away with it. The voters didn't care to show up. And a lot of people might be saying, but fair and yeah, record low turnout. Did you not know about the weather last week and how horrible it was? Yeah, I did. And let me tell you something that hasn't stopped Trump supporters in the past. Remember in 2020, when we were getting close to the election, Donald Trump was putting on rallies all over the country in the middle of COVID. Trump supporters didn't care about COVID. We didn't even have vaccines at that point. We didn't even know how to treat the damn thing. We had no pills, you know, no. Uh, uh, there's plenty of people that knew how to treat it and they were demonized for it. Uh, 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 Paxlovid to give people. Doctor, uh, Dr. Zelenko. But we didn't even know how to treat it. Like if you got COVID, 50-50 chance, right? On what planet would getting COVID give you a 50-50 chance of death? Are you out of your mind? These people are crazy. You think it had a 50% death rate? You're a moron. His supporters were still packing in and showing up in the middle of a pandemic. They didn't care. It didn't stop them. People. This is pure cope. We're leaving in ambulances. Depending on where he was, some were getting heat stroke. Some were freezing, suffering from symptoms of hypothermia. So Trump supporters have already proven they will show up for him in spite of the health risks, in spite of the weather, they don't care. They're going to be there for him. That was 2020 though. 2024, eh, not so much. We don't care. It's that lack of enthusiasm that we should be focused on from the total cope the Iowa caucus, not Trump's 56%, which again is actually 7% of Republicans, 3% of the overall population, which is pathetic. We should be focused on the fact that not even 15% of Iowa voters showed up at the the caucuses, not even 15%. There's no enthusiasm there. And I have seen far too many polls and headlines about, oh, well, Democrats don't have enthusiasm. Did you just see what happened in Iowa? Republicans don't have enthusiasm, but I'm not seeing headlines about that everywhere. Everything's telling us gloom and doom about the damn Democrats, right? No. Turns out the Republicans are the ones with a very significant turnout and enthusiasm problem. And that was on full display in last week's Iowa caucuses. And nobody is bothering to point out those facts. You're a fucking moron. Absolute moron. Total cope. All right, let me check here one second. Um, 
Frank Carr says, uh, do you think it's possible the deep state has gone pro-Trump because he's more willing, and I'm quoting, he's more willing to kill sand niggers than this pedophile Joe Biden? I don't think so. I think they're willing to do anything that they possibly can to stop him. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. But, man, they are having... This is... All of their propaganda... It's so fascinating. Their propaganda is projection, and it's like... Whatever you can point to Joe Biden about, whether it's lack of enthusiasm or that he's clearly has dementia their propaganda is is pretending that trump has those issues and uh it's just i don't know who's buying it i'm not buying it all right very good that is the uh, end of the stream next stream is uh thursday 6 30 p.m eastern thank you for all the people that sent uh, super chat stream labs breaking news and thank you to all the people that have signed up to help us with our goal of rebuilding the soft gentleman's bathhouse which again was the membership option on youtube youtube has banned the soft gentleman channel it's completely gone and uh so that's uh, so I, I guess i outlasted him on youtube now they very well I, I can't believe i'm still on youtube um so if you watch on youtube um definitely bookmark uh one of the other channels whether it's rumble pilled.net or any of the other ones uh, because uh my day is coming uh for sure uh, again on the 5th of february we're going to have a new show um on off nights so the regular stream nights will stay the same tuesday thursday saturday 6 30 eastern on mondays and wednesdays we will have a show it'll be a different format uh, same topics you know same new stuff but uh, the format will be different. We'll see if people like it. It'll be off of YouTube. It won't be on YouTube at all. And then I'll also be clipping uh, portions of the show and then uh, encouraging people if they want to, to share it on social media. So we'll see what happens with all that. You can get an archive of this on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network. Um, I also made a hard bastard Rumble channel. It's weird how it works on Rumble. Like I can't stream to both of them. So um, uh, um, there's the Hard News Network channel on Rumble. Now there's a Hard Bastard one. So I, I just upload the, uh, they just allow you to add the archived uh, stream easily. So that's fine. And then if sometimes if people, sometimes I'll get uh, people to, to, that shout me out on different channels that would allow people to search easier. And that was uh, whoever gave, I, I think someone uh, mentioned that on Twitter the other day. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, so, yeah. But anyway, uh, I will see you guys on Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.